Welcome to the Broken Token Classic Arcade and Pinball Podcast. Whitney, it's late April and we're somewhat... Are we fresh out of Louisville Arcade Expo? I don't think we're fresh, man. I think we're, we're out of Arcade we're, Expo. We're out of it, man. We've been out of it for a few weeks. <laughs> so if you're listening to this, hopefully you've listened to the prior two shows, which yeah. it was our live nights from Louisville Arcade Expo in 2016. So, yes. Yep. Lots of fun, man. Yep. Lots of fun. Hey, just one question, Brent. Sure. Have, have you paid your taxes yet? Of course I did. Excellent. Excellent. Of Good co- deal. Yes. So you're part of the solution, not part of the problem. <laughs> well, I'm part of something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's all squared away. Yeah, so. late, late April. I'm glad to hear that you got that done. Oh, so man, me, me too, man. I made I, my contribution. If I was quick on my feet, I would, I would have said, <gasps> and then jumped exactly. up from the mic. Yeah, and then just no. let everything just toss over and hit the floor. Oh, my God. Yeah. This one's on you, boy. This one's on you. <laughs> then it just would have been the Whitney show, and we would have ended it, you know, in like the next three minutes We're and called, go called it done. We're going to go down in it. <laughs> yeah. And just this flaming yeah. ball of lava. Yeah. The whole thing is you always go out when you're on the top. Well, that would not have been one of those situations. Well, we're not so. going out then, yeah. are we? <laughs> so, yeah, Whitney, uh, late April. Yep. And uh, our last two shows, hopefully everyone has listened. If not, go back and check out. Episode 39 and 40, mm-hmm. those take care of Louisville Arcade Expo. Friday night, Saturday night, our yeah. live shows. They, they, they certainly do. I mean, we've still got the seminars uh, to release, and we're going to have one of those actually on this month's show. So we'll, we'll hear from Mr. Steve Ritchie, uh, the king himself. So that ought, that ought to be pretty neat. But then we've also got, you know, the Walter Day and Billy Mitchell seminars and Joel West to, to I guess, kind of push into the feet as well. But we'll certainly get to those after the show. So speaking of Steve Ritchie, you know the story behind High Speed where he came up with that, right? I do, yes. So the... the let me make sure I've got it right for anyone out there that's going well. Yeah, I, don't I, won't, know. I won't be able to correct you, yeah. but yeah, oh, I've heard it. So, so yes. that's what we call a lie. Yeah. Whitney doesn't know. He's playing along. <laughs> Kids, that's a lie. It's called, no, no, no. It's called a future truth is there what it's go. called. <laughs> he lied to me. No. So if memory serves because everyone's like, well, you got to tell me what it is now because I haven't heard it. And yeah. the rest of this one well, make I mean, Good radio would dictate that yeah. even if I knew it, you still tell it anyway. Exactly. Yes. The short of it from what I remember is it was based on an actual high-speed chase. And he, I think he had a Porsche. That's and, how I've heard yeah. it as a Porsche, yes. And yeah. it, he, there was an actual high-speed chase. Yeah. And he was involved in it. You know, I'm sure you know, statute of limitations is long since over. Let's just say that, you know, talking to uh, the king... Uh, Mr. Ritchie, he still likes fast cars. <laughs> yes, he yes he does. he does. Yes, he does. He does very much. Yeah, he has a speed. Uh, I guess it's in his DNA to some degree, man. So yeah, he was he was very uh, talkative about about the cars even at the expo. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So it was it was neat to meet him, and it, it'll be neat to hear from him. I, th- that was the first time I'd ever seen I'd ever seen Steve Ritchie present. So yeah, I, I mean, we met him at Pinball Expo, but I, I did not get to see any seminars. And it, you know, now, I never you really talk see to him, him at, at, at Expo. Um, I met him at the signing table, and of course, you know, I'm not oh, going to sit oh, there and talk to him. At Pinball Expo. Yes, y- at Pinball yes. Expo. Yes. That's, that's all I got to do with him as well. Yeah. He's, he signed my ACDC Translate for me, and that's that. You he know, signed I sh- the apron I on the high hand. speed. So. Yeah, okay, cool. Yep. Yeah. Shook hands went on went on her way. Yeah, yeah. There's, other, there's a line of folks behind, oh, you yeah. know, behind us. Yeah, so. and, and you don't dawdle, so you get it done. You know, we got to tell a story about that, speaking of not dawdling and being not for on the designer side, but as a, as a participant. We'll have yeah. to make a note about that. So more to come. But okay, anyway, fair enough. So 
Louisville Arcade Expo. Yeah. You know, shout out to Jeremy, Matt, and Joe. Mm-hmm. It was a wonderful, it was an awesome show. I I would almost perchance to say it was the best show that I've seen in the years that oh, it the turn, ran. The turnout was great. Yeah. Yeah. The, it was good. The, they didn't have the weather playing against them this year. They've had it playing against them to some degree pretty much every year. Yeah. Last year, I think, being the worst with the snow. It was. Uh, turnout was great. The The games were great. The people was great. They took care of us. We were treated mm-hmm. like royalty. Yeah. The seminars were uh, just I was second, about us. second to none. No, oh, okay. I was talking about okay. us. Fair, fair enough. All <laughs> right. <laughs> we had uh, the the premier booth location again, we right did. in the middle of yeah. all the action, kind yeah. of like at the tip of the spear, so to speak, as, as the rows of games kind of wrapped around. And then right in the middle of all of it was our booth with yeah. our big banner and, you know, our big ugly mugs. Yeah. It, it's, it is a sweet setup, and they definitely take good care of us. So it, it worked out well. All right. So say th- something about the seminars. Uh, semina- the seminars were good, man. They, they were very good. Whitney's uh, a seminar person. I am. I, I really like I, I, I do, li- too. I, I like them. I, I like participating in them and just, you know, assisting with it and helping and, uh, you know, just talking to the people that uh, that we, you know, so- somewhat revere and put up on a pedestal to a degree and, and that, the I guess, the hobby or the industry you know, looks to for, you know, entertainment, insight, and uh, I guess kind of recanning the years, so to speak. So, you know what gets me involved I, I in seminars? It, I, I just, I just find it cool. You know what gets me involved? What's that? Giveaways. Uh, the giveaways. <laughs> yeah. <Bring> some, no. <laughs> <laughs> what do you got to give away? Nothing. All right. Well, have fun. See have you. fun. See you. Bye. <laughs> no, you're right. It's, it's great to see these people. Yeah. And in, in, in our hobby, I, you know, I don't know if, if if I ran into a person like this, I think I would even call it out. And I know we we tend to keep a pretty lighthearted show. But yeah, yeah. I can't think of anyone that I've run across that has not been just a, a, a genuine person. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're all different, which is good. We've yeah. all got our unique personalities. Very much but so. everybody, they, they've just, you run into somebody and you think, oh, I have met the person that I really, really I, I don't want to say idolize, but I really follow or I really am a fan of. Yeah. And you get in a, a kind of a niche kind of setting like this, and they know that they're kind of the, the A speaker or whatever. Exactly. Or yeah. Part of that headliner list of, of folks, and they're just great people. Yeah. They, I mean, and it's, Walk around playing games. Exactly. And it's uh, it's comforting to restore a bit of uh, faith in humanity just by seeing these people just be regular people because, yep. uh, you know, they, they run, you know, they may run a few minutes late for the seminar. They may, you know, the seminar may not go according to a, you know, a scripted, a scripted delivery. And it's like, ah, oh, I see this stuff happens off the cuff as well, doesn't it? But it still turns out good, you know, Talk about so, get, coming in late to a seminar. Yeah. Billy Mitchell, you know, everybody talks about Billy. It, he isn't late per se, no. but the way the way Billy rolls, <laughs> if if you're if you're kind of trying to keep a schedule, yeah, you're not going to keep a schedule. No, but not with him. But at the last second, he'll pull it off. Yeah, you know he'll he might walk in a couple minutes late, but he, I don't think he does this intentionally. But he might make you think that he's going to be there in like an hour. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. kind of funny, but yeah. it's you know. He, you can he, tell he delivers. He delivers. Can, yes, he does, and you can tell that uh, that that he thinks it all through, yeah. and that oh, yeah. he has a master plan for his delivery, and it and it always works out. So he has been one of the more uh, engaging, interesting, and probably. Uh, 
Um, uh, I he guess, comes up a lot, which is fine. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. In, in, in entertaining individuals that, that we've met because... He's like lightning in a bottle. He is because there's there's just a lot to him. And it's interesting because every time you listen to him, are you, you learn just a little bit more. Are you going to pull the more, Are you going to yeah? pull the Shrek... Uh, was it donkey? No, it was the Shrek ogre thing where ogres are like onions. There's a lot yeah, of layers. There's that a lot of layers. That's exactly right. Yeah, yeah, it's good stuff. No, it's it's been it's been neat to listen to Billy. So it's, there's there's a lot there to learn. He schooled us on one of the seminars too, and we'll talk about yeah, that when yeah. we when we throw the audio uh, in whichever episode that that rolls into. But yeah, it was it's interesting to see what he knows. That's 30, 30 plus years old. So we had, like I said, we had a great booth again yeah. um, uh, last year. One of our booth decorations tended to be a minor talking point. I know it on pin side, and it was a talking point of the show. Uh, Talk about the box, the right? box. Yeah, yeah. 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 I had a, a a Data East pinball box, and it yeah. was a Back to the Future box. And you'd look over, and we the way Whitney built our banner kind of display it's this big pvc pipe frame and he built it so that you can change the legs out and not, whitney you can what make it a couple foot off the ground or yeah like, yeah yeah you can make it uh you can make it like um two two to two and a half feet off the ground so it, with the intent that it would sit in a truck bed mm-hmm. you know so but still clear the fenders of a truck yep. and you could you could see the banner from walking around a truck or uh, i cut it with uh, much longer much longer legs to where brand it's probably like what um maybe five and a half to six feet in the air it's somewhere just, around in that it's just tall enough where a pinball box will slide right underneath it, it. bingo so and, yeah you're probably me, about five and some change okay so we, what we call that in the roberts household is Better lucky than good. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Just like we planned it. Just like you planned it. That's right. <laughs> so th- uh, this year, I ha- oh, it was funny last year to watch people. I don't even, we talked about this a little bit, I think, on our late night kind of guest show. Mm-hmm. We did that last year. Last year, Saturday yes. Saturday night, was it? Um, or Friday? I can't recall. Uh, I have to go back and look, quite honestly. I've slept since then. Anyway. Yeah. But it, it it would be funny to turn around and I want to say it was Saturday. You'd see people next to it just kind of chatting. Yeah, and you'd watch them out of the corner of their, your eye, and then one of them would reach over and push the box. Like, is there a <laughs> pin in there? Because yeah. the, the top was folded down. I mean, it looked like there was a pin in it. Yeah. Well, this year I had another box. Uh, I had a uh, uh, an Adams family box, a Williams Adams family box. So. You know, it kind of got some similar attention. People would walk, what's in the box? What's in the box, man? <laughs> did you sell the box? No, I did not sell the box. The box so, came home with the you. The box came home with me. Okay, yes, gotcha. It, gotcha. It did. It's not the same cereal as my Adams, but yes, the box did come home. Uh, so. it's, it is a complete box. So, But you know, we had uh, guys from Rec Bar, which is a new uh, bar slash restaurant slash, I guess, arcade, you'd call it. I th- when I classically think of arcade, I think of like, arcades it was a dedicated gaming space yeah and we and you can't use the uh, i was gonna say the b word which which yeah. takes on an entirely different connotation yeah you know because there, there's a there's a a descriptive word that that mixes bar and arcade there we go <laughs> yeah that is trademarked now yeah and i'm not in the mood to get a c and d yeah so um but anyway so it's a it's a it's a new establishment that's open locally. We had the guys on both Friday and Saturday night. We uh, we were able to kind of visit with them all weekend, and they they were their games were set up right next to our games. So yeah. 
they helped us out. We helped them out, watch games, watch booze, and all that stuff. And it was it was a great help having them there. It worked out well. It worked out well. And they, you know, I don't I don't know the guys that well. Just just having spent you know a couple of days with them, but they seem like really solid guys. And uh, from everything that I've seen on Facebook, I mean, it seems like they're rolling pretty good. Oh so, yeah, you they, know, post post grand opening. They've at the time of this recording, they've been they've now been open just over a week. Their mm-hmm. launch was great. Yeah, I'll, I'll talk more about them when we get hearing the updates a little bit later. Okay, but. cool. Yeah, yeah. I'm looking forward to hearing about that because I know, you know, you from a personal level have invested a lot in that, and so I'm kind of curious as to what your what your thoughts are. You know, uh, I guess kind of looking back on it now. Oh yeah, we'll yeah. we'll get into that a little bit. Yeah, so cool. We took a stack of games. Yeah. So what all did you take this year? Because it seemed like it was a lot. Yeah, I took a few pieces. Yeah. So the cartoon theater made its made a triumphant return. Yep. Yep. And it went over. Uh, it went over well. Just yeah, like it's al- it, always a hit. Just like I, I was, it thrills me to no end to walk past that thing. I was going to say just like last year. It thrills me to no end to walk past it and see kids in it, mm-hmm. see adults our age that were in it that remembered those machines from from this area. Yeah. The the type that I happen to have, they were pretty common in this area. The uh, the Kmart's had them. So K- that was back in the day when Kmart was a little bit more of a name that it is now and yeah. it was a very common place to shop almost like a walmart well i'm sure a lot of our yeah. listeners remember kmart you yeah. know it, it's and speaking of kmart I'll, I'll, i've got something to add to that when i do my updates oh, so okay. it's something that kind of caught me off guard oh so, cool yeah. okay so the cartoon theater made a, uh, a triumphant return yeah uh zaxxon which is if you took a look at our facebook page leading up to little arcade expo i had like teaser pics out there where i was rebuilding a zaxxon of a zaxxon so zaxxon uh made the trip yeah uh my ripoff made the trip my berserk made the trip by special request mm-hmm. that the berserk was taken in and it was actually used in joel west's seminar it was yes so joel the funny thing is is joel's up there in front of a room of people he's talking about the game he's talking about tactics on the game he's half watching the game yeah and in one man he did better than i've ever done in the history of owning the game with all, with you know <laughs> with, just, with years under your belt yes huh? exactly yes. yeah so uh joel actually signed it for me it's it's signed he i had asked him about signing it and then cool. he and i didn't you know of course joel and i have met several times and mm-hmm. um so he knows i think he felt comfortable doing this knowing that we we were we don't hang out or anything i mean he whatever but we've we've been to several events together and so there's was, there's a bit of a yeah, rapport there you say, go yeah there you go perfect yeah so he signed it and then he come over once we finally got into the, a position where we were in the same place at the same time at on the show floor he's like i signed it for you and and he he was kind of sheepish about it. he's like if you didn't want that you can just take some cleaner and wipe it right <laughs> it was like no no it's perfect because i've been trying to get you herded over here to yeah. do it so. god, god love him then i had a golden tea yes a golden tea <laughs> okay and there's some people out there that are like a golden tea and yeah there's a well, bunch you, of like golden could, tea dude yeah rocks. Could, could you hear it in my voice yeah, yeah exactly it was like a golden tea 99 and i told the story where i brought the golden the later golden tea back from an auction mm-hmm. for my brother-in-law well this was his old one so we i took the golden tea and that was that was definitely going to be for sale okay and it sold and the zaxxon it it ended up being for sale so yeah it ended up sell, selling so i didn't bring any of those back home and uh, I had a couple of pictures on our Facebook page. I went through a pinball right before the show. I had a pretty darn nice cue ball wizard, and it had been out in the building for a couple of years. And 
I kind of honestly, I, I, I wanted to take a pin to the show and I wanted to make a little bit of space. Yeah. So I just set up time. And I had, I had wanted to originally keep the title and I've had opportunity to play it several times while owning it, mm-hmm. play someone else's. Yeah. And I just, I looked at it and I thought, you know, it's a fun game. I enjoy it. I know you like it. I do. I, I do, but it, it wouldn't, it would not last in my game room. I, yeah. It, it, and that's kind of where I was. Yeah. I, I just, I think early on in the show, I think I recall saying that oh, I have I got plenty of space because I hadn't started really building out nicer titles that mm-hmm. I wanted to keep. And yeah. I'm on the opposite side of that now. Yeah, you know, I, I'm I'm fast fast approaching the point where I've I'm going to swap stuff in and out of my garage. Mm-hmm. You know, where I've I'm going to have more that I want to keep than I can fit in the game. Room. Yeah, I understood. And understood. you know, unfortunately. Q-Ball Wizard just didn't make the cut. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it didn't come home. Now, it actually ended up going to Zanzibar. Oh, okay. So, uh, Ants over at Zanzibar, you've heard us talk about Zanzibar a million yep. times. Mm-hmm. If you're in Louisville, stop by Zanzibar. They yeah, got some great, great place. Unbelievable games. Unbelievable great games. food. Yeah, I mean, Ants gets, it seems like he's on a kick where he's getting a lot, if not all, of the new Sterns. So, I mean, he's... Yeah, there's a he, walking... He's putting some money in it. There's a Walking Dead LE there. Uh-huh. There's a... Game of Thrones Game LE. Game of Thrones LE. Yep. This isn't a Stern, but there's a... Wizard of Oz, Ellie, uh-huh. there. Yeah, there is. And then, I mean, and there's a lot of classic games, too. Oh, I yeah. Mean, yeah, definitely. Right? You, you'll, you'll play Wizard of Oz, and you'll turn to your left and take five steps, and there's a dolly. There's a dolly, and then a $6 million man. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And they're awesome games. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they're fun. They're fun. So, yeah, um, uh, Ants ended up adding that cue ball wizard to, to the, his stable of games. I see. Yep. Okay, gotcha. Yep. Gotcha. Now, I went up there shortly after Expo, and there it was on the floor. It was pretty cool seeing people play it. Oh, nice. So was it out in the main room, I, I guess, or he didn't? I, well, for, for folks that haven't been to Zanzibar, when you walk in the front door, I don't, would you call that, what, what do you call in the main room? Uh, that, the main room, where, where the bulk of the pins are right as you walk in, it's on the right-hand side, yeah, okay. where, where the bulk of the games are, where you just don't have the the, the flow of the of the food traffic. Okay. Yeah. So no, actually, it was back in in the in the next going to the stage going toward the stage yeah so yeah when you walk in Zanzibar like Whitney said there's uh, uh, kind of this off space with a half wall off to the side space mm-hmm. and that's where the line, the bulk of the pins are and to the left of that if you go in Zanzibar to the left of that like you come right up there's like two little steps when you come in the front door look to the left because there's a cubby back there <laughs> it's a little cubby hole and yeah. there that's where there's always a lot of nice videos y- yeah and and seems to stick the rarer titles yes, there yes so it's it's an interesting so rockola titles kind of hole. Yeah. yeah yeah so don't miss that don't yeah. don't on your way out look go like <gasps> yeah and then yeah. It, as you work your way back toward the uh uh toward where the main bar is and there's a stage in the very back there is another row of three to four pins it's right there around the corner yeah and then in the very back, there's a long row of videos, and yeah. those are usually, you know, well, they're all nicer titles. Oh yeah, keeps nicer he, titles. yeah. Oh yeah, he yeah, does. Absolutely. He does, and everything plays. Yeah, that's so. that's the great thing about his his place is that you, very seldom do you go in there and see something down. So it, you know, he he works hard at making sure that everything the, plays. The experience is great. Yeah, exactly. So that's that's what I took. You know, along with all the podcast gear and all my hopes and dreams of and ambitions of being a. A world class podcaster. That's well, what I took to Little Arcade Expo. We need to, it's onward. It's onwards and upwards, Brent. That's <laughs> the, that's the best thing I know to say. You know, I mean, good on you for for having that ambition. You know, we, every month we're just going to strive to do a little better. How about that? <laughs> I went uh, after the show. My chiropractor. He's like, 
I'm not uh, sure if I helped you out or not. No. <laughs> After the show, my chiropractor was like, all right, you okay? Did you lose any fingers? Are you all right? <laughs> exactly. I had, I had a game fall over on me one year, so since then, I'm a little... Yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyway, once you get tweaked a little bit, oh, it, I was you. Yeah. You remember it, man. You you remember it because I'll tell you, man. When you did the warehouse sale, how many years ago? First year that we met, mm-hmm. you know, they, and uh, you know, at Jimmy's, man. I you know, I, I tweaked I tweaked myself a little bit helping some people move some games, and it's like I remember that, and I'll <laughs> always remember that. I you mean, know, we've we've definitely learned lessons. I know I helped a couple people unload. Uh huh. And there was a couple, there at least one person that I know you and I helped together. And I walked out and I'm like, how did you get this in the, in that truck without a forklift or a lift gate or, yeah. and how are we going to get it out? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's about like, the, just, I'll, I'll uh, segue here for just a second. It's about like the, the guy who showed up at the expo who had the pickup truck, the Play Choice 10. Yes, and, that's and, what I was thinking said, of. And was looking around saying, can anybody help me get this thing down? <laughs> it's was, like, yeah. it's, a dual, it's a dual monitor Play Choice 10, and we literally have to pick it up and lower it out of a Ford F-150. Yep. And it, you, you look around and you go. I think it, I think that was Craig. I'm okay. like, how did you get that in there? Yes, <laughs> yes. And, and it's like. Where's, um, where's the Jedi? <laughs> you yeah. lifted that. And, and trust me, I would rather lift it up then control it falling down you know and, and i'm sitting there going i, I i'm not going to do this again you, you got me once but that's it i'm done learn my lesson i learned my lesson you know All right. yeah well so those are my games i know you brought you had games trickling in over the weekend because one of them had a story behind it yes yes so um so i went through and uh brought uh brought three games and so i brought uh a mappy i brought uh satan's hollow and i brought dragon's lair Okay, and so those were those were my three contributions to the Little Arcade Expo, and I was uh, I was actually pretty happy, Brent, because um, you know it's it, I, I don't normally get the runway, I guess, with my personal schedule to load up a bunch of games and bring them every year. Now, despite my best of intentions, I you know I I want to do that. Uh, like last year, I didn't get to bring any games because the weather was just too bad. And I would have had to have hauled them up and out of my basement. And with me being well, there had, by myself, you had like almost twenty inches of snow. Yeah, didn't I did. You? Yeah, don't you remember me taking the picture of the yardstick yes. or something, or the the measuring tape? And it's it's like I I physically am not just going to do this by myself. You know, I think I had twelve. Yeah, and I it took me. Usually, I can with on my four wheeler. I can plow my plow my driveway in about an hour and a half. Yeah. Yeah. And I started. About the time that I normally load games, yep. which was, I you know, well, I probably started a little later because usually I start early after early morning or yeah. mid morning. I started late morning plowing, and I was plowing all day. It okay. was so much snow and trying to find places yeah. to put it. Yeah, see, and, and, and I, you had to go to your mom's last year too and help. I did, dad. I did, I did. So I, you know, I had um, you my, definitely needed a Jedi. <laughs> I, I could have used some help because I, you know I don't have a tractor or anything in my house to plow my driveway. So you know, getting games up out of my basement around to a place where they could be loaded at my house. 
requires requires the weather working working with me rather than against yep. me and uh, and you're right i mean I, I had to go to my folks and you know take care of some take care of some stuff there because they were um they were vacationing over the over the course of the winter and uh, you know my brother and i split some responsibilities while my mom and dad are gone and it's just you know man it's just yeah you you, your plate your plate just life's gets more full, life's you know? more important so, well yep. you know it, my, my sponge was full how about that yep. you know and so um, in, in most in most years prior, I've had a smaller truck and no trailer, so I would only bring what I could bring. I would only contribute to the show what I could bring with me in one run. Okay, because I live like thirty five minutes away. Okay, yep. and it's it's like I, every day, you know over the course of the day only being able to take one game a trip it's like well you could eat up your entire day just trying to get three games there you know or four games there so you know the years i've been for over the past couple years i've been fortunate i've been able to upgrade a truck get a trailer and stuff like that so this year i thought man i'm you know i'm gonna i'm gonna make a concerted effort to get more games there and unfortunately this year it it worked out so all the games worked um you know i've got no complaints about that especially given game number three because it's it's a classic choke Yes, yes, it is. Yes, <laughs> it's a classic it choking. Yeah, yeah, you're talking about the dragon's lair. Yes. Yeah, yeah, and so um, I mean, it's it's always fraught with that. That game's always fraught with the possibility that it just won't run. And um, I'm not playing nice today. Exactly, exactly. But the dragon's lair did fine. Uh, the Geo Seven in it it was uh, acting up a little bit, but. Um, fortunately, it had been on enough to where it continued to run. But if it sets for any extended length of time, then uh, I don't I don't know if the filter cap just doesn't hold a charge well or what. But it takes a little while for the chassis to provide uh, to kick on and provide power because it won't even light the neck. You know, you don't even get a glow in the tube until after it's been on for like thirty some odd minutes. You know? Oh wow! Yeah. So uh, so it ran okay. I'm very happy with how it ran and. Uh, it received several uh, several good remarks and and uh, some none compliments. Of, none of them were from me. Exactly, exactly. Well, yeah, and because well, you know, dude, I mean, <laughs> I we, didn't we get got to the, play it. We got this tenuous thing going on because we've got so much to do. I you didn't know? Even get to play it. And so, uh, so you know, it, it's all good. But I can uh, I cannot complain. I I did what I told myself I would do, and I contr- I, I contributed more to the show, and I was really happy for that. Uh, my only problem right now is that. Um, you know, I'm moving when I'm moving the games by myself. I'm moving them flat on their back because I've got a utility trailer, mm-hmm. and um, and I've always done it that way, Brent, because I'm not comfortable with hauling the game standing up, mm-hmm. no matter n- no matter how well I ratchet strap them, because in in it. Part of it's my geography for where I'm at in the roads that I travel, and I'm not going to haul these things out, you know, open air out on the interstate, man, because my brother is my insurance agent, and I'm not going to do that to him, <laughs> and I'm not going to kill somebody in a passenger car if one of the games flies off, you know, flies off the trailer or tips over or whatever. Man, dude, I'm actually very conscious about that. Oh, you know? no, I understand you know? that. And so I think about that a lot because I, I listen to my brother do, talk about that a I'll lot. I'll do multiple games upright in the bed of my truck. Uh-huh. And, you know, so that I can get them upright and then strapped well, together. You, you've got the cab that helps bigger, you. Yeah. you got that, the cab that helps you on I, that. I, I don't think I've ever done games upright. On a on a trailer, uh, and it's dangerous. I'm, I'm fairly it's, certain I've never. It, it's dangerous, dude. I, it, to me, you can probably do it and get away with it, and I'm sure a lot of people have. But I, I just I, I just don't uh, I, I don't want to take that risk. Okay, so I've always just said. 
I'll go through the pain of hauling them on their back and I never have a problem. And you know what I can do while I'm hauling, their on, while I'm hauling them on their back? I can drive as fast 65. as I want to. I can, do I can do 80 miles an hour down the interstate and never feel bad about it. You 80 know? miles an hour in his mind because he would never break the speed limit. <laughs> yes, I'm going, Fred, I'm going 80. I'm going 80. 80. That's it. So, uh, so, so no, this year's show worked out really well. None of the games went down. I got them home. You know, they, they powered up and ran fine. So I'm, you know, I'm very, I'm very happy with it. It's just, it took me a long time to load them and it took me a long time to unload them. I mean, dude, quite honestly, I didn't get the, I did not get those games off of that trailer until last week. Oh, wow. Yeah. Did you yeah. just back it in your garage? I backed it up in my outbuilding and there they said. Yeah, I can understand it, that. It, well, dude, here's the thing. I mean, I, I travel some for my work yep. and, um, and even when I'm not traveling, I still do day trips and stuff like that. And uh, how many times have I texted you and said, "What city are you in?" Exactly. Yeah, and you do that. You do that sometimes, and I answer almost all the time. I'm not. I'm not. Yeah. In, I'm not in Kentucky. I it, can guarantee you I, that. I tell you this. I if if it's something that I need you to know. Yeah. I'll I'll call you a couple times back to back, even so that you'll see the couple missed calls. I'm sure you recognize yeah, this. Oh yeah. To check a voicemail. No, you, dude, you're you're in my breakthrough list. Don't yeah. worry oh. about that. Yeah. So it, it always rolls through. But other yeah. than that, I just I see, see, see a sprint. Brothers. I got, I got you, man. I got you. <laughs> got me. Yeah. Yeah. I got you. Other than that, I just know that you could be on the other coast. It's, and, some, and, you and could, sometimes you've called me, and I, I am. I'm yeah. literally I, oh, I'm yeah. in an airport, you know, something like that. And, so. and I'm just like, he could be. It, it could be. T- 10 o'clock here and it could be seven there and he's in the shower yeah. eating his Wheaties or whatever Whitney does. Yeah. yeah. So I, d- I don't even sweat it. And if I send him a text, it's like, if I hear from him in 24 hours, I'm happy. I know he's alive. You know, I usually do really good about my text though. If, yeah. if, if I'm able, I generally respond pretty quick, you know, but if I can't, I just can't. But so I try. So anyway, anyway, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's a very long diatribe for, for all those involved, but uh, nonetheless, <laughs> um, I, you know, I traveled some this for work. an show. Yeah, I, I guess. By title only, Brent. By title only. And uh, so I traveled some for work, and I just did not have the time to get them unloaded until recently. And it's like, man, that's just kind of the way that it goes. But what I will say, though, is that, you know, all all of that aside, okay, I will say that this this year's expo was what I considered to be the best the best showing as of yet. You know, I, I think that this year they did it upright and last year was good, man. I, last year was good. They had David Crane and and it was it was awesome. This year it just this year it just felt like it clicked more. It clicked better. The they had more seminars and I think that helped, Brent. And mm-hmm. I've noticed their seminar attendance is, is raising, too. Dude, dude, there were a couple of them that it was standing room yep. only in the, in that seminar room, and I was very, very surprised about that. And, and, I, and I'm not talking out of – I don't think I'm talking out of school there. Yeah. I'm sure Jeremy and Matt and Joe would tell you that their – and I've heard this as much from, this as much from them. Yeah. Their show is more of a – I guess whatever word they use. I, I always say it's more of a, a, a public show. Mm-hmm. It's not it's not like Pinball Expo where you're not just going to be, oh, well, look what's in the paper. I'm going to go, yeah. that Pinball Expo tends to cater to pinheads. It, it does. 99% it's, of those people are pinheads. It's a show for the fans right. and, and for the hobbyists. Louisville Arcade Expo, it's a show for the kids and the parents yep. and the community is what it is. And so they're they're they'll have nice speeches, but their seminars, or nice speakers rather, but their seminars are are generally on the lighter side in terms of attendance mm-hmm. 
And because that's that part of the show caters more, at least in my mind, it tends to cater more to the people that have brought games and they're in the hobby. Correct. And that has started to shift. Yes. Where more people are like, what's going on in there? And yeah. they'll go in there and, you know. There it is. There it is. Yeah, exactly. So exactly. it's it's really starting to, to, to grow in that aspect. It is. And um, like I say, when we when we do release the, the, the I guess, the balance of the seminar audio video, uh, which I, I will get to and I will, I will try to get to fairly soon. But he, that, said it, he said it, folks. I did say it, but that does rest squarely on my shoulders and that, that's, that's my responsibility to get that done. But nonetheless... What I will say is, during a few of the uh, seminars, I would look out, at, you know, across the crowd, and especially the one where Billy Mitchell showed uh, or demonstrated the perfect Pac-Man. Uh, there, I mean, there was not an empty seat in that room, and that's going all the way back to where they had the bar and the food area. And and, and so, for everybody out in in podcast land, let me quantify that a little bit. We're probably talking about somewhere between two hundred and fifty and two hundred seventy five people in that room at that point in time, mm-hmm. which for which for our little venue is pretty strong. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. and what's kind of interesting too is I'd come in the room. I, I tended to to do a lot of like running mm-hmm. you know whitney i know you get involved helping with some of the audio stuff and you're recording them uh for for our use yeah the yeah. guys are gracious enough to let us yeah. have the audio from from the seminars and i'm kind of doing what just ever needs to be done and so i when i come in my perspective is a little different you're generally focused on on the task at hand i notice coming in that people on the other end of the room the room's a long rectangular room and yeah. that's where the uh, where you can get uh, concessions snack and there's bar. a snack bar and all yeah. that stuff back there. Yeah. The people that are in the line, they're walking the line backwards because they're watching the seminar <laughs> yes. and they're backing up to the concession that's, that's stand. That's a good point. You're exactly you know? right. Yeah, that is a good point. So it, it's it's pretty it's pretty neat to see it's, to see that really gr- grow. It's grown well. You know, it, it's it's grown well. And I will say that the just the overall just the overall feel of the show, it was um it, it, it was it was on time, and and I, I say that in I guess kind of kind of air quotes. You say, well, Whitney, what does that mean? And I, I, the best way that I can quantify that is that you know it felt it felt very well organized this year. It felt very well executed this year. Um, the orchestration was at a was probably at one of the highest levels that I've seen uh, yet, and it. And everything just felt like it, it clicked. It worked together, and I, I like to um, I like to think that that's a, a good sign for years to come as the show's maturing a little bit. And I think uh, Jeremy, Matt, and Joe just uh, I think they knocked it out of the park this year. I only can only see it getting better. Exactly, and, unless they do like you just suggested, which is quit on a high note. I mean, I, I mean, I hope not. <laughs> I hope not. I'm looking forward See, to next year. My job here is to bring everything down. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> Whitney's like, yeah, yeah. I'm like, boo, yeah. <laughs> Congratulations, Brent. Exactly. Um, I'm the little, I'm the little rain cloud. Yeah, that's that's it. I'm gonna get you. <laughs> That show David, title. David, Hang on. I, I, I got to write the, that down. Show I'm the title. little rain cloud. Yes. Yes. <laughs> David Paul. This is a call out for David Paul artwork. 
<laughs> I'm a little rain cloud yeah, broke. Exactly. Wouldn't that be awesome? We need just a little cloud with it raining on the logo and everything. Oh. And the cloud says Brent, you know, just like really nice pastel, like soft and touchy kind of, you know, kind of letters. It'd be, it'd, that'd be pretty cool. We've got to sell some shirts, Whitney. So yeah. we, we've got so many David Paul ideas. I, I know, want a shirt of the Space Invaders design. Yeah, I would. I, yes, definitely. And that, that would be that would be a killer, you know, a killer shirt, a killer logo. So I think David has seen these. Um, well, I know David has seen the art because he made it. Yeah. So David took Space Invaders and he replaced all the Space Invaders with pinballs. Yes. And he and I talked about it. And he actually kind of did a one for one, but it looked real busy. Yeah. At least in my eye. And so we worked on a little bit and, and changed the spacing just ever so slightly. And then randomly through there is the Broken Token logo. And it says in the Space Invaders font at the very top, I'm looking over to my side of the side here, so hopefully you all can hear me. It says Broken Token at the top in yeah. orange, classic arcade and pinball podcast in the bottom, and it's got a score and the lives and oh, live counter and everything. It, it, it looks, looks legit. It, it looks, looks cool. legit. Yeah, and it's cool. And that it makes me happy I when saw, I see it. I know. Yeah. So we've got those on like signboard. Yes, we've got four of them, yeah. and kind of like kind of like foam core. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So we'll, we take them wherever we go and we try to stand them up. So like when we were at Louisville Arcade Expo, we had them on our games kind of like as an advertisement. So, David, you go with us in our hearts everywhere Exa- we travel. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. You the, show up. The esteemed David Paul. That's right. But, uh, but yeah, Brent, that was that, that was it. I mean, I would just implore anyone who's listening, you know, if you're on the fence about coming to the Louisville Arcade Expo, give it a shot. I don't think you're going to be disappointed, and I think every year it's it's tended to get better and better. And, uh, I've yeah, I, I would say this is uh, this is definitely a high note for them, you know, a high watermark. Let's, let's put it that way. It's a high watermark for them. Cool, and I'll leave it yeah. at that, so I don't want to ruin. I don't want to be a little rain. Yeah, yeah, don't. Just, yeah, don't harsh my mellow, dude, please. <laughs> All right, man, so updates. Yeah, let's do it. What has been going on, dude? I mean, it has been... Uh, I, we haven't honestly, sat down and recorded in a while. We have not sat down and recorded studio episode in almost two months. Yep. Okay? And so, I, now, I look at my update list, and it, it it's shameful, okay, to be quite honest with you. I mean, I'm sitting there going through the show notes, and I'm sitting there cruising through the one note, and I'm like... We've been stocked like, up, what, what, what have I been doing? You know, and I'm sitting there going, and it's like... Man, I haven't been doing anything, the, you know, the, and, it, it, and then I feel kind of bad. It's like I owe the show more than this. Makeups, <laughs> just just do what I do. Just make up make stuff. Make up stuff. Just uh, make up. Now stuff. we gotta be better to our listeners than that, bro. Well, I know that we talked in the last few studio episodes about just yeah. having so much going on. Yeah, and yeah. that's been the case for the last six or seven months. Whitney and I have been. Just all over the board. It's, it's been running. It's been running hot. But yet, when we put down our show notes, we've got actually quite a few things that we've managed to yeah. sneak in. And yeah. this time around, I'm kind of the same way. I've got one or two things, and one of those things, two of those things, I've put a lot of time in. Yeah. So um, one of them isn't necessarily show related or arcade related, other than it is our studio mascot. There you go. Yeah. Uh, my dog Maxine. And yeah. she's—I think she's hiding back in the shop. Uh, she probably went back. She's in the got. Other room. She's got two beds down in the in the game room. Yeah, slash nice. studio. Yeah, it's good. I think it's good work if you she, can get it. She is. She's so spoiled. But <laughs> so, friends of the show that have been to the house, locals that have been to the house, uh, even some folks that haven't, and just that we've people that we've become friends because of the show. Yeah. Outside of the show, they they know about Maxine, and I know. Uh, uh, 
Jeff Waldron reached out to me and he was, he asked me, you know, how is she doing? So oh, that's nice. The, the short of it is, is right after Expo, she she was having some problems and she was carrying one of her legs. And so right after Expo, like the Monday morning at 8 a.m., we went into the 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 specialty veterinarian yeah. here in town, the surgeon, one of the better surgeons or the better surgeon facility and had her leg looked at and she had torn the equivalent of her ACL and uh, the writing was already on the wall. My vet had already diagnosed it. And we, we had been working through some other therapies and other treatments and it was just to the point where, okay, we've exhausted that and we're gonna have to go the surgery route. So right at, so right after expo, I did that, that Monday morning, uh, the su- you know, Sunday, the day prior I was at expo. Then Thursday she had surgery, and that's just that dominated so much of my time because they they literally reconstructed her her knee. Oh, I see. Yeah, they they okay. they ended up having to cut a bone and they repositioned. The, they don't do it in dogs anymore like they do it in people, where they'll actually like recreate the tendon. It okay. it did it wasn't anything that would last. It didn't have it, it had re, there was re, high reoccurring rates, you know, okay. where, high failure rates. Okay, gotcha. So. Um, we she ended up basically having to have like a complete reconstruction where they cut a bone and they move it and they change the geometry of the knee and there's plates and there's screws in there. She's like the bionic dog. Gotcha. So that, you know, that took a lot of effort and time, and so yeah. she she needed a lot of attention, a lot of care. And fortunately, I'm in a position with where I work that when uh, you know when it happened, I could spend a couple of days at home. Yeah, I could work from the house and then. She is basically restricted to her kennel, which is which is what was the hardest part because she doesn't understand that she is a very active dog. Yeah, she hadn't been in a kennel save the first any regular basis save the first week or maybe two weeks of when I got her eight years ago when I adopted okay. her. Gotcha. So it was different for her. She just just like one day she her she was all right with a little leg problem. Then you know literally the next day, and this is the way it happens in, in dogs. Is understand it it. When it when that moment happens, it happens. Yeah, and there yeah. may be no indication of it. It's it's done, and so then she goes to that, and then she goes to what happened, and I'm I'm my butt my backside shaved, and yeah. my, you know I've been in surgery, and I got this thing on my head, and I told Whitney, you know, everybody knows I don't have kids. If I had kids, I would I would get out the welder, and I'd probably. Cr- craft a solid steel box <laughs> for them to ride in. yes yes and yeah. i'm just I, I you know hats off to all the parents out there yeah. I, i've said it a million times it's, I tough, it's a tough job man it's just me and the and, and the dog for the most part in my family and i don't know i i don't know how i do it and keep everything afloat i don't know how you do it with me and everybody else out there yeah it's 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 tough man it's so, tough but, um, but it's all good yeah, oh yeah it's, you do all, it. it's absolutely all good yeah so anyway yeah that that Working with her just took a lot of time. I was, like I said, I was fortunate with my job where I, when I, when I went back into the office, I'd come back and, and work half day at the house. So at least she could get out and I keep an eye on her. So that, that took a lot of time. And that then flowed into, from a time perspective, we mentioned the rec bar folks. So I have been helping those guys out. Okay. And we've, we've really got to know them real well. Um, I, I met him a year ago expo. That's the first time I met him. I actually sold some games to him. Okay. And then stayed in touch with him over time. And they were actually starting to operate some games. So it's, who operates games anymore? And, and they were making <laughs> yeah. it work. You yeah. know, they, the, the, the two guys involved, Corey and Tony, they, uh, 
um, like I said, they were just operating games, and they 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 had a little bit of a leg up with some some owners of some businesses, which is I mean, which, if you've got that opportunity, take it. Mm-hmm. They really seem like they they had a good thing going. Okay, you know, they have some some background in bar and restaurant experience. So my my impression was is it just wasn't a couple guys that were like, I'm going to start up, I'm going to start a restaurant. Well, yeah. Would, I don't know how to start a restaurant. I'm just going to do it. And then yeah. six months later, it closes. So I had I had a real good feeling about things. Were, it was going to be successful. Okay. I thought, okay, I'm going to help these guys out. You know, yeah. I'm, I'm going to give a little back. So I spent a lot of time. I rebuilt more monitors, Whitney. <laughs> just I sent you a picture of this rectangular box. And what yeah. did it have in it? Five or six chassis? Oh, yeah, easily. And the they had gone and they had had the opportunity to buy a bunch of games at various points in time and start stashing stuff in storage yeah and everything from nicer like cruiser uh, cruising exoticas to uh nice neo geos and then a couple classic games a fair amount of it's like some jamma conversion games i mean just this widespread of games yeah and a lot of it it just it just needed attention I see. and a lot more monitors more i i've gotten to the point now where i i could whip out a mirror and adjust a monitor i mean i was pretty good at it but now it's like second nature it's like quick draw man yeah Go. that's good that's good that's good uh how many do you think how many how many do you think you wind up rebuilding for them? i'd have to go through the list and i i probably did gosh it probably 15 wouldn't be a stretch wow you know, they had a lot of 4900s, which I was so thankful for. Yeah. 4900s are pretty easy to rebuild. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're pretty, yeah. They're pretty easy to get. A lot to. of K7000s. They, you know, the, the audience they get, they're, they're, they're wanting a family establishment. So okay. they're wanting something kids will come in and play. They're wanting something that's a little nostalgic for adults. The general demographic is a little younger than you and I, so okay. that starts to broach into that fighter yeah. kind of metal slug. Yeah, the nineties, you know, yeah. uh, uh, Mortal Kombat type of a range, yeah. some, some scrolling shooters and stuff like that. So there was a lot of seventh, a lot of twenty five inch seventh K seven thousands yeah. and the like. So let me ask you: so do they charge? Uh, do they charge for each game, or are the games set on free play, or, or how how does that work? They they charge. They do tokens. They do and tokens. They really. Okay. It, it's really cool. I've got a couple up up here. I'll have to, upstairs. I'll show them to you. Okay. They uh, um they went and they had their logo uh-huh. uh created for minting on a token, and then they use a standard like star pattern that we've seen a million of on one side, and the other side it's their logo. Okay. And so and they just do tokens, and everything's right now. Everything's a quarter play, and that's what you know for at least the foreseeable future on the on the video side that's what it's going to be how about on the pinball side they're doing a quarter play oh wow okay so they've got a teed off that came from arcade x little arcade expo okay and uh <laughs> i told them <laughs> they come over and they said what do you think about that teed off it had a pretty good price on it and i looked at it and i said if you don't buy it i'm going to buy it because <laughs> it, I, I've heard Don and Jeff talk about it quite a bit. Yeah, and um, on the pinball on, on the pinball podcast on the pinball podcast. Yes, I've heard other. I think I'm I'm fairly certain I've heard Don, Don and Jeff talk about it. I, I know I've heard other folks talk about it. It's just a, f- a fun game, and of course, it's all opinion. Yeah, you know that's true. That's but true. I I got to sit down and and I played a played one before, and I got to play a few games on it. I mean, it's a fun game. Yeah. 
it's just got cool call outs it's got um, this one had the alternate translate in it so it was kind of like a a, car- a caricature of Caddyshack. Okay, okay. So it's got fun games. The gopher yells at you. I mean, it's it's just it's just fun. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, so yeah, the pins are on a quarter are on a quarter play on on a token play, and it's it's four tokens for a buck. Okay. So, the Crafty Mech test pattern generator was man. I know we talked about that. That was a key tool. I, I saw a thread the other day on Clove. And and I've admitted, you know, we I'm not much I ha, I just haven't had time to be on Clove in a while. Yeah. And I happened to catch a thread where he was I think he's taking pre orders for another run mm-hmm. or yeah. I know you you tend to be more active on Clove. I, I thought that once he got through the initial run, he was going to keep an inventory and sell them right off craftymex.com or whatever. His you site know, is. I, I mean, my take on that is that I don't think he's ever been able to get caught up because oh. because it just seems like. Uh, you know, every couple of days, you just see three or four more people just pile into that thread and say, I want one, too. I want one, too. And that thread never dies. It, it just it stays at a low hum. So, you know, the poor dude, I, I don't I don't know that he I don't know that he ever really gets his head above water, so to speak. It is. It's crafty. C-R-A-F-T-Y mech. M-E-C-H. Crafty dot com. And looking at their page, they're eighty nine dollars plus shipping. Yeah, I mean it's a great eighty nine US. Yeah, and I've still got like the version one code on mine. I think I saw in that thread where it's up to like version three now, and he's adding like a, a and some patterns, a, a patterns, and I know like a a, a a a graduated color bar. Okay, I've I need to update the code on mine. Yeah, I do, I do oh, too. Gosh, I do too. I love that thing. I've got a monitor in here now that <laughs> I mentioned. Here's this is something that's not even the show notes. I, I did sell that golden tea. Okay. And I'd rebuilt it. My brother-in-law had it. And I, I, we, we move it on. I sell it. It was a guy's first game. He was real excited about it. Put it down in his game room with his pool table. And the kids can play it. And he didn't have it like two weeks and the monitor died. And I'm like, really? As, as always. Really? <laughs> and I, I'm not – when I sell something, I'm like, what's the warranty? <laughs> It's warranted until you tip it back on a dolly. It's, you it's, know? The, it's the auction guarantee. It was working when it quit. But, you know yeah. that's how that goes. <laughs> but I'm, you know, I'm not going to do that to somebody. Yeah. If it's if it's something reasonable, I mean, I'm going to I'm going to be stand up. And he's worked with me. I've been really behind because of all the work helping the rec bar guys out. And um, the, the brand new flyback toasted on it. Dude. You know that flyback hadn't been in it, but uh, but. Uh, a, a couple months. I, I, you know, I tell you, maybe common knowledge says otherwise, but it seems to me like, um, you know, new flybacks. Man, dude, I don't know. They seem to be fifty-fifty. You know, I've I've used the the majority of the new ones I put in over my arcade career have been Geo sevens or K seven thousands. Okay, and I've had this included. I've had I've had no Geo sevens fail. I've had two K seven thousands fail All within right. very short order, and I, one I had fail in one of my games, and it was catastrophic. Like it blew, like, it blew. Yeah, like right out the side, huge screeching arc, smoke rolling out of the game. Yeah, you know, this now one, you're now you're yeah, talking. It was yeah. magical. I, yeah, it was. As long it, as your ears not by it, then no, it's actually pretty it looked cool. Like when when I heard it, I was around the corner, yeah. and when I heard it. It was it's was crackling and screaming, and I come around the corner, and I, it looked like lightning in the tube. Oh wow! I thought that I 
I thought the tube broke. I was oh, like, what happened? Yeah. So, yeah, the this one, it didn't even split out the side. Um, it the, the hot was shorted in it, and I put a hot in it, fired it up, and it blew the hot apart again. And I thought, eh, it's got to be the flyback. And yeah. I took it out, and once I got looked underneath it, I could see a little ooze underneath it. But if So if the flyback oozes a little bit, and you saw lightning... You know, I didn't see lightning it, on this one. It, 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 oh, I, okay. I'm sorry. So I, I thought you said that you saw lightning inside the tube. Oh, that was the one I had. Oh, the one yeah. that you had. Yeah. Okay, I'm sorry then. Okay, my apologies. Oh, it did. It looked like lightning whipping around the tube, and I thought, oh my god. But but you know something? I bet the tube. I mean, it didn't toast the tube no, or anything. Tube was did it? Fine. Yeah, tube tube's fine. fine. Yeah, yeah. And isn't, isn't that something? The tubes to me seem to be far hardier than I think we give them credit for, especially on the front. Now you know, naturally on the back, not the case, but. I just tubes just seem to be pretty yeah. tough. I mean, I I really thought that something had happened and the neck had broke. Yeah, because it was just arcing and everything in the tube. I see. And it yeah, was, but no, no, the, the one that I had just fixed that was in the golden tea. It looked from for all intents and purposes on the yeah. surface, it looked fine. I see. I see. So, but then when you popped it open, I guess then when you removed it and then turned it over, yeah, it's it looked like, a little bad. And then yeah. once I kind of got, because I kept asking, I said, did you, did you smell anything? I yeah. just, no, no. And once I kind of got in for the close-up smell test, I was like, yeah, this, <laughs> this thing is <laughs> smells not, a little, It smells a little toasty, huh? not good. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. so yeah, the, how did we get off on that tangent? The Crafty Mac? We were yeah. talking about the Crafty Mac, yeah. So back to the rec bar, uh, rec bar guys, I... A lot of my time went into helping them. So yeah. monitors, monitors everywhere. I mean, I mean, dude, you've been doing that work for what a solid month now? Uh, it's been right at it. Yeah, yeah. easy. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. I mean, it, it has been. Um, it, it, a lot of it's just gen, your general kind of troubleshooting. Yeah, they yeah. had they had quite a selection of games, so there was quite a few that we could turn around real quick and say, you know. This, 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 yes, this, 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 no, this, 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 put on the end of storage because it's real close. Yeah, gotcha. And it, power supply problems, wiring, minor control stuff. I, I Honestly, I kind of left myself to the electronic side of it and said, I don't, I don't mind helping you guys out. But if you need somebody to change joysticks, I'll show somebody or you will do it. And, yeah, you know that's just the way we did it. They, yeah, they knew where, where my where I was best served to help them, and that and that's kind of what we did. Yeah, um, that's that's good. So, so kind of talk a little bit about their opening weekend. I mean, what did they open with? How, how many games are they running? What's what's the mix? You know, of you know the classics like we would like versus the '90s and the fighters, and you know the '90s up and in the pinball machines. Okay, and stuff so like I, that. I'm not going to go through all the titles. I'm going to go just by memory. Yeah. Uh, just I guess I'm just looking more for kind of like a ratio. So okay, to speak. so well, pinball—they're very arcade video heavy right okay, now. Gotcha, okay, so gotcha. pinball wise, they've got a Secret Service, which is an older Data East. Yeah, man, it's one of those where I'd have that game. It's just so—you put a quarter in it, and it sounds like Natasha from um, uh, the Rocky well, and Bullwinkle oh, show. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, and she says uh, <laughs> something now. A uh, Secret Service. Of course, I can't do the accent. Secret Service now in like digital stereo, and she does it with this. <laughs> terrible russian accent it is it, it's so it's, cheesy it's cool i you when you plunge cheddar falls out of it yeah I mean, gotcha it is, gotcha gosh it is i, I played i want to say I, I played one at chicago or i played one at sfge one year I, it's i like the game yeah you know it's just it's oh anyway so they got a secret service uh they got my old big guns which is <laughs> okay good you know it's no, I'm uh, sure it's still doing fine. It's still doing fine. LED yeah. out. Yeah. You know, nice big gun sitting there. 
they've got the teed off. Uh, they've got when they asked me about this game, strikes and spares. Okay. Every time they mentioned it, and several people that I've talked to were the same way. They thought I thought they meant the Bally strikes and spares. You know, the early solid state. Mm-hmm. Well, this is a Gottlieb game. Never seen it. So imagine a shuffle alley. You know, okay. so imagine you know your old puck bowler. You know, yeah. where you've got the hanging pins. Yes. And you've got the little trip wires on on the play field, and you slide the puck over it, and then that represents which pins you hit, and they they, they draw up into the head of the game. Shrink that down and put it in the body of a pinball machine. Uh-huh. Okay. So to the right and the left, the the play field the plastics look like ball return lanes okay and then the pinballs aren't normal what is a pinball an inch and an eighth or an inch and 16th whatever you know everyone out there is screaming at me you're a podcast professional you don't know the size of a standard pinball i know actually i just i just order them from marco and yeah. i put them in my machine yeah you know? exactly yeah well these are large the balls in are larger than a standard pinball okay and i okay. i'm going to say maybe an inch and a quarter okay it's it's apparent that they're larger so you're, you hold the machine just like a standard pinball. It's got standard flipper buttons. It's got your standard flippers at the bottom. And you start the game, and you can pick, you know, regulation scoring, whatever, and you're bowling, okay? okay? There's okay. a couple different games you can play. All right. You tap a flipper. So you tap the left flipper. Well, it releases a ball from the left ball return. Okay. And it looks like a bowling alley ball return. All right. And then you've got you to tap it, and then you've got to catch it. All right, so you've already got to get it timed just right. And then once you get it caught or you let it ride the flipper and you go ahead and launch it up the play field and you're trying to knock the pins down, just like it. Okay. And, and, and again, it's, it sounds kind of odd to describe, but it's, it's, it's challenging. It's addictive. Okay. All, all right. All right. And when you, you, know, you run the ball up the play field, it looks like an alley when it runs over the little wire forms. It depends pull up in the head and it scores you you know i can i can certainly see the charm in it how yeah. about that i can see the it's, charm not, in it's it. not a pinball it's a it's not pinball like classic pinball. Ex- exactly yes it's pinball action yes is what it is it, yes. it's it's a different take on that form factor yeah. and okay to see people that know how to play pinball walk up to it they're looking for a start button they're looking for a plunger and so that's the one thing that's a little off-putting at first is if you see one to start it going you've got to tap the flipper button yeah and the flipper will flip but that's what releases the ball so you do one from the right or one from the left whichever side you tap that's the ball you'll get yeah okay i see uh and if you miss it it goes down in the out hole so to speak well then there's just a solenoid that fires it back up and there's a at the top of the play field there's a trough that catches the ball well it doesn't score so if you let it roll off the end of your flipper you know, or if you misfire off the tip and you hit the side of the lane, you know, you can grab it and try to, you know, recradle it and put it back into play. But if yeah. you get it in the out hole, you lose the ball. Okay. So it's it's kind of neat. Yeah, yeah it's I, you know, neat. I'm, sure, I'm sure it is. I, I would, from the sound of it, I would enjoy playing it. I don't know that I would want to own it, but I would, I would certainly, I'd certainly have fun, have, I'd have fun with it. How about that? It, it's fun. It's, yeah. It's cool. I saw several people playing it where they were. It's really fun to play with people. That's what I'm saying. I'm sure so it is. You yes. get you get a group of folks together and you know, you play a two or four player game and then you're kinda of playing against one another and, and that's kinda of really where it shines in my yeah, opinion. Gotcha, gotcha. So I know I'm missing one. I'm sitting here I was actually I took some pictures and they're up on our Facebook page, you know. Okay, so they've got a police force, a Williams police force. 
And that, that's a pretty fun game. I played several games on that. Okay. I, I enjoy that. That's a fun game. So, pen-wise, they've got the teed off. They've got the police force. They've got the strikes and spares. They've got the big guns. They've got the secret service. And then if you look here to – no one can see me do this. If you look here to my left – yeah. That big red thing. You got a Road Kings? That's a Road Kings. That's their Road Kings. Oh, so okay. It, so you're working on that? Yeah, it had a problem. It developed at Arcade Expo, and um, it I just have not been able to get to it. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> I know I know, the, I know the feeling. Yeah. So they'll have another they'll have another pin at least, and um, they I know they're excited about changing the games out. So I I, I see that they'll continue to have other things come in and out it's not going to be kind of kind of a static collection yeah static collection and i think especially when you're when you're quote unquote uh on route uh in a single location which let's let's just call it what it is when you're running that type of an establishment you need to treat your lineup like it like they're all on route you need you need to be changing them out you need to be rotating them i mean heck you probably even need to be moving them around from time to time just to create the illusion you know or i, I guess <laughs> yeah, the, that the, the, the effect that something is new you know but uh i get that so that's good and and i you know i'm sure that they've got a good inventory you know kind of a back uh, you know kind of a, a backstop of games so well, i mean you, i'm looking forward to going i've not been there yet but you, i certainly you, do intend to go you asked me about the spread of games yeah. so they've got they've got shooters they've got you know some buck hunters they've got uh, yeah. area uh, area 51 they've got carnivals okay so, got, so they're running the gamut yeah they've got space invaders they've got um a, a four they've got a warlord's cocktail they've got a play choice Good, 10 goodness kung fu master they've yeah. got um the old devastators that i had actually yeah. they've got yeah. the devastators I, I remember that they've got uh several neo geos and uh, uh they look beautiful the monitors because i worked on them yeah um they've got i mean there's just uh, they've got a Shinobi. They've got a couple yeah. cruising Exoticas. They've got uh, a couple ski balls. Yeah. Uh, of course, they've got the pinballs. Then in the very back, they've got um, finding the pictures here. They've got a couple more like Family Fun Center games where they've got one of the boxing games where you got to hit you know hit strength. It's kind of like strength yeah, test. It, yeah. One of the big deals where the yeah. bag comes down and you've yeah. got to hit it. They've got a, a, a Czech Super Hockey. They've got. Oh yeah, I bet that's. I bet that will be. Uh, will be. You know, hit on pretty good. I think this thing is called a boomerang, and it's a. It's a boomerang shaped air hockey table. Okay. So you stand side to side instead of face to face, and you've got to rebound off the back wall. Yeah. And then they've got a section in the very back set up with like Retron threes and Retron fives for console games. They've okay. got big selections of games. Oh, there, oh so. do they? Oh, yeah. nice, oh, yeah. nice, nice. Well, it sounds like it, it sounds like it's shaped up to be a very you know a very nice place to go. So I, I am. I'm looking forward to going. The, the aesthetics too is wonderful. I mean, they went through and they did the whole place. So okay, cool. Yeah. Well, good deal. So, good deal. So, dude, so what else has been up? Um, that you know help like I said helping them work on the pinballs I'm, work, I'm learning how to work on change machines yeah getting through that uh, i think i mentioned during the X arcade expo shows i acquired a pole position cockpit yes you did yeah, yeah. and that that came uh through the rec bar guys so thank yeah, you thank that's you cool. thank you gentlemen so do you do you have your hands on it now it's in it's in the building oh cool possession is nine tenths of the law and it, i possess it, it. It, it, it though yeah <laughs> no that's good so it you know the thing powered up and um i got a very nice 
image and you know i got the a track screen yeah something is jacked up in the harness because the controls aren't working it's not coining it's yeah. you can kind of look at it funny and make it do stuff and yeah it, it's obvious that it just i want to say that i it didn't boot and i reseated the connector which was kind of rough which is a pole position yeah you know it just it just needs going through but yeah. overall it's going to be a nice game yeah that's good and then kind of above all that the, the most recent thing yeah this is just like yesterday T- talk to me brent tell me what's going on you because the, there's a gaping hole in your game lineup behind you right over it, your right over your right hand shoulder the, the hole is still warm yeah oh, I, you, the heat and everything just radiates off of it so what's the deal dude why so so why why'd this happen well, I sold. We'll talk about why a little later. <laughs> Dude, I'm just pulling you along like a I string. Know. You know? I know. Yeah, exactly. But let's just say I, I come to the conclusion that I needed to sell Dirty Harry. Okay. All right. So Dirty Harry has a new home in Mansfield, Ohio. All right. Um, put it up for sale. A gentleman by the name of Ryan got a hold of me. And uh, he's got a friend and actually brought his buddy Colin with him. Colin's out of Columbus. Colin's a pinhead. Okay. You know, guy shows up in a Papa shirt. He's yeah, a pinhead. He, he, yeah, down yeah. straight. Yes. And Ryan had been playing pinball with uh, apparently the local community, and he hadn't had a machine yet. And Dirty Harry was his. It's going to be his first, first machine. His first machine. Well, that's you know what? That's a pretty daggone good first machine to get. I, I'll up, say that. We played a three-player game, and they both beat me on it. My own machine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah. Uh, that's, dirty, a, that's awesome. <laughs> uh, they, they came down. I, uh, actually, Thunder Over Louisville, if, if you're – well, if you're not in the area, let alone the United States, Thunder Over Louisville is a the kickoff event for the Kentucky, Kentucky Derby Festival series of events leading yes. up to the Kentucky Derby. Yeah. Now, right now, Thunder is usually, what, two weeks before it's, Derby? It's two weeks before Derby. Okay. So, yes. So, two weeks out-ish is going to be the Kentucky Derby. And what Thunder is is this massive... Derby's first Saturday of May, so okay. backport two weeks, and that's yeah. that's that Saturday, uh, two weeks prior, is Thunder over Louisville. Yeah. So, uh, Thunder over Louisville is this massive festival down at the riverfront, downtown Louisville, and it, it ends with... Two huge barges full of fireworks, yeah. one on either side of a bridge, and the bridge has fireworks. It rains sparks the complete width of the Ohio River. <laughs> I mean, for for what feels like an hour. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it is – they do not play. And yeah. then during the day, there's a huge air show. There's parachutists. The, the yeah. Coast Guard come and chucked a guy in the river. Yeah. Um, it's a big deal. And Ryan, it's, it's a huge production yeah. here. Yeah. So I'm down in the middle of this, and I got an email, and I'm like, I got a minute. You know, there's no planes flying overhead, so I I call and yeah. Ryan and I talk for a few minutes, and he he's all about it. And yeah, the next morning, he and his buddy Colin make a trip down out of uh, out of Southern Ohio and check out the Dirty Harry. Now the cool thing we got talking about Colin and I got talking about uh, something about wide body games, William games and talking about playing wide body games. And um, I mentioned the roller disco that I had. Yeah. You know, we talked about it on the show. Yeah. Oh yeah. And I, Oh I, no, I think I said, Oh, Oh, we talked, we were joking about leaving the ball in a game when you move it. And I said, you know, last time I did that, I sold a game to Papa and I had already wrapped it up for him. It was like a Christmas present. Yeah. It was ready to go. You all don't have to do anything. Put it yeah. on the truck. And I realized I left the ball. <laughs> and I went over and I was like, I made a rookie mistake. And we got laughing about it. And uh, uh, I, I told him I sold, it was a roller disco. He said, I've played Papa's roller disco. 
Yeah. Well, you, you played my old machine. He, yeah, how about it? He'd gone to Pinburg and he remembered that game. He he said, "Oh, I played that game." And I said, "Well, if you played Papa's, I'm pretty sure you played mine." Yeah. So, yeah. That, no, that's that's cool. That was kind of cool. neat. So I'm just curious, man. Um, you know, I saw when you listed the Dirty Harry for sale, and uh, I'm not I'm not going to talk out of school. You ask me prices? No, 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 no. I'm not going to ask you prices. Not going to ask you prices. What what I'm more so curious about one is one million dollars. Exactly. Well, you can buy a lot of whatever it is you're going to buy then. <laughs> can't you probably even buy me one too um but uh i'm kind of curious because i saw you listed on facebook and mm-hmm. i saw it you know i saw the listing make the rounds through you know the midwest you know pinball group and you know and, and just you know the the, the litany of, of you know arcade and pinball groups on yep. facebook saw it pop up on craigslist and uh, as well now i'm kind of curious what what was the medium that got it sold for you when Ryan contacted me, he contacted me through a Craigslist ad. Okay. All right. Okay. Okay. But I'm betting that Colin had seen it and maybe they were just generally shopping. Yeah. Because I had mentioned, and we've talked about this on the show where I, and this is on our Facebook page, where I kind of chronicled taking the magnet core out and kind of refurbing yep. that and then yeah. just work around that. And I was pointing that area out to him and i said you know i've got the pictures on our facebook page and then colin mentioned i i've actually already seen those oh okay so that oh, wasn't wow. okay. i didn't link that in the in the craigslist articles or listings i left those kind of i didn't i don't want to say bleak but i didn't get into the pinheady arcadey yeah. collectory kind of speak yeah you know it's I just, more so I just, just it. here's the listing here's the pictures call here's me. the pictures and yeah. here's some stuff i've done to it yeah. and here's the condition got it call got, me. It. Yeah. got it got it okay all right so, so so you so you think that or you feel that it's a good bet that they, they had they had perused it on facebook but then found it on it but then saw it on craigslist as well and then yes, contacted yeah. you that way yeah. all right because okay. yeah i definitely got the email based on, on the craigslist list yeah i'm just i'm just always curious about that because man weird things happen on facebook at the oddest of times and mm-hmm. and I'll, I'll talk about that in my updates as well because i come across something just uh by a stroke of luck you know and so it's it's just odd you, you just <laughs> facebook well there's a lot of stuff that goes through the facebook groups yeah that's, there is that, and people crawl on that stuff 24 hours yep. a day so man, that's been it for me. I, I, if you, I'm looking at the show notes, I've got three. Is it three? Yeah, three line items for the past almost two months: Maxine, Rec Bar, and selling Dirty Harry. And Dirty Harry was just yesterday, and yeah. it's just it has it has completely dominated my. I have not worked on any of my own games. Well, and, and you know something, man. Here's the thing: Back uh, to the Future's around the corner. Yeah. Yeah, still there. Yeah, huh? yeah. No, I, I get it. Like it's and, been shunned. Well, you know something. You know, I, I don't know, Brent. When I when I look at the months as they go by, sometimes I'm sometimes I, I feel like I accomplished nothing. And then there's other months where it's like I I did pretty good this past month, but. You know, it's just it's just kind of the rhythm of of my business with work and family and everything like that. And I try not to give myself too hard of a time, but at the same point, I still want to make progress. You know, so uh, and at some point, I'd I'd like to have you know everything done before I wind up in a you know an old person's home as well. So <laughs> so so that does kind of play on, be, on my conscience we're too. We're gonna be one of those guys like on the other side of the American Pickers yes. equation where they're like I. I'm not going to get to this before I pass away. So guess what? You're, it's yours it's now. It's yours. Yeah. And, and I don't want to be in that, in that shape. Oh, so, yep. 
but anyway, um, so man, you know, so through throughout the travels and, and everything going on this this month, I mean, I did I did get a few things accomplished. So I did pick up some more TVs uh, for tube swaps from my local recycling center. And I will say this: I know I've touched on I've touched on the topic a few times over the past several months, and. <laughs> the guys, the guys, and in, in specifically hooking the, you up. the gal who saves these things for me. You know, when I come through there and get rid of my recycling, like cardboard and, and you know just old computer parts and stuff like that, she goes, "I've got three TVs for you. Do you want them?" And I'm like, "I uh, well, I, I'll go back there and take a look at them." And you know, they're all like old wood grain. You know, what you know is you know fat neck tube and everything like that. And it's like, yeah, I will take that. I will take that. Thank you. Uh, yes, 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 and please. Yes, uh, yes, and please. That's exactly exactly right so so yeah so I, I loaded up a few TVs and uh, and got them back to the house and I, I haven't cracked the cracked the case on them to really you know ohm them out or anything like that but uh, yeah they're there and I'm just about full on storage for TVs though man you know it's almost gotten uh, to an overflow situation and I don't want to be hermitizing on TVs because then that makes me feel weird you know because so I'm sitting are, here with a whole bunch of TVs and I'm not doing anything with them so I've I may have a bunch that I'm not doing anything with at the moment. Yeah, you know, I, I, I'm not saying that I do. Okay, all right, fair, <laughs> fair enough. And I'm so, not, I'm not saying that I've that so, I've collected uh, more than my fair share either. But yes, I, you know, I don't want to come off as a hoarder. No, or anything. no, I, no, I don't want to sound like I have a problem, even though I do have a yes, problem. Yes, you know, know well, it, I'm not admitting it because once we admit it, then yeah. we got to. You got to solve it. Well, you got to face it. You got to face it. You got to face it. You got to make it yours, you know? Are you, uh, what I did when I I had a glut of TVs, when I moved into this house, Yeah, um, that was right about the time when when LCD prices started to really plunge, and it was not uncommon just to, uh, you couldn't go anywhere without seeing two or three on the side of the road. I mean, we were lousy with TVs around here. So I had come up with a, just this huge collection of these things and they were the corner of one of my of my front garage and i got to the point where one evening i was like all right i've got i'm starting to work in this space i've got to organize it so i took a a the book from a sincor crt tester yeah and and a and a drill or a screw gun you know and, and just cord a screwdriver and went out there and started zipping backs off and looking exactly. at tubes exactly and i pulled pulled my truck up and i'm like yes no yes no and then the next morning i took everything and if you're in the area uh we've we've mentioned ken before he's over at bluegrass e-cycle um and it's literally it's bluegrass e-cycle.com and ken does uh, electronics recycling here in town if you've got anything take it to ken ken yeah. will, ken will take care of it he's a great guy so even supporting. even the even like neck tubes or something like that he'll take those I, you know i don't know where he, he'll take them uh-huh now i'll be honest with you I, at least here yeah uh, last time ken and i talked it was kind of a push for him there there wasn't you know he, he's a business yeah you know he he believes in what he does he's trying to keep this that crud out of landfills and all that because at the end of the day we all we all know what's in it yeah you know let's let's just be real about it you know exactly um it is what it is a lot of harsh stuff and he uh he really believes in what he does and and man i commend him for he's doing a bang-up job yeah but he's got to make money he's got he's got employees he's got overhead he's got a shop last i heard it's about a push it's about equal on a crt okay so you know i i don't know if that's improved at this point but yes he will take them he will will take them okay but yeah if you've got anything anything electronic 
he'll they'll take it and they'll recycle it. Yeah, so. I, I mean, I've I've taken a bunch of hard drives to him before, mm-hmm. and uh, I loaded up literally um, maybe. 10 plus years of my career of old hard drives and I literally had two of those um they're just two just like uh recycle reci- like plastic recycling bins mm-hmm. like, a tote, you, like a tote like, like a tote like a tote yeah yeah thank you like a tote or a mm-hmm. tub Brent I had two of those full of three and a half inch and two and a half inch hard drives and um let me tell you they weigh a lot dude. yeah oh those yeah totes, those dense. totes are oh, yeah. heavy and uh and i'd say yeah i stayed there uh ken wasn't there but one of the guys that i work with that he works with was there and uh or that works for him rather was there and he and i sat there and chewed the fat while we destroyed every single yep. hard drive that i had He's, and did, did you get to use the big shear i did yes. yes yeah i just cut just literally cut cut the drives yep. in half and it was interesting because uh, he kept track and when we were done i destroyed 89 hard drives wow yes yeah that's amazing yeah exactly 89 hard drives i, I mean the I, only reason i remember that is because that's the year i graduated high school so, <laughs> so that's the that's how i, I remember that I otherwise know I've it would been have been some a, hardware. a non-data point i do have been through some hardware but 89 hard drives 89 hard drives buddy Man. yeah yeah so anyway so uh like i say yeah, I, so if I, you're, I picked up a bunch of tubes and yep. now now i've got a now i've well, got this, a, i want to do more of a commercial I, I've, for, I've got i've got to fulfill do, you know the promise of them i want to do more of an un, unsolicited commercial for kids <laughs> yeah. well i may have to go see him because i may have some tubes i don't want and my recycling center will not take the bare gotcha. tube okay they'll take a tv because i i feel that what they do is they take it on to louisville and they probably take it on to ken's place because they got to do something with the tube with the tvs as well well, there's a lot of copper in the in the oaks yes yeah and so, so so there's things there that they can use and then then there's things there that are just hazardous you know for lack of a better term but what, so anyway uh, how, how, where i was going with all this before yeah. we got off into into tout and ken's business and bluegrass e-cycle and and all the great stuff they do uh and and uh with broken token P- classic arcade pinball podcast is not uh, uh sponsored by affiliate with or associated with other than by uh, friendship and just uh, general camaraderie I'm, with I'm gonna have to Ken record, and we're gonna have to <laughs> record that so we can use it in the future and i'll i'll stop you i'll go zip it and then we'll just roll we'll just roll that little audio <laughs> that's, bit okay that's like a, that's like a disclaimer yeah, on like exactly. a bank on like a bank advertisement <laughs> um, gotta say it fast yep um he, how, how are you storing them? Because I ended up. Yeah, it's, I, it's everything. It's I've got shelves. I've oh, had to build a bunch of shelves. Everything that that was usable that I kept. Yeah, I kept in the case, uh-huh. and that's what what I used to store them in. I know, but they eat up so much room. They do. I mean, they eat up a lot of if, room. If, well, I've got a couple consoles out yeah. there, like with perfect twenty five inch tubes that would go right into a K seven thousand. Oh, nice. But <gasps> really, they're in, oh my oh. <laughs> I need one like of those. Like a 25 inch tube? Yeah. For what? 720. Oh, okay. All yeah. Right. Well, look at him. Hang tight now. Okay. Just hang tight. Don't go in there and look on my bench. Okay. All right. <laughs> All right. Just keep one of those for me, but okay? Those, I'm the, just saying. But the consoles are monstrous. Yeah, okay. Because you're, you know, by the time you put the faux wood grain on it and the yeah, faux turned column things on the corners that look like t- chair legs and all that crud. Yeah. I mean, the thing is. 
two and a half times its original width. And I, yeah, I know. It, it's a burden. They it, become yeah, a burden is. is what they what they do. So anyway, you know, I've just had to I've just had to kind of uh, kind of temper that a little bit. But at the same time, okay, you know, it's it's like there's there's good TVs there. You know, there's yeah. good wood grain TVs. And so so I, I tell you what, I was um, I was working on one or two of them over the course of this past weekend. And uh, you'd mentioned Kmart at the at the head of the show. Yep. Okay. And one of the TVs that I got was a K-Max. You ever oh, heard of K-Max yes, TV? I have. You have? Yeah. Oh my goodness. Th- isn't the K on it like the red K? Yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. So it's a K-Max TV and and I crack this thing open and it's got a gold star tube in it, okay? And uh and so I'd never it, it, dude, I'd never seen a K-Max TV. <laughs> just, but but the sticker on, on the K-Max just, TV was from Kmart. It, it I, said it said a you know I, a brand of Kmart. I just put K-Max into Google. Yeah. And the second return was K-Max TV. Yeah, okay. The third was K-Max Radio. Uh-huh. <laughs> the first was K-Max Helicopter. <laughs> oh, was it really? Okay, all right. Yeah. No, okay, it's not a K-Mart helicopter. Okay. No, 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 no. Just, you don't want to ride in one of those just, anyway. I did check. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 that, no, no. Okay, that okay, does okay, not okay. end well. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, KMAX TV, and so I was just kind of surprised at that. And uh, yeah, it has, a, you know, it had a nice, you know, fat neck tube in it. And uh, you know, based upon how the readings looked, it looked like it would be usable for you know something good. So, so if if you if you get a tube that is a uh, what's what's the not the Syncourt Syncourt's a socket three, it's a Talking about the BNK? Yeah, is it CR 23? It's either CR 23 or CR 31. I mean, those are the two that are, that Tw- are mostly used. 23 so. is the, the big one, like a Geo 7. Mm-hmm. You, you know, what's the 31? Is that like, like a narrow? Like uh, Sanyo. Yeah, like, like Sanyo uses a CR 31. Oh, I, I thought believe. it used a 23. Maybe it does. No, on a Syncor, it's, it's been, the same it's setup. Long, it's been a long time since I've since I, I rejuved one. Uh, the, the big, the, the super common one, like a Geo Seven, a forty six hundred. Those are twenty. I think that's a twenty three. Okay. Um, so if if you get a tube that is equivalent to a twenty CR twenty three adapter. Okay. okay? Yep. So and, and I know what those dial settings are in, in my book for my Syncores. Do you still keep it even if the yoke is not? And I'm making air quotes here that no one can see arcade compatible. Oh yeah, for sure. Okay, all right. yeah, because it, I, I mean, don't even the, look at the yolks. Yeah, I mean, the worst, the worst thing you'd have to do is you know swap the swap the yolk out, you know, and then you've got convergence and all that to deal with. But if it's a burn free tube that's going to work, it's a burn free tube that's going to work, and uh, so you know the yolk is the yolk. You know, it's just it's just one of those things. Okay, see, because to me it's worth it. Yeah, I just look at the. I just look at the at the neck pin out, uh-huh. and I don't, I don't even check the yokes. Yeah, because I, I assume that if if I'm going to use it, I might sacrifice. I'm going to sacrifice my time, and chances are, do a yoke swap. And do so, a yoke swap. Yeah. yeah, but you know, if you can get a yoke that is compatible or oh, very yeah. close, then you might as well. Oh yeah, I've done that. Absolutely. You know, you might as well, and then save yourself the trouble because then you don't have to. You know, you don't have to burn through some convergence strips, and you don't have to go through all the trouble of doing that. You have to but pull your hair out. It, yeah, exactly. And wish you'd never gotten into the hobby to even begin with, and everything like that. By the but, way, it, um, but it works out. Yeah, uh, K Max is actually a station in Sacramento, Stockton, in Modesto, California. <laughs> well, there you go. And it looks like they're uh, they they run the CW. They're on is the CW right? network. Yeah, well, okay. all right. Well, that's good to know. I, I guarantee that my K Max TV will never pick up K Max TV. <laughs> so how about that? Uh, I'll just I'll I'll leave 
leave that data point right there. I'll just drop that right there. <laughs> but hey, dude, uh, this is kind of cool. I picked up a set, and these are, uh, and this is new in box of the uh, of the Hallmark Tron Light Cycle ornaments from my Tron Pro. I didn't even know machine. they made those. Yeah, yeah. Now these were back. These were several years back. I want to say maybe like 2012 is when is when those ornaments were ran, and um, they're nice because they light up, and so they're they're a very uh, I think what you know the the pin side or pinball community would say it's a very worthy upgrade mm-hmm. you know for for a tron pinball machine but get this brand i i was i was on my phone at two o'clock in the morning and uh, i did this just a couple of days ago and i swooped in on facebook and you know saw a couple um you know notifications pop up on my phone and i checked facebook and there there was some guy had listed them on face on one of the i tell you it was on the cincinnati pinball users group okay and uh you know i caught him I, I caught it like an hour after he listed it and i was the first guy there and was able to catch it and he messaged me the next morning and so he goes he goes you're you're lucky that you bought them when you did because i had like five people this morning in line ready to buy them and so I got a fantastic deal on them, and you know, others may think, "Well, what are you doing up at two a.m. on Facebook?" You know, and it's, and so I mean, there is kind of a story behind it, and it worked out. But I'm looking uh, at them right now. Yeah, yeah, they're cool, aren't yeah. they? Yeah, they're they're neat. So, so I, I got I got the set of two, but uh, no, man, uh, my wife and I had been up watching movies that night, and we watched Fast and Furious Seven. Have you seen that by I'm, any chance? I've not seen any of them. What? Are you serious? I, I've not seen any of them. Oh my god. We've had this. We've had this suspension of reality fit the movie. Yeah, you know, conversation before. Yeah, and, uh, you know, even on my car buddies, like you got to go see those movies. Well, and I'm just here's the thing. As as I as, can suspend reality in Star Wars and the Marvel universe. Oh, but, but it's pretty sweet in Fast and I, Furious. I know. Dude. I know how a car works. Yeah, and they don't work like that in no. Fast and Furious. So, but here's what I will say. Um, you know when I f- when I first started watching the franchise, I was I was very they're doing in- it right if they're I, up to seven now well, they're making money they they are and you know I was very indifferent on on them the first like two movies because it was like ah, he's just a bunch of punks running around you know gutting cars <laughs> and doing this and doing that put nitrous on everything yeah but I, what I will say though is somewhere uh, in the in like the fourth or fifth movie, Jackie and I were sitting here talking and we flipped. And it's like, I now care about all these characters. And, and, and man, you care about what happens to them. You kind of care about their lives and everything like you, that. You can care about them for me. Yeah, well, there, there you go. And um, I'll just say that that I've become quite the quite the fan of the franchise. Okay, right, okay? that's fine. So we were so um, we were. We I'm, were not I'm not judging. Oh no! If you watched them, you would be sitting in my in my <laughs> seat as well. But what I will say is, uh, we were latecomers to that franchise, and I had the benefit, or Jackie and I had the benefit of being able to watch the movies literally back to back from one to seven. Okay, so over the course <laughs> what of we, what are we going to do with the next fourteen hours of our life? <laughs> well, uh, when I say back to back i'll say you know one movie a week until we oh, got okay. them done okay back to back for <laughs> us right. is on the okay, weekend okay. okay all right i got you and okay. so we watched them in and we watched them in succession over the course of enough weekends to you know kind of chew through them and so we had just finished up fast and furious 7 and she and you know jackie i looked over at jackie and and i said are you up to watch another one and she's like oh yeah i'm good i'm good so you know, there's there's eight. No, 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 no. Another movie. Oh, uh, yeah. Thank you. Another movie. And so, so we're 
sitting there and it's like it's like okay what do you want to watch and we picked another movie off the list off the off the home theater machine the notebook yeah no no trust me you only watch that once and never again <laughs> watch the the notebook haunts a man okay I've you never do not seen it. oh i'm not going to get into it because i value our listenership and i'm not going to subject them to a review okay. of the notebook okay? okay but let's put it this way you only watch that once okay okay, All right. okay. and then you refer to it in the way that we're referring to it now from that point forward gotcha right? okay I gotcha. so anyway so I'm a big sci-fi fan, and I looked over at Jackie, and I'm like, I mean, let's 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 watch something, you know, let's watch some sci-fi or something. And she's like, Honey, what, you watch whatever you want to watch. I'm probably going to fall asleep. I won't make it through the movie. And I'm like, Okay, no worries then. So so we pick the Event Horizon. Have you ever seen that by mm-hmm. any chance? Okay, that didn't even that, ring a bell. Okay, that's a like a 1997. It's a late 90s sci-fi flick. It's got Lawrence Fishburne in it, and. Um, I'm googling and Kathleen right Quinlan and a few others. It's 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 kind of like Is that sci-fi with a black horror. hole. Oh yeah, I see black hole already. Yeah, yeah, it's it's where they actually create a black hole inside of a ship to use it as as like uh, what they call gravity drive or whatever to bend space time to travel. The only yeah, black hole movie that I will uh, consider the. The, the movie that I consider the definitive black hole movie is Disney's Black Hole. Oh, I've never seen that. You've never seen? No. So hang on, hang on. What? I'll do that for me. <laughs> How about that? Did, no, I've Disney never got seen to the that. point where they wouldn't even own up to it because robots were killing people in it. Oh, really? Yes. Okay. Well, I will say this: in, in Event Horizon, it's a very, uh, it's a very, um, it's a very bloody and gory sci-fi movie and Brent I'll just say it was bad it was just horrible bad it was so bad <laughs> how bad was it it was so bad that Whitney's checking Facebook on his phone while the movie is in in the third act okay and usually <laughs> that's when a movie is, is at its strongest okay is is it the third act no I'm sitting there cruising Facebook on my phone going I'm going to see this movie through because I started it but this is not good okay so anyway so a pop up on Facebook I I check it, find the light cycles, boom, I buy them, and, and there there we are. So 2 a.m., at least I got some restitution for investing that much time into uh, into um, the event horizon. So I was very happy <laughs> I got, about I that. I snagged a deal. Yeah, yeah, so I, I snagged a deal. Hey, dude, I, and I did buy a color DMD for my Tron Pro. So Sweet. Yeah, so I'm very very happy about that. That came in. The, you know, the ROMs are released and everything like that. Dude, just Do another... they have color DMD for ACDC? Mm-hmm. Yes. Is that... Well, you can tra- trade it back and forth then, right? Yeah. With the reprogram? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. You can move the displays back and forth, and all you have to do is just I, flash it with a different ROM. I think that I think the only deal is is you, the kit. Like, when you order for whatever the body of the game is. Uh-huh. Yeah, it, it, it's either like... The mount, the bracketry, it, it, or whatever. You have to yep. order a different set. You have to order a set of brackets to go into, like, the metal back box Stern gotcha. games. Okay. You know, but the, the, old, the older wood-style back boxes like ACDC and what Tron, are, what Tron have... Uh, there's no there's no bracket kit required, so they just pretty much just drop right in. And uh, and dude, so so I got the color DMD for my Tron. That that's great, but there's not really a lot to talk about there. I mean, it just it's just kind of like a self fulfilling prophecy. It's like order color color DMD, it comes in, install it, life's good, you know, and and that's that. But um, I've I've not had the opportunity to put it in, and I hear a collective what you know over that. <laughs> but I have been busy. Uh, but it is uh, it is waiting on the shelf, ready to go. Uh, dude, here's one thing I want to. I want to touch on um, through part of my travels uh, over the past month. I got to visit. Um, so I traveled to Seattle some from for, for work for mm-hmm. my job, and so I, you know, 
um, my last trip out was at the end of March, and I packed it to where I was able to go out over the course of a weekend uh, because the work that I had was like Monday, Tuesday there. And so I was able to take, um, I traveled out on, on a Saturday. I was able to take a Sunday, and I, I set this up uh, with um, with the gentleman that I got to go visit, and I got to view his game room and uh, travel out to his house, and and uh, he was, you know, very nice and uh, and was definitely definitely you know very welcoming to me, uh, you know, a stranger essentially traveling out to his house. But uh, Brent, I got to visit with a gentleman by the name uh, by the name of Todd McCullough, and for anybody who's not uh, familiar with Todd, you can go out and just search him up on Wikipedia, okay, and Todd is uh, Todd is a very uh, accomplished uh, professional basketball player. Now, Todd has retired, okay, at this point. And, uh, you know, he did um, he did play for the Philadelphia 76ers and the New Jersey Nets in the NBA. And I had to go back and, on, on Wikipedia and learn a bit about Todd before I visited with him. But, uh, you know, Todd's, uh, Todd's a great guy, Brent, and he's nestled all the way up in the very northwest uh, corner of Seattle. If you can imagine there being in northwest corner of seattle but there he is. is seven foot tall yes he is and wait till i post the pictures because i have wow. a picture of me standing beside todd and i'm six foot okay yeah. even and todd is uh much taller than that and he makes me look like just a little dwarf of a man <laughs> he makes okay? you look like a hobbit yes he he does he makes me look like a little knurled kind of guy you know and so uh so but it was neat though brent because uh because todd and i talked you know over email for you know probably several months getting this arranged date and time and everything like that and uh and so that sunday afternoon uh you know todd uh we we talked and you know todd got, gave me directions to his house and i went out and got to play in his game rooms uh Brent, not not game room, but game rooms, and so the interesting thing about his, you know, about his estate is uh, it's it's all very nice. I mean, he, he I mean, it's it's immaculate. Uh, he lives on you know beautiful property and, and everything there in Seattle, but Todd has got. Um, multiple structures on his property housing multiple genres of games within those structures and brent one uh like one outbuilding or i guess like one garage was full of nothing but em games all right oh sweet now, dude, now, now, like i say way to see the pictures okay because i've been purposely holding them back until we were able to talk about this on the show and then when we release the show i'll i'll put a, a you know an album up on facebook and everything so that you know when everybody hears this they can go they can go onto the facebook page and look at it um but yeah it's one one whole building full of nothing but em pinball and like em bingo games oh that's and cool. oh, so, so actual bingo yes and so uh, oh, that's and cool. then some of the, you know, like some of the uh, the Bowlerama games and things like that, you know, puck bowlers and all of that um, that, that that you were just kind of talking about, you know, a few, uh, you know, a few minutes ago. Mm-hmm. And Brent, it, I probably spent the most time in that room, you know, playing those EM games. And Brent, they were most of them were just literally immaculate. Okay, just immaculate. So, uh, you know, you can you can kind of go on and on about the I guess the history of the EM games and just the nostalgia of the EM games. But the best thing I know to say is I'm just gonna have to let this the pictures kind of speak for themselves because he had so much and it was hard to really draw um, you know, any I guess kind of quote unquote favorite out of the group. I mean I was more so 
just blown away by the sheer, you know, by the sheer number of games and, and the quality of the games that he had. So, you know, moving on from from that room, um, you know, we went into a different, uh, you know, a different part of his of his property, a different garage, and he had set up like a lot of, um, I guess, kind of like '90s racer games. You know, he had Daytona USA, and, okay, okay, driver, you know, okay. And, and driver games, and um, you know, he he had a, a couple of upright arcade games like a Play Choice Ten and, and a few other things, but you know, uh, he had, um, gosh, I forget the name of this. It was like a horse racing game. Uh, from uh, from Poland, if I'm not mistaken, and Brent, I'm talking. These are the multi-lane, you know, multiplayer. Um, redemption style games. Okay, okay which, I was thinking kind of like a carnival type game. Yes, yes, that, and that's a, that's a very good analogy for these. I, like these are games that I've never seen before. Like when I think the carnival game, the racing horse like multi lane games I've seen usually everyone sets it like this little alley and they've got a golf ball and they got to roll it up and whatever hole it goes that, in. That's how many. That's and that's oh, exactly what man. this is. And it's like five lanes wide, you know. And yep, so you're yep. sitting there rolling your ball up into the up into the hole up into the yeah. You know, like the circles, you know, so you can score either 10, 20, 30, 40, whatever. Mm-hmm. And wherever the ball, whatever, you know, uh, the value of the hole is that the ball goes into that yep, advances the horse down the track X, X number of slots. They're huge. Okay. And they're so cool though. Th- they are. They're really neat. And, um, and like I say, he had one of those, he had a, you know, a very nice Daytona USA setup, and, you know, and, and a few other, you know, miscellaneous games. He had a Wonelli uh, big juicy melons in, in that garage. And he had, you know, um, Gosh, he had you know a checks hockey and in a few other games. I mean, it's it was just it was just off the hook is what so, it was. So how did did you get into a conversation with him about how he got into having such an eclectic collection? Looking looking at the Wikipedia page on him that you that you've linked to, it looks yeah. like he's I think forty. So he's I mean he's younger than we are. Now he is younger that than would, we are. And that would put him right on the edge of. The classics. Yeah, and you know, for for him, um, I mean, I asked him that question. I wish I could have gotten to sit down and interview him. In all honesty, we just did not have that time because uh, he had a family event that he had to go to that evening, and and I was on a bit of a time schedule myself. But I, I, I mean, I got to spend like three and a half, almost four hours there. And quite honestly, Brent, you know, it, it's one of those things where there was so much to see. I felt if I didn't take the time to see it all and get pictures of it all, that I would have missed like half of it, you mm-hmm. know? Um, but anyway, in talking with him, he he's just a, he's just a fan of the game. You know, I mean, he, he, he loves the... He loves the sport of it, and I guess the competition side of it, and he really didn't draw any prejudices towards any one certain era in any way, shape, or form. So if it was EM Pinball or if it was the newest Stern title, he he, he appreciated and loved, well, loved cool. them all, you know? You see, because usually you get into that position where, kind of like us. I well, mean, we've talked. I, about, I was going to say, like me. Yeah, we fall know, into who, that, with, with some exceptions. Yeah. We generally fall into that category of games that were around that were there when we were exactly in the arcade in the day let's face it we're fairly narrow-minded when it comes to when it comes to what we like okay it but uh but todd does does us better so i mean his tastes are very wide and varied when it when it comes to the genres that that he that he's willing to invest in um and and, you know brent it's it's interesting uh, from the fact of um you know, moving from that room full of EMs to the room of you know the drivers, the racers, uh, you know the checks bubble hockey, the you know the 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 derby games and and things like that. Then the third room that he took me into was 
all, Brent, and I when I say all, I mean all were um it was is like his home theater room and that room was full of like 1940s and 1950s era electromechanical games i'm talking like a uh, a coin operated baseball game okay and i'm talking like um you know other like bowler games like and like um I, how, how do what's the best way to describe those it's I mean, they're I, just. I, I want to say they're like like penny and nickel games, mm-hmm. like penny and nickel arcade games. They're but EM these, games, but they're not pinball. They're no, game they, games. That's exactly right. Uh, they're game they're, games. They're they're non pinball EM games. Gotcha. Is okay. What they are, and like I say, he had one that was a baseball game, one that was a bowler game, one that was, uh, you know, kind of like a, a little uh, disc hockey game and things like that. And I, I, again, I've got pictures. You just have to see them. And, and Brent, I don't know. You know, some of them were Chicago Coin. Some of them were companies that I've never even heard of. Okay, that I that I just had absolutely zero experience with before. You know, before, I think Genco was a big manufacturer there, at that time. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, Genco, Chicago Coin, and some others. And um, and it, it was it was an education for me. I wish I could have taken better notes. I wish I had you know a, a, a notepad and I had the time to write everything down as Todd was showing it to me but literally you know he's giving me a tour i'm taking pictures and asking questions and then we're kind of you know i get to play a little bit then we kind of move on to the next thing because then brent and understand that's building number three okay Mm -hmm. and then we go back into his house and go downstairs and then he's got literally three rooms in his basement full of pinball machines so we walk in and the first room you know what i hear there maintenance nightmare no yeah, yeah. Oh, let me tell you i mean if you've got the stuff you're, oh yeah you're paying you're, you're either doing it yourself yep. or you're paying to have it done so walk into his his main pinball room in the first row is uh, the first row is like any quote-unquote you know uh, arcade um restaurant bar whatever you want to call it you've got star trek le okay you've got game of thrones le you've got metallica you've got acdc you've got iron man you've got tron you know you've got uh, he had america's most haunted okay and and so it just i mean brent it just kind of went on and on and on as to the titles that were sitting there and uh and you know it's like wow that is that's impressive you know from from a home collector home collector standpoint he took he, he takes me back into one of the other rooms and and he's got a medieval madness. He's got a Star Wars Episode One. You know, he's got a couple Velvira games. You know, and it's some of the, I guess, you know, some of the, uh, I, I guess, you know, some of the, the the modern dot matrix machines, so to speak, uh, and in some of the later solid states and things like that. But um, you know, I ask him about the about the the uh, medieval madness. I'm like, Todd, is this a remake? He goes, No, no, it's it's original, just restored. And I'm like, wow, did you buy it that way? And he's like, yeah, yeah, I bought it restored, and it plays perfectly. And I'm like, I bet it does, you know? It, it, I don't know, Brent, there had to be one, two, three, four, seven, seven, maybe 18 games in that room. And then he takes me back to a guest bedroom where the wall is lined with uh, ACDC, um, uh, a, let's see, ACDC, oh, gosh, um, what is the... Um, the, uh, the, the the Lucy? Uh, no, 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 no. The back in black LE, the the BIBLE. So it's the um, you know, it's it's the the most limited edition ACDC that Stern made. Okay. Um, no, I'm sorry. Let there be. Is it Let There Be Rock? A, there was a Let There. I, I'm not up on the specific models. Uh, hang t- like, hang t- 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 There this, was a Let There is, Be Rock, this, and there was a black is, and black. Back in black. 
This, but I this was a this was a this was the black uh, ACDC. You uh, got me. Honestly, we're all frank. This this is welcome to the Broken Token Podcast. Yeah. While we Google, yeah, it's I, I, I I'm sorry I'm sorry for that. You know because I feel like I, I feel like I should have been. Yeah, it was the back in black LE. That's what it was. And so I uh, had to go search that up real fast. He had that. He had um, see he had uh, Transformers LE. He had an Avengers Hulk edition. You know, he had a white water, he had a road show and, you know, and then just a litany of other, you know, titles that, you know, in, in there, I mean, Brent, by all rights and purposes, I mean, he probably had, I don't know, maybe when we, when I think about modern pinball machines, maybe 35 or 40, you know, in his collection. And that doesn't even count, you know, all the EM games and everything like that. I mean, I, I bet while I was there, I probably I probably saw well in excess of 120 games. Well, here's the cool thing about it. You, you started out by saying he was such a great guy. <laughs> I mean, you yeah. Know, I mean, his hospitality he, he, could he, not be matched. He let you into his home. Yes. He let you take pictures of his games, let you play his games. Yes. And, you know, that's that's kind of the thing that stands out to me. And it, it really does. And, and he reached out because he's a listener and a fan of the show. I, I don't let, I don't let people in the house to play an old Monopoly, you know. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, but that's the th- that's the thing that jumps out to me is, is that, yeah. you know, just the hospitality. That, man. And, and that's great. You, well, know, you, you hear so many stories of people that have in prominence. Yeah. People in that. And they're just. I'm not going to use the word on the show, but you know what I mean. You, yeah, you yeah. know that they're not necessarily people you'd want to just sit down and chat with. Oh, well, Todd, Todd was that guy. That's he, what's, he, that's, he, that's he was what that kind jumps of, out to me. I, when, when I say he was that guy, he was the guy that you want to meet. You know, he was. See, he was, I, he I was don't accommodating. Know he, he was nice. He was gracious, and he rearranged his family's plans so that I no, could that's visit. Awesome. See, so I, that's I don't, the kind of guy you he know is. me. I know nothing about sports. As a matter of fact, I know you mentioned the teams he played for. I can't tell you who they are right now. They've already they skipped right off the top of my head. Yeah, I, I know, and dude. I, I don't even know. Uh, since he was seven foot tall, I'm assuming it was basketball. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah. but yeah, I, I want to meet Todd. Oh yeah, yeah, great guy. And um, yeah, like I say, he opened up the house and and let me take pictures, and it was it was just utterly fantastic. So he he cannot he could just he the guy just cannot be beat. I like I just like the super nice that, guy all around. I like that he's got the stack of the older games. Yes, the, the EM games. Yeah, yeah. It was, that's it was sweet. That's dude. some Nick Baldridge rubbing off on me right there. <laughs> but you know, I, well, I don't I don't know about the bingos, but. I can see if it wasn't for space, I know I would have some of the the EM I guess EM arcade games yeah. is what you would call those electromechanical non pinball games. Yeah. Whether it's a pitch and bat or some other kind of flying game yeah. or cart racing game or something. Yeah. Well and, and you know, in some of the games, some of the EM games he had were from Sega. Okay, and yep. you know, and I had I, one of those run through my hands at one point in time. Yeah, and I'm sitting there thinking, it's like I Sega no, made those. I had no idea Sega made those. Yeah, you know, and it was it was just very interesting. It was a Wild West game where you know uh, two cowboys on opposing ends of the field, and you would shoot each other, and when it would when the shot would register, you would fly backwards because your limbs were hinged on the <laughs> on, on the metal bracket, and so Todd and I were playing, and we shoot each other, and my arms would fly backwards, and then I'd get another shot, and then I'd fold over at my torso you know and it was just the coolest thing and then after like three seconds then you could see that the magnet would reverse polarity and then you would stand right back up again you know and, and i'm sitting there thinking it's like now that's that's ingenuity yeah is what oh yeah that is. i'm betting just by looking at this the cabinet of a sega versus uh, an american-made game uh-huh. the cabinet and everything just looked 
a little a little upper end, a little oh, better, yeah. a little oh, yeah, nice, a yeah, little yeah, bit yeah, more yes. engineering, a yes. little bit more attention to detail. That's well, the way to put it. And, and that's, that's, the, what, that's what I'm looking for. Exactly. And that's the thing that would kind of take me by surprise because I'm sitting there and I'm like, so what is it? Whoa, whoa, Sega? Yeah. And it's Sonic? Sega? Really? You yep. know? And, and it's like, yes, really. And they did that. So it was very impressive. It was very educational. And like I say, Brent, at the time that we post this show, uh, I'll make sure that I post all the pictures and, uh, you know, just kind of publicize that and it, it's it's just something you got to go see you know everybody owes it to themselves to go check all these out because it's it is it's just a it's just a education uh waiting to happen so i'm trying to find this sega game that that i had kind of in my purview for a while it was an em it was a uh, it was a racing game okay and to look at it you would it, from across the room just the way the cabinet was built and yeah the, the laminate and how it was nice and shiny versus like a uh, an oil paint stencil and like on your U.S. type games, yeah. you would have thought it was a solid state game of some type. Yeah, um, it was a, it was a racing game. So yeah, well, one of the racing it games, really stood out. One of the car games that he had was you know you're you're essentially playing uh, where you're trying you're the mob you know and so you're trying to gun people down you know in in a car and then was car. it like EM Death Race? Yeah, or something? it was. It was like EM Death Race, but uh, but you're always traveling in a straight line mm-hmm. up the road. You know, but it was so cool because, you know, you're swinging the wheel and you've got the the delayed kind of swing motion of the car as it goes back and forth. And, you know, nothing was exact. It was all just, you know, you could tell that it was all just linkage driven. And if the linkage, you know, how the game would play was based directly on how tight the linkage was and stuff like that. It was it was just really neat. That's part of the challenge of those games, man. That's what gives them a little bit of. Yeah, it gives them some character. uh, character. Yeah, it does. So anyway, so I'll, I'll post all those pictures. Pictures, but real quick, Brent, before we get into the uh, the LAX segment here with Steve Ritchie, uh, I did get uh, a couple. I'll take this exactly the opposite direction. We, have, I, have we talked much about uh, arcade and pen? <laughs> yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Um, what a what a show to come back to. You know what I'm saying? After you, you know, just, after a little arcade I, expo, I'm, I'm just saying just all over the place. I'm not saying, but I'm saying you might want to go look at the top of our Facebook page right now. Okay, all right. I, I will go. <laughs> you mean like right now? Yeah, you might want to go right now. So I, I'll go ahead and. and, and mentioned what you were going to talk about it looks like you're doing some atari console stuff yes and this must yes. be something worth mentioning if you're bringing up it on on the show i am because you know, not that we're opposed to it you know no, we no, did no. the david crane interview and all that fun stuff but yeah, yeah we we try to basically kind of stay on top. We do, but, but you know, here's the thing. I talked what, about my dog's surgery. It's all good, man. It's all good. What I have noticed, all right, is that there is a closet console guy in all of us, all right? It just depends upon what genre that that console, uh, I, I guess, affection, you know, lends itself to. But, dude, I, I and I was very proud of myself. I picked up a couple of Atari 2600, the, the Sunnyvale Heavy Sixers. Uh-huh. I picked them up on what eBay. What are you giggling for? Are you looking at the top of the Facebook? Page? No, not yet, not yet. I was I was concentrating on talking and looking at looking at the notes, but I, I will go ahead and and look at this now that you bring it up. But dude, on eBay, I got a heck of a deal on uh, on two consoles at once, and man, I was just uh, I was just so happy because uh, oh, <laughs> the black hole. <laughs> That's hilarious, man. Uh, thank you. I'm glad you linked to that because I am going to go back and read that. But uh, but dude, I I, I did. I picked up two really nice Atari Heavy Sixers and um, and a host of games and some uh, CX-10 and CX-40 uh, joysticks and everything like that. But the reason I mention this is because 
Man, I have just recently, I guess, kind of delved back into the to the Atari console mm-hmm. world, and I did not know that Best Electronics existed. You six had no months idea ago. about Best Electronics. I had no elect. I had no idea about Best Electronics. Well, yeah, it's good that you bring this up because I knew about. I've known about Best Electronics for a decade. So, and so if you didn't know about it, then there's other people that yeah. don't as well. Oh, yeah, and absolutely. So, so I want to do a public service to the listenership and say, if you do, if you're doing anything with Atari, and and I mean twenty six hundred. 5200, you know, the 400, the 800, the XLs, whatever it may be, you owe it to yourself to check out Best Electronics because um, you need to make sure that you're getting down, getting getting your list of parts down, okay, and you are getting an order in with these guys before they run out. And I don't think they're going to run out anytime soon, okay? I'm not. I'm, I'm not actually. Kind of, I've heard of them again just yeah, recently. Yeah. And I was kind of shocked, honestly, that they were still out there. Oh, they are. And if you go over on Atari Age, you'll see that they're talked about constantly. Yeah. But Brent, here's the one thing I will say is that as I have been going back and doing my research on Best Electronics, they are starting to run out of some parts. Okay. Well, like I said, I've known about them. I say a decade. I I, I heavily uh, collected console stuff, Atari console stuff. Gosh. Yeah. In the '90s. Yeah. See, I didn't. See, when I and, and, when I got rid of my 2600, I didn't touch it again until like the past seven to eight nine months. You know, I just didn't play. Just didn't play. Oh yeah, yeah. So I knew, I knew about them. Now that I think about it, longer ago. Yeah, it was in the nineties. Uh, yeah. So 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 you know, for good or bad, and the internet can have a laugh at my expense. That's fine. But I didn't. I just did not know about Best Electronics until very until very recently, and so. Anyway, so I've just, I've been working on on essentially doing what I consider to be I, I guess uh, a pretty massive order for those guys just to just to tune up a couple of twenty six hundreds later on down the road. Brent, I'm not going to get into those projects until I get a couple of other yeah. projects done. But I'm essentially wanting to place an order just to stockpile some inventory for myself for when I do get ready to work on them. Then I've got the stuff at hand. And, and so that know? everybody knows, you know, Best Electronics, and I'm, I'm going to go dig up their page just myself but uh, we'll, we'll link to it in the, the, la- show notes. the last time I, I looked at their page this was so long ago that it was like 1998 called and they want their internet back and yeah it was just oh, early I, I don't from what i read on atari age their site is not changed at all okay it's still yeah, like that it's still like that kind of almost bob roberts oh, it's, it's very straight to the point very bob you know? roberts-esque okay. you know you you or you can order a catalog or you can order the parts off the page and you call them or you can email them in an order but your best always best served to call yep. them it seems like so. so they had a bunch of new old stock parts and then for a while they were even doing starting to do re- yep it looks the same yeah they were starting to do reproduction parts like um like jo- joystick rebuild kits yeah and stuff like, like that. the little the yeah. little flexible cap buttons for inside the joysticks yeah. and all that kind of stuff so yeah so and so there's that and then uh man i tell you what i i've been working on trying to find a nice file cabinet for my game storage and i've been talking to one of a friend of the show one of the listeners jeff waldron and jeff has kind of schooled me a bit on what he does for game storage, you know, uh, cartridge, uh, cartridge storage and box storage and things like that. And so I've been, uh, I've been taking some measurements of my 2,600 of uh, the 2,600 items that I've got. And, and Brent, I've been looking for a nice file cabinet and I'm not just talking about any old file cabinet. I'm talking about a nice, nice file cabinet. And I think I've, I think I've found one. I'm working with a guy trying to, uh, trying to get the money sorted out on it and everything. But, um, you know, like a real nice kind of Anderson Patterson uh, file I, cabinet. I, I know you and I are pretty pretty particular, but 
Yeah. I, I don't think I've crossed over in a file cabinet snob. Well, I, I, I hate to admit, I hate to say it, but I think I am. So, <laughs> so anyway, so if that works out, then I'll have a, a, a truly a very nice storage solution for my games. And, um, you know, I, I'm still going to need some shelving and, you know, that's, that's still, uh, in progress as well. But, uh, but anyway, it, it ought to work itself out. I guess, you know, to kind of bring this back around full circle, um, I haven't had much time to work on my, on my bench rig, uh, monitor tester set. I want to hop up and okay. grab something yeah, real that's, quick. That's fine. And uh, I haven't had much time to work on that, but I've been fortunate, Brent. I've been able to get another couple of ISOs uh, for that. And once I, once I get this done, I'll, I'll detail it all, and everybody will kind of see why I'm gravitating towards the ISOs. And by that, I mean the isolation transformers that I'm that I'm using to build this setup with. And I'm doing it for a certain purpose because um, these, these ISO transformers are dual voltage, and they'll run... Uh, they'll run both uh, 100 volt for Sanyos as well as 110 for everything else. And uh, I just brought Whitney something to make you cry. Uh, oh yeah, that is awesome, dude. So yeah, you've got that is Brent just brought out um, the Sears uh, Telegame, and this is the uh, the Sears version of the Atari 2600, and this is also a heavy sixer. I can tell. Yeah, by, it's a by, it's a Sunnyvale heavy sixer. It's, it's Sunnyvale heavy sixer. I can tell by the I, I I know the shapes and everything well at this point, <laughs> the curves and all that. And uh, that's very nice, Brent. I in mean, the is, box. It, is it complete? Oh, yeah, it's everything's in there. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. awesome, awesome. Yeah. So um, I will open this, okay, at some point and take a look at that because I don't want to derail the show any that more was than a, I already that have. That was a yard sale find in the 90s. Oh, that is awesome. Yes. You've had it for that long. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, good, yep. for, good for you. But um, but nonetheless, you know, I've, I've been able to get hold of uh, another couple of ISOs. So, Brent, the ISO that you gave me worked out perfectly. Sweet. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I've been able to find another couple just because I want to build a couple more of these uh, bench rigs setups so that's that's been going but that's going to work out really well uh, because are you going to have them like in a fixed location like, um, like mine it's just on a board no, mine's going mine's going to be on a board as well so i can take it with me yeah. if i want to take it somewhere but the way that this is setting itself up brent is um it's one board that will power uh either a sanyo um monitor for a nintendo or everything anything else mm-hmm. but a sanyo uh, it'll also power a switcher power supply and a JAMA setup so that I could uh, essentially just hook um, you know, a control setup to the board. And I could alternatively power the monitor and the board, or I could just power the board, or I could just power the monitor with this setup. So I'm building a couple switch, you know, a couple switches into it and a couple of outlets and things like that. It's probably a little ambitious, honestly, for, for a first build. But if it all comes together the way that I think it's going to come together, it'll essentially be one board that I could take with me anywhere and I could essentially power a game without having a power supply in the game. Gotcha. Or I could yank the monitor and power the monitor and the board outside of the cabinet or whatever. So I will still need to do like a, a test harness or like a service harness where I could like coin it up and things like mm-hmm. that. But that, that'll be like phase two of that project. So anyway, that's working out pretty well and I've also been working, uh, doing a little bit of advanced work on the giveaways uh, that we'll have, some of the giveaways that we'll have for the Southern Fried Game Room Expo. And we should have um, quite a few little surprises I know I've been oh, stockpiling yeah. some yeah. odds and ends, and by odds and ends, I mean cool stuff. Yeah. So uh, uh, we the gifts and giveaways should uh, should abound. commence. Should commence. Yes. Yeah. At, at yeah. At, at, at I almost said a little arcade expo. Yeah. At Southern Fried Game Room Expo. Yeah, we're gonna exactly. Have, we're gonna have quite a few 
fun thing. Yeah, it's it's going to be fun. So yep. with that, Brent, that kind of uh, wraps up the past, I guess, maybe six weeks or so of time between... For not doing anything. Between studio and, and now. For I guess, not having studio done anything. We talked like two hours on nothing. It's crazy, man. It's crazy. That's like, I think, uh, golly, I think that, uh, you know, uh, Sean, Sean O'Shea would say that's like at least like 1.5 commutes or something. Yeah. So, you know, it, it works itself out. But hey, <laughs> I it, admit going into this, I thought this was going to be a short show. They, ne- <laughs> they never are. They never are. But with that, Brent, why don't we go ahead and uh, before we spend some of your money, okay, and talk and talk tech for this month, yep. why don't we go ahead and roll one of our first uh, Louisville Arcade Expo uh, seminar sessions and let's hear from the king himself, Mr. Steve Ritchie. All right, thanks for coming out to the sixth annual Louisville Arcade Expo. I'm Matt Flights, one of the organizers of the event. Thank you so much. Today we have one of our favorite people in the entire world, a great pinball designer, worked at Atari, worked at Williams, today he works at Stern, his latest game, Game of Thrones, he's going to talk about, share some stories with us, an awesome individual, Mr. Steve Ritchie. Thank you. All right, thank you. Thanks a lot. Right. I'm Steve Ritchie and I make pinball machines. That's what I do. <laughs> um, I like to come to pinball shows because um, y'all like family. That's about it. Um, I happen to think that pinball people are the best people in the world. That's just what I think. Well, dirt riders, too. You know, I can't help it. <laughs> anyway, um, I'm here to talk about Game of Thrones. This is our last game. Um, at Stern and the team that made it. And I've got a small slideshow, whatever. We'll have some questions and answers later. Um, I guess I, I guess I'll talk a little bit about what it takes to make a pinball machine. It's like it starts out with a theme, and, and I have to like it. I've had a few themes just issued to me, and they, you know, they would say, if you don't do this, you're not going to get the job. Okay. But... This one and all the themes I do now, we get to choose, and um, so our passion for Game of Thrones comes through. I'm a fan of Game of Thrones, otherwise I wouldn't make the game. Um, we had a great team. Um, the rules were made by uh, Dwight Sullivan, who's like, I worked with him a number of times. We did Terminator 2 together, um, Star Trek The Next Generation. Um, he worked on Star Trek, the latest one, and we teamed up for this one here. Outstanding rule maker. Um, great mechanical engineers. We'll talk about them in a minute. It's, it's a long haul. This game took a long time because we got bumped twice. We were looking for um, a certain innovation, um, and it didn't happen for us. So they thought by the time, um, you know, if they gave me another six months that I could do it, which was great in terms of programming because everybody got to work on the game a little longer and perfected a little better. The, um, the music is written by, uh, God, can't think of his name. Okay, now, Brian Schmidt. And uh, we worked together on Black Knight 2000. And in fact, that whole bass line in the, in the tunes in, in uh, Black Knight 2000, are his creation. Um, I gotta say that your own Corey Stuff over there is uh, was also helping out on the software on this thing, and he did a great job, and we thank you. 
Okay, this is a little bit insane, but I've been in the business for a long, long time, and I've, I have some interesting stories to tell. Okay, this, this one is particularly interesting. I think it was 1988, and we had just finished Black Knight 2000, and um, in those days, we sold a tremendous amount of games to Europe. In fact, Germany was our single largest customer outside of the United States. France was number three, and um, we went to France to go to a show there with um, a distributor, and he was, he was, we'll call him Pierre, okay? He had a boyfriend, and um, he's like, he, I mean, he was a great guy, and uh, he uh, he set up this show in a beautiful, I guess you'd call it a cafe on the Champs-Élysées, and it's like, you know, you look out the window and you see the Arc of Triumph, and it, it was pretty awesome. We arrived there, and uh, it's, it's my friend Marty Glazeman, vice president of sales. It's just us two from, from Williams, and um, so we walk in and sit down, and they're serving champagne, and all kinds of, you know, canapes, whatever. It was fun. They, they, they brought in so many of their operators. There was a ton of operators in France at the time. I would say 500 people, maybe. And um, so everybody was excited, and we had the games all covered up in, like, clusters of three and four. And uh, all of a sudden, the lights go out, and Pierre goes on the stage, and he spoke in French, and he, he said, uh, you know, he, he said, and now he'd like to introduce the Black Knight. So the room goes dark, the curtain opens on the stage, and out comes this guy on a giant black horse dressed in armor. He walks out, you know, rides out, should say. The horse rears up and freaks out, and he lets everything go on the stage, everything, okay? And it, it wasn't crisp. <laughs> We're talking about, like, a fire hose, no, a garden hose diameter and squirting and people in the audience who are getting wet and, and this air, the air blew through the back doors right into the front door and the whole crowd started screaming and they left the building. And uh, <clears throat> I mean, we were, we were totally disgusted, but uh, these guys came out like in coveralls and brought a shovel and, and disinfectant and all this stuff and clean, everybody was outside. And, and at first, everyone was horrified, but then everybody started cracking up. We couldn't help it. And uh, ah, the wind blew through, and it didn't smell bad anymore, so they all went back in. And they brought around more champagne. And uh, the, the rest of the thing went on pretty good, but it was kind of a, an iffy start for Black Knight 2000. Um, there are lots of stories. There's stories for every game. I can't tell them all. Um, what I'm going to do right now is I would like to run a slideshow. Here it is, right here. Um, I need to get a little closer to the screen, I think, just so I can see people, okay? I'm not a spring chicken. I've been doing this for a while, but my eyes aren't great. Wow. Okay, this is, a, uh, this is actually a shot of the first Whitewood prototype of um, the upper play field for Game of Thrones, and some joker put White Castle stickers on. I don't know what that means to you people. You have White Castle down here? Yeah, sliders. It's like, I don't know. He, he was rude. He should be punished. Oh, a close-up. Look at that. Okay. Oh, another angle. Weird thing. 
Okay, this is just an interesting picture I took of all the thrones lined up on a bench. Um, they, they get painted in a couple different shades, and uh, I don't know, it was interesting. And these are some factory shots, and by the way, our, our new factory is gigantic. I don't know if you guys have been there, but I think it's 130,000 square feet, 140,000. And uh, it's, uh, it's a long walk around. In fact, I got a Fitbit, and I do laps to try and get 10,000 steps a day because all I do is sit in front of my computer at this stage of the game and draw with AutoCAD. So I got to get up every hour and walk around, Dr. Said. This is a Game of Thrones Pro. This is a Game of Thrones Premium or LE. That's that play field. They both have the same play field. This is the sidearm where it's laser cut and there's some gold material behind it. Um, it's a very pretty package. Um, done by a guy named Bob Stevlick, a great artist. He did all the artist, all the art on the LE except the Playfield. Playfield is by Greg Ferris and Stephen Martin. This is a group of interesting characters. I'm not going to go over them all, but these are all ex-pinball people, and then some of us that are still active in the business and pinball enthusiasts. Um, a lot of game designers in that picture. Another shot of them. I like to hang with these guys. I only get to see them once a year at Pinball Expo. Um, that's my favorite part about Expo, is seeing all the people that we used to work, work with and, you know, try to catch up. Huh, this is my friend Lyman and I. Lyman's here today playing pinball. He's in the tournament. Lyman's probably the best pinball programmer on earth. Um, we did ACDC together. We've done Spider-Man together. He also worked on... Um, um, no Fear, a very long time ago, and then he went to work on, on a couple of Brian Eddy games, um, Attack from Mars and Medieval Madness. Um, love working with him. We're, uh, we have a great time. That's all I can say. Okay, this is a picture of the, uh, the woodworking house. Uh, it's, we call it Churchill Cabinet, but it's called Chicago Gaming. Um, that's that's actual title now, but it really is the old Churchill Cabinet Factory. And uh, these are stacks of wood, parts of, you know, pinball parts being ready to make. And this here, I just had to take, had to take this picture because you can't see it very well, but there's, there's like a ton of cobwebs filled with sawdust everywhere on the ceiling. It's weird. Another shot of pinball play fields stacked up, cabinet parts. These are from Spider-Man. These, these actually um, have become um, the Spider-Man Vault Edition. They have these huge machines. Let's see if I can get that machine to come back up. There it is. These machines route all the holes. And um, it's a complex operation. We have a lot of different tools we need to use. We have you know, little tiny 316-inch diameter tools to route slots. And this machine does them very accurately. That's the front door of Chicago gaming. Boring, isn't it? Um, this is us standing around the uh, Spider-Man vault. And I, I really didn't do anything on Spider-Man vault except the laser cut side armor. It, it, it takes me about 100 hours to make a laser cut side armor design. A good week or two. <laughs> anyway, that's Gary Stern on the left. Uh, Jody Dangford, our marketing uh, director and um, some other old guy, and George Gomez. <clears throat> I like the play field. This is kind of sideways, but maybe there's another picture that isn't. I like this picture. 
don't know, the new, new Spider-Man is very bright. I'm, I'm not trying to sell it, but I'll just put it this way. It, it looks great. It's a very bright game, exciting, and I, I really like the new toys. The dots are good. still has every bit of the old music, plus two more songs. Um, new speech based on Ultimate Spider-Man, and um, nice dots, great music. I don't know. And it's all LED, so it's beautiful. This is the back end of our new factory. No, it's not. I took this, I don't know why I took this picture. This is a scene from uh, <laughs> Memphis. Oh yeah, I'll throw that in here. Anybody a Gibson fan? No, none. Oh, one, two. Okay, there's a few. I have a Les Paul. I bought it in 1973. It's a black Les Paul Custom. I keep it around. I'm not, I'm not playing it much these days. I got a broken finger. This is uh, Jim Shirt. He's uh, he does the wiring of the game, a lot of basic layout. He's electronic um, uh, components and great guy. This is uh, Carson Gunby. He's our IT guy. Fixes computers. He's amazing. You know, if I ever have a problem with my computer, he's in there and it's just fixed quickly. You know who that is? That's my grumpy brother, Mark Ritchie. He's not really grumpy. He's pretty happy right now. I don't know why they went back. He doesn't look that happy, does he? <laughs> this is Larry DeMar, another spectacular game programmer. Adam's family, we did the original Black Knight together. Um, high speed, Larry, Larry was magic on high speed. Uh, we were, uh, I don't know, we were definitely on a roll. And uh, this is a new lady, and he's a very happy guy these days. This is John Crutch, who did most of the mechanicals for Pat Waller's game. Also a good friend, you know, longtime Williams employee. And uh, I don't, he might be doing some stuff for Jersey Jack now. I don't know. <clears throat> Another picture of Wyman. Wyman's a happy guy these days, too. Uh, this is some weirdo. I don't even know what it's about. The glove is to hide the broken finger in the splint, so it's just goofy. I don't know, we do things like this. Every once in a while, Jody comes in and goes, we need a picture, we need some video, you know. Go do a podcast, whatever. I do it. This is Mike Redoble. He's uh, responsible for the dragons, the dragon mechanisms on both um, the Ali Premium and the Pro models. Um, he, makes, he makes durable stuff that lasts a long time. I like that. That's George Gomez in his office. He's pretty happy these days, too, I think. This is Daniel Kleiss. He's a relatively new um, employee at Stern. I've known him for a long time. He's, you know, he's a great pinball enthusiast, but he's also just an incredible technical programmer, fixing bugs, writing very complex stuff. Um, he, he's great at it. Um, this is Chuck Ernst. He's uh, doing video for, geez, I don't know what. Um, anyway, this guy is very talented. Um, a great artist. That's it, an artist. And this one, too. This is Mark Galvez. He's done dots for, a long, for us for a long time. Um, most of the stuff on ACDC was created by him. And uh, uh, he, he's got his fingers in every game. 
This is Mike Kizabak. Uh, Kizabak is also a very talented programmer and he works extremely hard. It's like, he's the only other guy in there when I go to work on Saturdays. That's it. Mike Kizabak is also the voice of the Klingons in Star Trek, Stern Star Trek. Um, this is Gabby Alvarez. She sits outside my office and she's like, um, Bill of materials. If you want to know how much something costs, you want to get your estimate of what you, it's very important to us to try and track what our costs are and what they're going to be. I, I got to say this though about, about pinball in general. We're, we're in the pinball business, okay? I, I'm in the pinball business to make games that people love, right? I mean, I swear to God, I do the best I can, but we also have to make money or there is no pinball. And that's the bottom line. So it's important that we do everything we can do to make and sell good pinball machines. No sales of pinball, no pinball company. Um, this is Letty, and she's uh, she's works with uh, Gabby on uh, bill of materials. Very nice lady, very smart. This is Dave Cadell. He does uh, prototype building. In fact, he built this game right here. And that's Jared Gines, our, our web guy for Stern Pinball character. That's all i got to say. <clears throat> this is Stephen Martin, an artist. He works on, he, he works on virtually every project, does, you know, um, art. I mean, usually Greg Ferris um, is doing the actual artwork, but he does a lot too. He does. Uh, great guy. And this is Dwight Sullivan, also a, uh, a very talented programmer and rules maker. Uh, he's responsible he really is for much more of, of the Game of Thrones deep rules than I am. I can never get there. I, I'm not that good of a player, so I, I like comp the combination of working with somebody who wants to make deep rules and me. I'm kind of an average guy, and so I try to keep the, the front end of the game. What I mean by front end is when you first walk up to a game, you know, you, you're going to like it or you're going to hate it, and so I like to set it up so we can introduce people to things, you know. This game and Star Trek involved a lot of choices to be made by the player, and that's going to happen more often in the beginning. We have to teach people, you know, what we're doing. So we try to do it with, with the dots and, um, and soon video. It should be fun. Greg Ferris, this is a sideways picture. I don't know what to do about that. He's a character. His office looks like a Wisconsin dinner club. He's got oars and alligators and all this crap on the wall. It's like, I don't know. It's a strange man. <laughs> Another sideways picture. How does that happen? Oh, well. This is Tony. He's, he's um, a firmware programmer, I believe. It's, it's hard to describe. It's hard for him to explain to me what he's doing on the game. I just know that he's working with our video project. This is an interesting shot. Does anybody know who Keith Johnson is? Yeah, he's a great programmer and a friend. I'm not making fun of him, but we busted him playing ACDC. Okay, he works for Jersey Jack Pinball. Anyway, I just thought I'd take a picture of that. And I think that's the end of my slideshow. Let's face it, it was boring. Who wants to watch home movies and pictures? That's terrible. Um, Wow. I think I'm going to take questions and answers now. And you can ask anything you want. And um, Corey's going to come up and uh, sort of translate for me 
Um, I'm as deaf as a fence post, and so I need to read people's lips when they talk. I can't see you from here. You're all in the dark. He's coming to you with a microphone. Oh, I'm just curious, Steve. How did you bite your finger? <laughs> it's a bad story. I, we don't have flies in our house in the winter, okay? I don't know. Maybe you guys do, but my wife brings plants in from the outside, so we get all kinds of bugs. I'm trying to beat it out of her, but no, I don't beat her. Anyway, uh, there was a fly in my shower. I took a towel really hard and fast. I went bam and hit my finger right there and chipped a couple of pieces off the bone. And that's my story. <laughs> Any more questions? He's, he's coming to you with a mic. Uh, it's been about 25 years since the advent of the dot matrix display. Absolutely. I mean, the word's out. The word is out. It's basically why the Game of Thrones got bumped twice. Soon. We want to make it right, and we want to make it, I don't know, different. And so that's what it's going to be. Anybody else? Oh, Phoebe. I know you've seen a couple of odd games like Hyperball and things like that. But have you ever played a game that your brother made called Thunderball? What's your opinion on it? Uh, it's like the same as Airborne Avenger. Thunderball was my brother's first game, and it's like, you know, we we were punks. We didn't know what we were doing. I made Airborne Avenger. It's like, you know, we, actually we we called it Thunderball. I don't know why, but every 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 game we ever made has a nasty name like. Yeah, the other the other designers named high speed, high cost. Um, I we called fire, firewood. <laughs> yeah, that. Uh, oh, toilet zone. That was infamous. <laughs> anyway, we we just did that to each other. You know, it's like. <clears throat> and one day I went into my brother's room. One day I went into my brother's room, my, his office, and um. He was working on Indiana Jones, and I just did this. I went, da-da-da-da, da-da-da. <laughs> so he did the same thing to me for Star Trek The Next Generation. Anyway, neither game crashed and burned. Next question. What's the uh, favorite game you've designed? I don't know. You know, I've got a lot of favorites. I, you know, I like playing Game of Thrones. If I didn't, if I didn't like my own games, it's like, I shouldn't be making them, right? And uh, so I like, I do like them. I didn't like, I didn't like Airborne Avenger that much, and I didn't like uh, Stellar Wars. Was kind of like it was a weird game. I, at one point during the Stellar Wars uh, development, I, I came into work, and people knew that I was not happy with the first Whitewood, and so they taped pieces of tape over all the inserts that spelled Stellar Wars, and it, it was pigs in space. And, uh, it it was a bad play field. I picked it up unplugged it and threw it in the dumpster and started over. It was better next pass. Um, for other people's games, I really like Matahari from uh, Jim Petla. I like, uh, wow, Lyman and Brian Eddy. I, I love Attack from Mars. Um, from Dennis Nordman, Whitewater. From my brother, Jones. And I, I really liked, uh, what the hell is his name? Sorcerer. Yeah, good game, fun game. He made a bunch of them now. I like them. Um, 
I'm trying to think of other designers. Uh, from Greg Kamek, definitely Wizard. Uh, um, and, uh, and Captain Fantastic, I love that game too. Um, I don't know, I like Dave Christensen artwork also. I always wanted to do a game with him, but I never got the opportunity. Um, that's about it. I mean, I, I can't say that I have a favorite game. I Like right now, it's the most recent ones. It's like, closer. No. What's your favorite game from Python? From Python? Yeah. Comet. Comet. Yeah. Comet is my favorite game. Python was never, he didn't draw any games, but he did come up with a lot of ideas and he would work with designers. And uh, I did like Comet. I think it was, I don't know, in its day, it was a nice piece. Anyone else? So, Steve, now that you're in your 40s, ah! right? Yeah. Is your head still full of more ideas? I mean, do we have another 20 years of you? I figure I got 40 games left on the Emmy. If I live to be 106, I'm shooting for that. Uh, but I need to get back dirt riding. <laughs> um, I don't know. It's, I, I'm going to make as many as I can. I'm, I have no intention of retiring. I just don't. I, it's, a, it's a great job. It's... It's really fun. It's also really hard and rude. <laughs> That's about it. But I, I like the, uh, it's, it's also, it's just very fun and rewarding. That's it right there. Especially when people come up to me and they say, yeah, hey, I really like this game. That's important to me. Uh, how do sales and pinball machines concern compared to 20, 30 years ago from other companies? No, who is the, who's predominantly playing pinball games nowadays? Yeah, they're, they're not even close. I mean, Flash. Flash was my first game at Williams, and it ran almost 20,000 machines. And, you know, the high speed was 17,000 or something. And we thought, you know, Adam's family was almost 24. And it's like, uh, I, I just don't think that, there, well, the, okay, our problem is there are so many different forms of entertainment now. I mean, before, when you went to an arcade, you could play a video game or an arcade game or, you know. Uh, maybe a novelty game, but there just was no telephone, not, no cell phones. Uh, there were no, you know, there were some game systems, but um, one cool thing is you just can't simulate pinball. Pinball is, you know, I mean, you can, but it's not as much fun. It's a physical thing, tactile. Um, I don't know. It's, uh, it's, it's never going to be like that probably again. But we have new a new tier system, and it's cool, and a lot of new collectors. And people like, you know, they, they want a classy-looking game that they, you know, that's, that's, that's fun to play, looks great, and whatever. And then we have, you know, a pro model for those people that can't afford it but just still want a game, you know. I, I do the best I can with all models. That's what we do. Next question. Yeah, I have a question uh, regarding process of coming up with a design for a game. So if your bosses from Stern come to you and say, hey, we've got the, our next game is going to be Title X, you know, this is licensed property that we have. Yeah. Do you sit down and say, hey, I've got some ideas that I've been kicking in my head for pinball, how can I make it fit this license? Or do you come up from the opposite direction and say, okay, this license property has these features, now I need to invent a pinball machine to fit that. Yeah, there was another question over here that was similar to that, and I really didn't answer it, I'm sorry. Okay, so... Here's the deal. I know what license I'm going to do, like a whole game in advance. Okay. And what happens is, you know, I look for a great title, of course, a theme that I know I can make a great pinball machine around, like ACDC, any game that goes dun, 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 
it's going to sell. It's just going to, you know, there's a lot of elements, the bell, the train, they're all connected. I look for things like that to connect, you know, in every pinball machine. Uh, and usually by the time I finish drawing one game, I have enough ideas stacked up to start on the next one. And um, some of them really have nothing to do with the theme. They're just like mechanical devices I would like to apply to the game. And I find a way to do that along with a lot of help from great teams. And i got to say this, okay? Steve Ritchie games are not just Steve Ritchie games. They're always a group of great people that I work with. It's incredible. The best songwriters, the best programmers, um, the best mechanical engineers that I, that I can possibly, you know, get on my team. And um, I do some steering, but Dwight scared the hell out of me on Game of Thrones. It's like, where is this going? It was kind of dangerous, you know, but it's, but it's cool. It's a, it worked out great. It worked out that there's so many strategies. Anyway, that, that interaction is really important for a team to build a pinball machine. I'm, I'm kind of glad, though, secretly, I'm glad that they stick it, you know, stick it on my name. That's okay. <laughs> so, how has your core customer changed over the years? Like, the person who's actually buying the machine. Is it collectors now? Is it uh, still bar owners and stuff like that? And then, how does that change? That, that knowing who your customer is change how you go about designing the machine. Okay. Um, pinball started out as a, a revenue, you know, earning piece of equipment. I mean, that's, we still sell a lot of machines to people who operate games everywhere in the world almost. And it's, uh, we still have, you know, a giant base. It's, I think it's a little more than half of our customers. We also have, you know, we have a level of enthusiasts who, who wants a game in their game room. And then we have collectors who want, you know, they want the best and they want, they want it to look great and have some bling and the rest of it. So um, that's, it, the base has changed, it has, but all the old components are there. There were people that bought pinball machines for their home in the 70s, 80s, and 90s too. They had a habit. It's just that that has grown and, you know, we've made a cleaner machine. Before it was just, sort of industrial quality, but now now they get polished a lot more, no doubt, because people want that. Did that answer your question? Great. Hey, Steve. Sure. You're a big Game of Thrones fan, so what's your favorite family? Rob Stark, you know, it's like, now, it's, it's John. John Stark, I guess. You know, the Starks in general were mostly good people. Ari has gotten into a place where she's had a fight for her life, but she's a murderer. <laughs> Murderess. Okay, I mean, there aren't very many really great people in the show. You can kind of count them on one hand. The rest are kind of bad or getting bad. Uh, some are getting better. Tyrion's getting better. Now, he's like, uh, he's. I think he's going for the right side here. I think Daenerys is like, Daenerys is... She's the most positive thing about the show, but she is also a murderess. <laughs> That's my my thoughts. <clears throat> Any other questions? Yeah, I'm, I'm curious about your design process. Wait, where are you? You talk, I'm over here. Okay, all right. You talked a couple times about draw, drawing a game. What do you draw? Are you using paper and pencil or CAD or SketchUp? Or what do you, or how do you start drawing out a playfield? Only CAD. I use AutoCAD. <clears throat> I start with the basic playfield. I don't know if you know this, it's, some people would think it's cheating, but I don't think so. I use the same flipper position and flipper return frames for every game I do. 
because I want people to walk up to my games and go, I know this, I know how to pass here, I know how to slap save, I know how to, I know how to work these. And so I'll change anything else on mouse, but I don't like changing that. Um, yeah, it's all done in CAD. And I, I don't always have all the ideas, so some days I just sit there and try to think of what I want to draw next or draw something and erase half of it. And I, it, that's how it goes until I've got a game. Right now I've got about two-thirds of a game on my on my screen and the rest is going to go quick because I know what I'm going to do. I don't always know what I'm going to do when I start drawing. Yeah. Uh, speaking of playing field artwork, um, you know, when, in the pinball machines in the 90s had, uh, the play field artwork was mostly hand-drawn and, and really unique. Um, and then the, the stern play fields are mostly screen printed except uh, you you mean you mean uh, you mean electronic electronically drawn art? Yeah. You mean Photoshop? That's what you mean. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It, it looks more Photoshop. And yeah. then Metallica came out, and one of the things that, that really drew me to that game was it, it, it kind of went back to the '90s with the the hand drawn playfield artwork. Yeah. Is there? Do you think that there's going to be more games? There's like going to be a lot more of it. We we know that it's you know it's what people want. Yeah. It's, it, to me, it just looks a yeah. lot nicer. Well, it's, it's, it's a complicated subject, and some of it is proprietary. I'm not going to go into it, but I'm with you, man. That's it. <clears throat> hey, going way back, were you a game room kid? Absolutely. My, I grew up, okay, I was born in San Francisco, and I remember my father taking me to this place called uh, um, Playland at the Beach. It's not there anymore. And there was an arcade there. He liked to play pinball machines himself. In fact, I got another story about him. He was a cheater. Okay. Uh, <laughs> his whole family was like, his brothers and everything were like small-time criminals at the time. Let's, let's just call them vandals. Anyway, okay, yeah. I, I played games there with him. And the weird thing is they had a shelf out from the wall, and there were no legs on the game, and they didn't move one bit. They were bolted to this wooden shelf. Okay, just stuck there. So you couldn't biff, you couldn't do anything to the game. I do remember that. And then later on in my life, you know, they joined a bowling league. So I was at, an, you know, at the Seaball Bowling Alley. They'd give me a dollar. I think games were like, I think they were 10 cents each or three for a quarter, you know, this particular place. So I played a lot of pinball and I, you know, I never got great, but I was always happy if I could, you know, win a replay or two or something. And I don't know. I always liked it and I thought, in those days, I remember these beautiful machines, and it's like, you know, every once in a while, I'd be there when somebody come out to service it, they'd pick it up, and they had all these chrome parts on the bottom. I couldn't believe it. I, I had been playing Gottlieb machines, because they were on the street more than anything else. They, they were very well made. I just wanted to say that. Out of class me, and that's the first time I got to see inside a pinball machine. Does this answer your question? Okay. I think it's great, when, uh, you know. I don't have a problem with it at all, and I, I like a lot of them. I mean, it's like we can't really, you know, we have to work on a budget, no doubt, and we can't add as many. I mean, you guys only have to build one game, and you can, you know, you can max it out any way you want. I, I'm happy to see it. There's, there's some that are not done very tastefully, but most of them just look great. I like the mods. You know, they kind of amaze me. Um, it's fine. Yeah. Over the years, uh, have you found that the mechanisms on the playing field have gotten better or worse, or is Stern doing anything to 
trading is almost forbidden now. I don't know if you know that, but man, they have so many restrictions about where they can do it. And of course, chrome platers, a lot of them couldn't meet the specifications of these environmental groups. So there aren't very many chrome platers left. They got still have some nickel, and it's like, I'm not saying, I, what I liked about the Gottlieb chrome plated parts was it was pretty. Okay, it's not so beautiful on a Stern game or a Williams game or any other game, but they're always coated with something. They're either um, galvanized or plated. They're always something to protect the metal. I, I don't think, I don't think chrome plating does one bit as far as durability goes. And pretty much all the parts have been the same for a long time in flipper units, in ball poppers, in, in uh, slingshots, in, in jet bumpers, new devices. You know, that's definitely a challenge, but we, we use the same materials and we also use the same technology to make those in almost every case. This is a limitation of pinball. I mean, I would be so happy if I could come up with one more way to move the balls around the play field. It might be a four-stroke engine. Now, I mean, all we have, we got, we got magnets, we got solenoids, which are a kind of magnet, and we have motors, and that's it. That's how we move the ball anywhere we want to. So it's like, I wish we had some other force, some other means, but I can't think of one. Sure. Yeah, uh, you may have already alluded to this some, and I apologize so, but kind of new to the pinball world myself. One thing that fascinates me is appreciating the evolution from like the EM era to early solid state. You know, that solid state came out and then they started adding ramps. Your question is way too long. I can't answer it. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No, no. I'm kidding. I'm, I'm going to let Corey. Corey's going to tell me what you're saying. Uh, so as pinball has evolved, you went from EM and then into solid state. Then they started making play fields more sophisticated, you know, adding ramps and toys and things. DMPs alluded to, you know, Stern's trying to introduce video and get that integrated more. What do you think the next big innovation or something maybe even you're thinking of that would excite you? Like, wow, this hasn't been done before. This will collectively look back and classify a game into an era. What's the next big thing? The next big thing is anti-gravity. There's no question. I'm working on it right now, and I think I'll be done by the 35th day of Kunagonda. <clears throat> I don't really, you know, I can tell you that we're, we're doing video work and we will have an LCD display. Everybody knows it already. Um, when? I don't know. And if I did, I'm not going to talk about it. How would somebody break into the industry? How would, how would you become a pinball designer? I don't know. It's tough. It's mostly built on experience. It's like there's no handbook. Nobody ever wrote all the things that we do. It's just not. You know, it's, it's not documented. But... You know, if a person has, some people have the passion to go and build their own game. And um, it, some of them look pretty amateurish and, and some look pretty good. You know, it's, um, I can't imagine, I would never try to build a pinball machine by myself. I just have, I don't want to, you know, I want a team of people and go, you do that, please. Thank you. You know, not actually do it because it would take so long. That's, that's the first thing. Um, you know, it's a, it's, if you want to be a game designer, it helps if you have, uh, you know, some kind of mechanical aptitude, uh, some electrical and electronic knowledge. Um, you know, if you want to be a game designer, you have to know AutoCAD. You have to be able to, to draw on a CAD system. Um, uh, you have, it's good to know woodworking. It's, it's good to know sheet metal. I mean, it's like I'm still learning about many things. 
I work with different engineers. <clears throat> we talk about metals and everything else, and then uh, I've met a lot of people in my day, and so I get a nice education from everyone around me about that. It's good to know a little bit about software, but I, uh, I don't want to program. I have no desire to whatsoever, but I, I always know what I want to do, and I always want to know every capability of our system. That's very important for me to maximize, and that's what I try to do is maximize whatever I can do on a pinball machine, maximize it. I'm just curious, I know what Spooky Pinball uses it for their machines. Have you guys been going into using 3D printers or uh, rapid prototyping to help design games nowadays? Um, to some extent. We don't have a 3D printer, but we do have, you know, we work with stereo lithography because not everything, I don't know, I haven't seen anything durable enough to really take the beating of a ball for, for very long, okay, from a 3D printer. I, I do know people are 3D printing cars, but these machines are like insane and they take too long. <laughs> they take too long to make anything, you know, it's just, okay, here's part number one. Well, we got about 60 games today. Well, I'll see you in a couple months. I meant more like in the design stage, like you could I, I know, I know that's what you meant. I yeah. know that's what you I meant. I mean, like, print it out, put it in there, and right. like, it smashes for the reads. Like, right. It was just a chance for me to be kind of mean to you. Oh, fair enough. All right. I, mean, uh, so. I thoroughly enjoyed that. Okay, all right. I'm just kidding. Do you ever think uh, Stern will step away from license things to do, like, more control? No. We're talking about it, but everybody always gets scared. Everybody, I mean upper management, you know, I don't know, I don't know. We've had great success with titles, and it's like, you know, it's it, it brings a whole different group of people in, you know, you can pick one that has huge demographics like ACDC or Game of Thrones has a pretty good sized audience, you know. Um, I'm into it, I, you know, I'd like to make, an, uh, you know, I wouldn't mind making another Black Knight game. <clears throat> I am the Black Knight. <clears throat> Some weird speech there for you. Here's another one. Crash and burn. That's from, uh, I forget, I don't know. That's from No Fear. Um, I don't know. I do these speech calls. I like doing speech for games. It's fun. Um, I know I didn't answer your question, but it's, it's one of these crazy things that just happens at shows. Any other questions? Yeah, so um, I'm sure a lot of us know, you know, there was a point where Stern was the only No, I, I hate all competition. Competition is created to be stomped out. <laughs> no, I don't hate it. It's it's like uh, competition is good for everybody. It, it was great when there were four companies. You know, before. Actually, there was a time when there was many more companies. I'm talking about when I got into it, like, um, early 70s. It was like, you know, it was Gottlieb, Valley, Williams, and uh, Chicago Coin, or Stern, whatever. Um, and uh, the competition was very good. It was also fun. You go to Chicago, and it, if you work at the Williams Building or a restaurant, you can go to because... Stern was right down the block from us, and Valley was like down about a mile, and we would all meet at this restaurant called the Red Robin, and we couldn't talk about anything proprietary, but we all knew each other, and it was fun. And I got to meet interesting people like Harry Williams and Norm Clark and my ex-boss uh, Steve Kordak and 
um, so many other people, Dave, um, uh, just a whole bunch of people that you know did a great, great body of work for pinball. Anyway, it's sort of off the track, but thought I'd throw it in. Any other questions? Here he is. Okay. I just want. Oh. Can you hear me now? Yeah, I can hear you. Maybe a little more space between the mic and. All right. How's that? It's better. Okay. Who, when you have things like, for instance, the ACDC, who decided the set list? Or, I mean, do you get choices as far as the presentation things? Because there are a lot of people who are complaining, like, you know, why do you put the war machine instead of uh, shoot the thrill or, you know, stuff like that? Is I guess there's probably also licensing and. Did the band say you're going to do these songs? Or? Is your question over? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, here's the deal. Whenever we make a deal with, um, you know, a licensor, they have requests too. And um, ACDC had their, their latest album out, and they wanted a couple songs from that album in the game. So that had something to do with it. The rest were chosen by myself and Lyman. You know, we... It's real simple. You just go to Billboard or, or um, you know, Wikipedia and, and find out which of their songs sold the best. You know, those are the ones you play, dude. And it's, it's not like, you know, Shoot the Thrill wasn't a popular song. It is. Also, you know, people say, why didn't you do Big Balls? It's not really a song. I don't know what it is. It's not it's sort of like a, it's like a poem, you know, whatever. I didn't have a place for that because Pinball is a rocking thing, you know. I mean, pinball machines that go fast, and you got to think fast and act fast. And so, you know, I like the music to be fast, not slow. I mean, I really like She's Got the Jack, okay? That's one of my favorite ACDC songs. But it's too slow, but it's, it's awesome. It's blues, it's cool. But it isn't in the game, even though I like it. I make intelligent choices based on demographics and what will sell, folks. <clears throat> That's it. And it's got to be fun, too, believe me. It's not fun. We know it, and we redo it until it is. That's what we do. Any other questions? One more. You ever have people that bring you prototypes, like amateurs that bring you prototypes in to, to check them out and get uh, feedback or try to sell them to you or anything like that? They have in the past, but if we know somebody's bringing in a game, we stop them at the door. Same with ideas in the mail. If I open up a package and it's got somebody's drawing, I just close it back up, bring it to a secretary, and, and say, send it back, because there's always somebody waiting on the sides to go, oh, I came up with that, and you sold it for me. I'm going to sue you. you know, so we don't do that normally. But that, you know what? I read Pinside. I stay in touch with things. I try, to, I try to adapt to what people want. I do try to do that when I can. So you don't always, you know, there are so many millions of decisions and uh, jobs to do on one pinball project. It's taken me more than a year. It's usually around a year, and it's, you know, eight, nine, ten people involved. And it's like you cannot get to everything you want to do. You can't. Also, you, don't, you can't really see the whole picture, you know, until the very end. It's, it's weird, but that's how it is. Any other questions? All right. I want to say thank you very much to Max Flights. Louisiana Arcade Expo. People have been great to me. I thank you very much for listening to my dribble, and it's been fun. Thank you. All right, so yeah, Steve did great. Uh, as a speaker at the Louisville show, our friends at Louisville Slugger always make bats.
So here's the genuine Steve Ritchie Louisville Slugger bat with our Arcade Expo logo on it. Thank you. And whoever asked the worst question, he's going to come out and beat you. So thanks, Steve. Thank you very much. This is Mookie Crowder. Awesome. Thank you. It's going to hang in my man cave. Great. Thank you. Brent, it's always uh, interesting to hear Steve Ritchie talk about pinball. Uh, I will say that. he's. Uh, <laughs> Look, I don't care what you say. It's not going to make me feel any better about what's coming next. Well, you know something? Uh, the only thing I can say is... I don't is, care what Steve says. Yeah. It's not going to make me feel better about sh- what's coming next. You sure next. about that? I mean, dude, we're going to spend some We're going to spend some massive money. And the reason we're going to spend so much money is because, like I say, we haven't uh, we haven't recorded a studio episode in uh, you know a couple of months. So, dude, we got a backlog, man. I, I mean... Get the card ready. That's all I know to say. Well, before we spend my money, yeah, uh, let's talk a little tech stuff. And this is some things I wanted to throw out there, just some stuff that I've kind of relearned okay. in, in some of the work I've been doing recently, helping out the rec bar guys. Yeah. And I had to, I actually did spend my own money on some of this stuff. So okay. some things to help folks out there. Well, so. it's probably good to revisit a few basics. So yeah, no, fire away, dude. Let's, so, let's hear what you got. So on the tech side... I just in the show notes I put a word on cold solder joints. Yeah. Oh hi, I I hate thee, and I I talked about it earlier. I, we went through I went through quite a few monitors for the guys, and I mean I've cut. If you don't know what a cold solder joint is, let me even back up there. So a, a cold solder joint. If you look at the the bottom of of your PCB, whether it's a monitor chassis or a game board, the the solder for all of your legs should be nice and smooth yeah and ideally with a little bit of shine to it It, you know age will tarnish it a little bit but if you have a a connection that is high heat you'll tend to kind of almost cook that solder joint a little bit and it'll look kind of dull and if it gets really hot and you'll find this a lot in pinball yeah if it gets really hot it'll almost look kind of wrinkled and literally cracked so uh once you start getting that 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 kind of dull look and that cracked look that's one of the traits of what everyone just generally calls a cold solder joint the other kind of textbook definition of a cold solder joint is if you look at the the solder joint and you can just see the hint of a really light little ring around the leg of whatever the component is coming through the, the the hole that is a crack. It's time to touch it up. Yeah. So yeah. we generally say that goes cold. And what happens there is is it can you can get an intermittent connection. So yeah. if you've got the the second half of that description where it's just like this little dark ring, it could it could make connect connection ninety percent of the time. Yeah. I've had them that have had that ring and I, I've not had an actual problem out of them. Okay. The other side, I mean, you still of, touch them up anyway. Yeah, oh yeah, you? oh absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The other side of it is, is if they get really hot and cooked, and they start to get, they lose that sheen, they get that dull look, they have that kind of puckered, cracked look. Uh, then, then you're, you know, ninety percent of the time they are a problem versus ninety yeah. percent of the time they aren't. So yeah. those are much more apparent. Okay. So I, I ran into more cold. And I guess it was the volume of work that I was doing. This was typically monitors. Um, 
I, I had a Geo 7 that just absolutely was just driving me crazy. And this is kind of one of the little tricks that, that I've, that I've kind of run across. And Whitney, I brought out this, it looks like a little, little wand type of a deal. Yeah. But what it is, is this is an adjustment tool. It's a, from GC. And I think this is a 92, 94. It's kind of worn. And it's, it's a, how long you think that is, Whitney? About, about 16 inches? Mm, you know, me and fishing stories yeah. don't get a, don't get along. It's, it's just I, over a foot. Yeah. It, Whitney is now holding it as if he's conducting a symphony orchestra. Exactly. <laughs> wa- waving it around. No, dude, it's got to be longer than, it's got to be longer than a foot. Yeah, it's just a little longer than a foot. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't think it's two feet. It's probably no. maybe 18 yeah. inches, somewhere in there. So a Bob, foot and a half. Bob used to sell these and, and this is GC. They made a lot of tools and uh, a lot of your nicer plastic alignment sets like for you know your tv radio alignment sets that you know anybody that that squirrels around with monitors they should have at least a basic one gc made kind of your nice some of your nicer quality tools nicer materials more rigid you know Mm -hmm. and this is one one of them i don't think you can get these anymore you might better find them on ebay but um i what i do with this a lot other than adjusting with it what's real handy about it being so long is if you have to get uh like toward the back of a chassis or if you've got something that's darn close gives you some reach man yeah you got something that's darn close to right under the neck you can kind of come at it from an angle yeah it's just it's just real handy what i use it for is if i've got a chassis that's got an intermittent connection it's got a cold solder joint yeah um which I wonder where that name come from anyway. How's it a cold joint? I've, I've never understood yeah, that. It's, it's a bro- just, it's, it's just cracked. One, it's, cracked. it's just one of those terms that yeah. you, you accept because everybody says it, but you don't really understand why it is why it the term is what it is. Right. Yeah. So usually, all right. Well, how do you find that you've got one of these? And, and if I've got something that's just it's intermittent, it'll work cold and. But it, once it warms up, it fails. You know that a lot of times that's maybe the expansion. That's, it's the expansion, and, right. and, and when it's when it's cold and it's shrunken down, then that's where that's where it loses. You know, it loses the ability to transfer electricity reliably. I guess I, I know that's kind of how I think about it. I know this is going to sound silly, but if I've got a game that's intermittent, mm-hmm. like if someone bumps the game and it goes off, someone bumps the game and it goes on, I pick up a, a board. Like if I'm I've got something on my bench and I move it, yeah, and it goes off. I'll get this thing out, and I. Can you hear me? Tap, there there that, you go. That's good podcasting right yeah, there. Being yeah. on a mic, <laughs> I'll start kind of probing around the board, and I look for the usual suspects. Something that's kind of tall off the board has a small footprint. Something that can easily be bumped. Okay. And I'll start. I'll kind of just start poking around the board. Yeah. You know, with it on. With this. This is a. This is plastic. You know, so it's non-conductive. And I'll just work my way around, and I'll try to find what is intermittent. I see. And I'll also hit, like, if I've got a connector on it, yeah. I'll grab the connector, and I'll give it a good wiggle. I'll do the same thing on a pinball. I've done, I've had this out before on okay. um, on video games, where I've had, had the thing where I could bring it back to life by unplugging, plugging it, uh, the connector into it a couple time, times, the edge connector. Yeah. I'll go through, and I'll start tapping the individual wires working my way down the connector until I find one that freaks the game out. Okay, gotcha. Just kind of help me zero in, you know? Yeah, okay. Something like a connector like that, nine times out of ten, you're going to replace it all. But uh, a lot of times, you've just got one, honestly, that's been built, bent at a goofy angle. The the whole the connector as a whole is awesome. Yeah. But you've got a break right at the crimp. 
you know if i can get in with this little this little tool and and find it then i can okay i, I need to recrimp that that one this you know i've got a bad ground i've got a bad power wire i've got gotcha. something i mean right? i mean do you find that do you find that that tool is sturdy enough to cause movement to the point to where you can find things that are that are bad yeah generally i've got kind of an idea like if i bump something it <laughs> i do this all the time uh something generally leads me to it yeah i don't just start randomly shaking and beating things yeah but if i know i've got something that's intermittent yes i find that this tool if there if once i've kind of worked my way around i find that i can use this on like i said the the something that looks like a suspect something that's kind of a small footprint okay and i and it's kind of tall off the board something that's liable to have been damaged somebody in there monkeying around and then i'll take it i'll individually start pushing on things and moving (laughs) things around yeah i have found so many components with a cold solder joint that my eye just didn't catch yeah looking over the solder side of the board just with a physical examination okay so, all right and again this is plastic yeah and it's uh uh you know, the idea being that i'm poking around in something live and if i'm doing it in a monitor <laughs> I, I i'm not going to be in there with like a you know a dental pick or something moving around exactly yeah I, it is just a little troubleshooting tool that that has helped me quite a bit and one one thing that it didn't help me with is I had a GO7 I was working on and it was there's a little transformer on the back of the chassis and um I had it where it would work and then I did something with it I th- I, I, I think I fired the monitor up and I turned it off and I hooked up the test pattern generator okay and that was enough of a flex in the chassis now it didn't work oh I see so I, it took me a little while to zero in on this little short transformer and it was once I got it and once I I like had my nose into the PCB I could see the crack yeah and um Honestly, a little bit of that was just me not wanting to admit my age and my failing eyes, and I didn't get out of magnifying glass. But yeah. just like I said, just a little tip I've, I've gotten in, and just I have found so much with just getting in and doing, like I said, a physical examination and a little physical manipulate. It's like chiropractic for, for PCBs. Um, monitors are generally the worst. You know, real quick, a couple, a couple things to really kind of look out for. Anywhere you've got a vertical well i say a vertical some of them, some boards have 90 degree connectors anywhere you've yeah. got a connector where you've got a hanging wiring harness okay monitors you're going to have that at where the yoke connects you're going to have it where the video signal comes in had one chassis that that had just an absolute boatload of problems the chassis had been on fire i had some uh, a bunch of wires that had gone up to the neck board that I actually had to splice where they had wi- melted together and in insulation. <laughs> it was bare copper. Oh, man. It was, it was a mess. And yeah. one of the final problems I had with it was uh, no red. And it was, it was just as simple as all the, the headers that, but the headers for this video, the signal, the input headers, half of them were cold. They were cracked. Okay. And it was, it, it Usually when I do a chassis, all those headers, I'll go and I'll reflow them just because. Yeah, and, and it's it's a good thing to do. You'll see this a lot like on, on, on pinball. If I've got a, a chassis out, or not chassis, if I've got a any board out, I'll go all the way around the edge of the board where your connectors tend to tend to uh, be at, and I'll, I'll just give them all a good inspection yeah. because you've got high voltage in a lot of cases, high current. And you've got the wire harness dangling, pulling on those, and you've got a machine that's constantly bouncing yeah, around. Yeah. 
on your like your Williams games where they'll have the little PCBs under them for the 55s that go under on the under the inserts. There's harnesses that hang off those. <laughs> when I take those down and clean them, I'll resolder all the headers yeah. because that's just something else that might cause me a little grief down the road. Well, so, and, and you're probably, I mean, you're refreshing a job that was done 30 years exactly. ago. Exactly. So it, it's not a bad thing to do. I mean, it's it's not like it costs you anything to do it other than your time. Nope. Um, it, it's a little preventative and it's something to watch out for on, uh, when you're actually in there doing a repair. You know, yeah. cause I, I find a lot of stuff that is working, but obviously problematic in other portions especially monitor chassis and then while i've got it out it's a perfect time to touch them up yeah yes exactly so the other thing i wanted to hit on uh, another thing i had a lot of running with working with the rec bar guys was batteries yeah okay neo geo boards they've all got a battery on them all right and they've got like the little stacked disc batteries that are like in a like in like a heat shrink little sleeve uh-huh. yeah. with two little pins that hang off of them. Yeah. If you see anything on the end of those that is not nice shiny metal, you need to replace the battery. So usually those will start to break out and they'll, they'll look like they're growing like little little white. It almost looks like salt on the end of them. Whereas the is whatever the they've got in there is the uh, um um help me here Whitney uh, the alcohol the We've talked about battery chemistry before, so it's an alkaline battery. Yeah, the alkaline. Yeah. So whatever they're using is that alkaline in there, that whatever chemical they're using, that particular makeup of the battery, however it comes out, you'll start to see on the end of it, it'll start to get a little hazy, a little cloudy. It looks like someone stuck salt, like salts on the end of it before it really starts to bloom out and all out craziness. Okay. So Neo Geo boards, um, if you're a fan of some of the newer games, I ran into... Uh, like your Namco System 12, like a particular game that series of that uh, Soul Calibers on that particular series of board, they've got a little uh, coin cell, a single coin cell on those. And I, I noticed with that, we they had a board that wouldn't boot, and the battery was starting to get that haze to it, that little bit of the corrosion starting to bloom on it. It would come up to right the track screen and then just lock up. Those if you've got Namco System 12 JAMA boards and they're locking up check that battery because a dead battery the the board won't boot mm-hmm. a neo geo if you pull the battery you'll get a warning that it's gone to defaults so i think it boot but the game will come on up and it'll play these apparently these namco boards aren't like that also if you're you know we don't do a lot of jamma games whitney i know a lot of folks do uh yeah i, I don't i don't have um thinking back through my collection right now i don't think i have a single jam game you don't actually. i don't think there's no. a jam game down here now at all either but no i don't there, there's a ton of them out there your mortal combats the, the that series of boards that were basically the same hardware platform from uh, um was it midway who did mortal combat was it midway so you got Mortal Kombat, you got NBA yes. Jam, you got NBA Jam Tournament Edition. They've got little batteries on them as well, little coin cell batteries. And keep an eye on them. You know, it's the same thing that'll happen like in a pinball machine. You know, all the pinball guys know, if you look at any of my pinballs, there's a little card hanging in the door. And that's the date that the battery was last changed. Yeah. So I can come down here in a year and I can, okay, it's 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 like going around doing the smoke detectors, do all the batteries <laughs> in the pinball so I don't yeah. have any damage. Well, you've got the same thing goes on on these games. And from a classic perspective, Whitney, I know you and I were used to looking at pole positions because they've got onboard batteries. Yep. Uh, Tato games. Uh, does Zookeeper's got an onboard battery? It does, yeah. Uh, a lot of three three point six volts. So yeah, a lot of kicks boards are taken out by um, by the onboard battery. Yeah, going ahead and letting loose. 
So this is a new phenomenon. It's an old phenomenon. Yeah. We deal with it in the classic side as well as on the jam side, but everybody kind of forgets about yeah. them. Yeah, and you know, easy to do. Yeah, it's one thing to try to fix a tailboard where the the traces are about as wide as a highway. <laughs> it's another thing if you've got your your tournament edition, you know, your nice dedicated four player beautiful cabinet, and then one day it fails and there's no fixing it because it's eaten through these these hair thin hair traces. thin traces and you know because you're getting closer and closer to surface mount technology yep. Yep. with those games and so there's just so much more packed on a board and um yeah fixing them becomes a harder and harder proposition so i i even for the guys we ran into it in a in a row change machine they had a row change machine that, w- that we brought in to run the tokens that we talked about earlier we got it going and it was like man what's wrong with this change machine and why did why did somebody sell it? Is it just because it was an older machine? It was your you and you and I. I remember it, Whitney. You probably do. It's that classic, like it's about the width and a quarter of an arcade game. Yeah, it's a little it's, short, it's, little looks, deal. Looks like the big like like the big milk milk can. So yeah, to yeah exactly. exactly. Yeah, it, it, you and I have put many a dollar into one of these machines, and, and that's the that's the change machine I've always been looking for in my mind, but I just never have been able to find yet. Well, they are built like a like like a horse i yeah. mean they are stout i mean yeah. row i've always been told by operators that row was like the cadillac of anything that they did yeah and i got this thing fired up i got it programmed i it was taking the new tens it was any any bill i put in it and it still had the original head in it so mm-hmm. i don't know how this was working but any bill i had in my pocket it took it read it it vended it correctly yeah and i'm like why did this thing get pulled out of service it's working i said i bet there's a battery on the board because the row kind of gives you like this they, they sandwich the board in this little cover and i said i bet there's a battery in there and i bet it's dead so two days later we turned it on it was it it was blank it yeah. lost its programming yeah yep. so sure enough for, fortunately it hadn't leaked yeah. you know it was still good i was able to remove it and <laughs> i replaced it with a with a cordless phone battery exactly yes, yes. that's yeah. and that's another little trick if your voltages are the same and you've got an onboard battery there's a couple different voltages common in cordless phones um and it's the onboard battery is like a NICAD battery, like a rechargeable battery. Well, those cordless phone batteries are rechargeable. Yeah. I've done that many a time. Yep. Yep. I do. I've done it on my Taito board. Taito board and uh, <laughs> yeah, it works out well. It, it's just good to get, it's just good to get the battery off the board is what it yeah. is. And, yes. and that's what I do. I'll satellite mount it on, yeah. on a lead yep. and I'll, I'll put it somewhere else in the cabinet. And honestly, man, it, it, you're, those, those modern batteries, they're, they're much nicer the chemistry i'm sure is much better than they were in the you know in the original configuration if the ones that were in there lasted 20 25 years these will last it'll be it should. At, it'll be cockroaches and those batteries yeah. and twinkies <laughs> yes, at, exactly at the end of right. time so yeah, that's it i think you, i noticed you put a question in here yeah and my question was is um you know and, and you've pretty much answered this about you know keeping it original or modding for the newer styles of batteries so that that was really my question as to whether you know when you were going through and doing all this work did you do the remote mounts did you yeah. cut them over to like you know cr 2032s or, or anything like that the, the soul caliber is a good example yeah it didn't i can't recall what the number was but it wasn't the popular cr 2032 yeah I mean, you can walk into almost anywhere and get a cr 2032 mm-hmm. um 
a lot of the coin cells that I see on anything arcade, it's still that same three volts, like a CR2032. And if I'm replacing it, if I if something's leaked, if I have to take the holder off, uh, and in the case of that Soul Caliber, there wasn't even a holder. It was one of the little button cells that had the basically soldered from the factory right on it little leads. Yeah, yeah. So you know, it was. I'm sure it was cheaper in production. I'll go ahead and I'll convert it to a 2032. Yeah. Just because for the next person down the road, uh, I can't remember what's in the CSI here. It's not a 2032. It's a it's a more uncommon coin cell. If I ever have to take the the CPU out of it, I'm going to put a 2032 holder on it. Yeah. Because I I couldn't walk into a Walgreens and get it. I I can't. That's that's the problem. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It 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 wasn't any fun. So yeah, yeah, if it's a button cell, I'll convert it to a 2032. Yeah. Okay. All right. Cool. All right. Couple things I want to throw out here real quick as well. Uh, I burned through a ton of flybacks, Geo Seven K Seven Thousands. Have you ever ordered anything from Competitive Products? Never even heard of this company. Okay. So Competitive is another vendor. Okay. All right. And if you go out to their site, they've got they've got stuff for pool tables. They've got stuff for uh, foosball. They've got... They don't necessarily specialize in arcade stuff like some of the vendors we typically talk about, like a like a um, phoenix arcade well phoenix arcades art what's the company out of georgia help me here whitney uh um, arcade shop arcade shop like yeah. arcade shop like bob roberts those folks tend to focus on video arcades mm-hmm. okay and then of course you got your marcos and your guys that focus on pinball competitive tends to have a little of everything and since the last time i've ordered from i've noticed too that they've expanded their pinball selection they've got a lot of it looks like williams parts so I don't know if you're taking a look at their page right now. I, I am, yes. Yeah. So they've got a very limited selection right now of flybacks. And the kind of the cool thing to know here is if you're looking to buy a bunch, your average flyback is 25 to 27 bucks. Okay. Yeah, yep. Well, they are 1995 each. <laughs> and cheaper. Yeah. On a K7000 or Geo7. And they've got a handful of other other flybacks as well. And then if you buy three, they drop to seventeen ninety five. You know, so you're already right there. You know, on one flyback, you're five to seven bucks cheaper. Uh, I went ahead and I just ordered. Man. You know, uh, I think it was three of each and got it down to eighteen bucks a flyback. Man, it, I, if they're good, they're good. Yeah. I guess. I mean, it, I guess. I guess time will tell. It when I look at them, they come in the set. I hate to put it this way, but it is going to be what it is, you know, because yeah. I don't want to take anything away from Bob and all them, but it, it's it's from the same box. Yep. I'm sure they're from the same vendor. In the I, same place China. in China. That's yes. exactly right. Yeah. Yep. I'm sure I, I would lay money on it. Yeah. So to me, when I got them, other than having Bob sticker or twisted our twi- uh twisted quarters twisted or quarter or you know twisty wrist yeah. or whatever it, yeah instead of having their stick they've got the same sticker on this on the side of the flyback the same part number yeah to me if you would do the shell game and i couldn't tell you which one came from which yeah, they are yeah. the same yeah so. it's, it's kind of sad but it's just it's the state of it's the state of things you know unfortunately so yeah so if you're looking at flybacks uh one of the things too real quick on a on a k7000 i found several of these the focus block on like a Geo 7 is separate from the flyback. You've got that little little standy off to the side of the chassis where mm-hmm. the focus yeah. and the screen control is. Yep, yep. On your K7000, that's built into the face of the flyback. 
we had several games that were working just fine, but all of a sudden they, you know, they would just go crazy in terms of focus or they'd go crazy in terms of brightness. Okay. And getting to the back of the machine and adjusting it, I could bring it back. And then I noticed this is one of those things where if you just pay attention, you can solve a lot of problems. And <laughs> if I'd had my little, I'd have been out there smacking on the thing. Yeah. But I got a flashlight down and I noticed that the side of the focus blocks were cracked. And what that was doing was that was giving some slop to the pots that were focusing brightness. I see. And as the as it heated up, everything would move and expand yeah. and then all of a sudden it would go like t- totally dark. Yeah, okay. So, you know, I've replaced a couple perfectly good flybacks for the simple fact that the focus block was cracked on the side of them. <laughs> How about it? So, yeah, if it, one of them I couldn't – I had to get a flashlight and – I noticed it was a little twitchy Uh and I was kind of doing the back and forth to kind of clean it a little bit. And I thought, wait a minute, I just had this happen. Got a flashlight out. Sure enough, had a crack down the side of it and I started giving it a wiggle. I was like, you got to go. So, yeah. All right. And then Hmm. real quick, uh, I haven't spent any money here yet, but I just wait. I see it coming. It's coming. And I got to I got to give credit to this, uh, to Scott at retro gaming roundup if you don't listen to retro gaming roundup give it a listen it's it's a great great show (laughs) so scott scott was talking about this site called aliexpress yeah and i don't know if that is affiliated with or a play on is it alibaba alibaba yes which is uh, which is the chinese amazon the chinese amazon yes that's what i was gonna say the chinese amazon yep so uh, AliExpress, AliExpress, and, the, and largely the owner of uh, Yahoo, from what I understand. Oh, well, oh, that's right. Well, well, I think Yahoo owns uh, Alibaba is a, is a large holding, uh, large holding arm of I, Yahoo at this point. I believe what, I were, from what I understand. I so, believe you are right. Yeah, yes, yeah. you are. So I don't know if the, they're affiliated or if this is just a. I'm going to ride on the fame of the Ali bandwagon or what. They are direct sales from China. Okay, yes. so. Uh, for a lot of different stuff, a lot of electronic stuff too. Yes. Scott was talking about them from the from the aspect of multi game carts, like for Nintendos, for uh-huh. um, uh, like Sega, uh, not Dreamcasts, uh, Sega. What's the Sega cartridge one? Not the Masters, uh, probably even Master System, the Genesis. Genesis, that's something. Yeah, thank of. you, yep. the Genesis. Genesis. Yeah. So. He, he's like you're out there and you're looking around and you're like there's 12 of them that are the same thing but they're different vendors and you got you can look at the reviews because that one might be a little different or this might be this or but it's like four dollars so you're like ah we'll buy it <laughs> and what what i got looking at and i threw a link in here the guys back to the rec bar thing i mean they've been a lot of my last month or so they have uh, the tokens. They've got a Nintendo cocktail. They've got a really nice DK Junior cocktail. Okay. Well, it's got those, and I can't say it. You know, I'm terrible with names as it is. Oh yeah, and I can't pronounce this yeah. one. Go ahead. Asai Seiko. See, I'm not even anywhere near that. Yeah. So they've got those. I'm pointing. Asai Seiko. Roll down coin mix. In yes. Them. Well, you can't adapt them to tokens. I found one thing I'm good at. <laughs> <laughs> what are they called, Whitney? Asai Seiko. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Those. That. Yeah. That. Yes. They've got roll those Asai Seiko roll down coin. You, <laughs> you almost like I got a soundboard. I'm just yeah, pointing. I know. They've got those roll down coin mechs in them, and there's really no modifying them for tokens unless you're going to get out and start cutting on them. Yeah. So I went looking for some token mechs, and I've seen that form factor a million times. It's pretty common in 
Japanese equipment. It's pretty common in kind of your non your coin op equipment, but non like video game like like photo booths or man i'm checking this site out and they got all kinds got of this all stuff kinds of stuff uh, well sure enough i go out there and here is there's a, a boatload of them but <laughs> no literally a boatload that's floated over yes, from china <laughs> from china yeah. yeah so i'm looking at this coin mech it's a it's got that asai seiko uh front kind of fascia, fascia, fascia where, you know yes. the same pattern and like i said i've seen multiple of these and multiple different uh coin operated devices and it's kind of like a joystick where it's a it's a common dimension xy dimension well they've got these things we ordered a couple shipped it was like 19 dollars each it was the complete coin mech how, the fascia how long did it take to come they haven't in? gotten here yet this oh was okay yeah i think scott said it was like you know you're you're going to expect a good couple weeks yeah you I, know i believe it yeah so it was the front fascia it was the reject lever it was um it's the full drop-in mech and on top of it it's not just a a mechanical mech it's one of the comparator mechs where you hook it up to like five volt and then you've got a little trap door and you open the trap door and you put in your sample coin and if whatever falls through doesn't match those dimensions and specification it rejects it they were 19 dollars shipped there's a bunch of arcade stuff on here there's neo geo multi-carts there's um, there's JAMA stuff. There's joysticks. There's so, so I have I have been doing a little bit of um, I guess looking around. You know the AliExpress or Ally Express or mm-hmm. however you, however you want to say it. In my mind, I say it AliExpress. Yeah, that's what I say. Um, in looking for um, LED panels. Okay, and LED panels. Yes, and uh, this is for building. Uh, if you get on Pinside and do a search for what's called the Run DMD clock. Oh, okay. Yeah, yep. and what this does is this repurposes the um, the uh, essentially the dot matrix display that comes out of your late model Stern machines, and it can turn them into a clock with literally a thousand pinball related animations. They're the coolest thing in the world. Oh, I didn't <laughs> realize that they had. Oh, I might be up for building that then. Oh yeah, I thought it was it, just a clock. No, no, no. It's 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 a clock. It's a clock with with uh, it's a clock with attitude. How about that? Okay, okay. All the right. only problem is by the time you source the panels and the boards to run the clock and and everything everything that it takes to build the clock, you're into about eh, you're into about four hundred bucks to build a clock. Okay, mm-hmm. and that's the only thing you got to keep in mind. There, these what drives is, it? A Raspberry Pi or Arduino? No, or it's, Magic. It, no, it's it's called it's called a Run DMD board. Oh, is what it is. Oh, okay. That's that's the. That's name the, the board, name of the that, board. That drives okay. it and it, and it requires a fairly stout power supply and, and and a few other things but nonetheless um yeah the total cost on all this is is give or take you know 400 bucks so it's still something i want to do it's just not promoted to the top of my i got to do it like right now list but it's it's going to happen because i've got you know, I've got the the panels after I've done these, you know, color DMD swaps and everything like that. But anyway, to make a very long story short, mm-hmm. where I'm going with this is, is that you know I've been looking at AliExpress as well, but for different parts, and I am constantly amazed at the number of hours I could burn on this site doing what if scenarios on. Well, hey, I wonder if I get this. Yeah. Hey. What? Maybe that, we should that's get that. exactly how Scott hey, on RGR explained it. Uh, uh, it's like a rabbit. It's like a YouTube it's, rabbit it's, hole. It's, it's a YouTube rabbit hole, but but for parts that you actually would want. Yeah, that's the problem. 
Yeah. So look at real quick. Here's if you if anybody out here before I forget this, if anybody has ordered, let us know. Scott made the same call out on RGR. I I know that the those coin mechs were ordered. And, uh, you know, Scott had on one show talked about ordering and then I've caught a show where he's gotten some parts. Yeah. And when he talked about ordering, he was like, I don't know what's going to show up, but it's really cheap. Yeah. And if it's not working, if this cart doesn't work, okay, well, I'm out $8 or $12 on it, that cart. Yeah, exactly. He said thus far, he's had very good luck, um, with everything that has shown up has worked and has done what they said it was going to do. Okay. So right. now that may vary vendor to vendor, but. Um, I'm looking at one thing right here. Have you have you heard of the you know these like 601 JAMA boards? <laughs> yes. And they're like the Blue Elf, and yes. they're like all of these. It, and and it's it's so hard to these things are all over AliExpress. Well, see, and, and that's the thing that I've come to realize is that you know you you get on some of these forums that talk about you know Capcom or talk about Neo Geo and all this and all that and they use all these code names for yep. all these different boards or carts or this or that and it's like they're not code names that's it, what they're called it, out of China truly it, that's the product and it's like oh now I understand where they yep. get all this stuff yep. they buy it all at AliExpress you know so, and that's exactly where this stuff comes from I, I'm looking at one here and, and I know some of the early several hundred and ones were like many hard where they had were small computers and had hard drives and all this yeah this is I think this is solid state looking at it because it's just teeny tiny. It's called a Pandora's box. Yes, I've 645 heard of that. games in one. <laughs> now, if you're if you're out there and you're listening to us, I know we've got several listeners that they just don't have the space for a for two or three games. Yeah, this would be this would be a solution there. You know, if you could a viable out, option. Yeah, if you could eke out like uh, I know the hot thing now is building like tabletop version of games with these these aftermarket boards because you can get such small form factor electronics. Yeah. yeah, I just I just put in arcade in the search thing <laughs> and scrolling through, and and we'll see you on Tuesday, Brent. Uh, yeah, here is look at this. This is everything you need to build a multi game, but the cabinet. Yeah, I mean it is one of those roll down coin mechs. It is a 645-in-1 Pandora's box. It's two joysticks. And these are the, I don't know the modern joysticks. I don't know whether they're zippies or, but this looks like what I see a lot on some of the boards that discuss newer games. So I'm not sure. Someone that is more into modern games could probably describe it. There's a whole selection of buttons, and these are kind of like your European convex-type buttons. Um. A JAMA harness, a speaker, and a power <laughs> supply, and it's $148. Well, now there's shipping on that one. They're 60 bucks shipping. Yeah, but, there is, and you have to kind of dollar-cost average yours yeah. with them, so you're almost incented to spend a fair amount of money just to get the, you know, just get the value out of the shipping. Here's another example. I go over and I search for just the word JAMA, okay? How many results come back? 2,403. I can't, it's going to take me a few meals to wade through all that. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, wow, that's, it's almost, it's almost too much of a good thing. Here's 10. If you're building multi-games, uh, here's 10 60 and ones free shipping four oh nine ninety nine. So that's, that's 40 bucks, 40 bucks a board. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. 
So, and, and the fact of the matter is, is they have taken the time to photograph all of this mm-hmm. and to put it all together, description and everything. I mean, whether it's a one player, two player DIY Jamma kits for Mame or whatever, whatever it is you're after, they they have someone has literally taken the time to to catalog all this and. Yeah, it's, I, I, it's crazy. I meant to throw this over to the really the rec bar guys. Do you know what a super gun is? Yes, I, I do. So m- check me on this for people that don't. A super gun is basically a generic term for uh, a, a a box or a way to convert a jam board to play on a standard television mm-hmm. and then have pinouts for your controls. That's exactly right. Okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So essentially it's it's a it's a harness and a rig setup that would allow you to play an arcade board on a TV and it at its at its simplest form. But right. yeah, you're 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 on, you're spot on. So I'm I just I scrolled through Jamma. I put in Jamma. $190. And now there's a hundred dollar shipping. Now but if you were to look around other vendors have this. It's a pre made super gun. Okay. So it's a plastic, I assume it's plastic. It's a plastic box that with a power cord out of it. So I bet inside that box is a power supply and all your interfaces. There's a cable hanging out of it that's nice and nice and loom and wire wrapped. So it's not like a 56 cable connector with 48 individual wires off of it. There's looks like there's four heavier cables where they're bundled together out to your JAMA connector. And then two really nice six-button control decks with art, kind of like some anime art on it. So you got six buttons, looks like uh, two action buttons of some type at the top, maybe a start button or whatever, and a joystick. It's a a pre-boxed super gun. If you had a business or something, uh, or you wanted to go gaming on the road, you know, it's 190 bucks. And like I said, this one's 100 bucks shipping, but... I'm sure if you looked around through the other vendors, you could get that price down. Yeah, but, I'm, so I'm sure. We are uh, in no way affiliated with AliExpress. No, but, but my goodness, <laughs> what, what a resource. Yeah. So if there's something out there, that if anybody out there, any of our listeners have bought from them, find listen to this and buy from them let us know we'd like to we'd like to hear your experience i, I don't know if i'm gonna go out and drop 300 dollars on a super gun no but, no 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 it's that that's i got 99 problems and that's not one of them but if but. i if, if i heavily was heavy into arcades and i i was in a, a small apartment and um i really wanted to kind of get into the the community and i i could see spending oh yeah spending that money and not having to build one of these things Heck yeah, just, if i could just swap out my boards yeah that'd be awesome set it down plug it into the television set a board on the coffee table plug it in and sit there and play games yeah I, oh i'd do that in a heartbeat yeah because you're gonna have you're gonna have a significantly better experience that way with decent controls or or i would say you know moderately accurate controls versus um you know having to go through the process of building a main you know a main setup yep. this is at least you're running the real board you know at this point so you're further along, so to speak. Hey, I might get you a Pandora's Box Four for Christmas. <laughs> Six hundred forty-five games. Woo! Yeah, is that the pre-built box with the two joysticks? And no, the this is and all this that? is just the. It's just a yellow box with a JAMA Edge connector sticking out of it, and then there's a VGA uh, fifteen uh, 
DB15 on the side so you can plug it into a VGA monitor if you want. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Yep. Okay. Excellent. Excellent. You want me to read you the list of games? No. Uh, no, we don't have time for that. Dude, we got to spend your money. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so that's what I had. You know, like I said, just kind of a quick recap and some some troubleshooting techniques that I've kind of had to rehome. You know, kind well, of, you know, it's, it's interesting to revisit rehone, this. Yeah. rather. Yeah. It's, then, kind of, it's interesting to visit this because, I mean, dude, you kind of ran the gamut. You yeah. know, I mean, from cold solder joints to floating stuff across from China. Yeah. Man, you, I mean, you, che- went, you went full mind. Check out competitive. Uh, when I the first time I bought from them is when I was lining out my game room, and I ordered a literal case of uh, of leg levelers. Yeah. Okay. It's just I just give me I ordered you know a ton of leg levelers, a ton of T nuts, and you know just had at it. So that anything that goes in the game room gets new leg levelers. Yeah, I mean, leg levelers are inexpensive, so to speak, about a buck a piece. Yeah. But I can't remember what they were, but they were they were cheaper. Yeah. And I wanted enough to do any game I put down here. So well, and, you know that's that's along the same lines of what I did. I mean, way back in the day, I bought. Um, geez, man, I bought. I think I got these from Quarter Arcade. Uh, t- um, I think Tony's got um, some Teflon, some like nylon mm-hmm. Teflon yeah. leg mm-hmm. levelers, and man, I just bought a bag of those things. Yep. And so, yeah, I put them on. I put that in, in the plates on just about everything that comes in. So yeah, it, it helps out. But yeah, if you can buy it in bulk like that, you're a step ahead. All right. So I've spent some of my money. Yeah. So, so now I get to spend some of your money. Yes. And, now you're spending my money. Yeah, Everybody's got their hand in my pocket. Well, you know, dude, when they're deep like that, you know, <laughs> what can a man say? You know. Um, hey, this. So, so Brent, let's uh, let's talk about uh, what has I guess kind of transpired over the past you know month and a half or so in the in the, I guess kind of the arcade aftermarket scene and i want to talk about uh and there's there's a lot to talk about on the on the arcade side and i'm uh, you know what man i am constantly amazed at how much happens on the arcade side of the hobby and how much doesn't really seem to happen that much on the pinball side of the hobby because when i go and i search this stuff out it, almost on a on a scale of five to one, I find stuff for arcade. You know, for what's happening in the arcade scene versus what's happening in the pinball scene. Mm, it seems like interesting. It, it is, and it seems like w- most of what happens in the pinball scene is. Gra- I'm sorry, gravitates more so around all the new games, like mods for new games and this and that. But you don't ever really see a tremendous amount of, uh, you know, of, I guess, kind of new equipment for some of the older games. That's out of what, you know, CPR, does, Classic Playful Reproductions does and things like that. But, uh, well, but- I'd have thought even the pinball modders would take off you know that's where but, I, I would have too but man i just i just don't see it like i see it on the arcade side which is i guess just kind of odd but it's it's a point it's a point of reflection that i've got after you know you and i going through this segment you know over what the past two and a, two two and a half years whatever it may be I, I just i just routinely find more on the arcade side than i do on the pinball side that being said the very first thing i want to talk about is something that will not cost you a single dime brent but i thought it was pretty cool <laughs> it's called the pinball coach app and this was just released. Help me play this. better. Well, I don't know about that, <laughs> but but here's the here's the two um, here's the two killer features that it has uh, for the games that it has in its database. It has all of the game uh, info and game rules off of the info card 
okay in the app itself so if you're oh, that's you, cool yeah so if you're playing a game on location or walk up to a game and, and the info card is missing you know in the apron and it and you don't have really an idea of okay it's the first time i played this i don't have the rule set in front of me i don't really understand what i'm supposed to do and if you're like me you just don't want to stand there in front of everybody else and read it and like read a and that's yes yes i'd rather you know it's a little more comfortable to hop off to the side grab a beer and then read it on your phone and then go back to the pinball machine and try again but uh, but the Pinball Coach app, it's available for uh, iOS and for Android. Uh, you know, it has short uh, demo videos, uh, event listings, uh, places to play, game info, tips, trivia, what it considers, uh, and more, and what it considers, you know, really, I guess, kind of like a, a bit of a smorgasbord around, you know, around um, around pinball rules and, uh, you know, in games, where to play on location, stuff like that. Now, Brent, what I will say about this is I have installed this app. I gave it a test. Is this, okay. no, this is free, right? It is free. Um, this this is definitely uh, a good first effort. Okay, so. Uh, there's a thread about this app on Pinside, and I did offer some feedback to the author of the app, and hopefully at some point, you know, you see some of that incorporated. But I, I'll say this: it, it, again, it's a good first effort at an app, okay? And it's, it looks like it's an it's on iOS and it's on Android. and it's on Android, so you can get it in the That's App right, Store, you can get it on, on the Play Store, either one. And uh, and like I say, I, I was I was very impressed with the level of detail that went into the app for this essentially being you know a version one app that's only been out you know quote unquote a week okay so uh, so give, give that a give that a, a try we'll have a link to it in the show notes and you know hopefully people will find it of value now on the arcade side Brent this is where we start getting into the cash buddy okay and I'm talking you know twenties fifties and hundreds at a time so just you know let's go ahead and pop our knuckles and, and just uh, <laughs> Just and, make and it just, happen. And settle in and make it happen. Now, Brent, the, these these first like three or four things that I'm going to talk about are, admittedly, their pre-orders or their product runs that have already happened. But I want to bring them up simply because I know we haven't talked about them yet, and I want to make sure that they're mentioned and linked in the show notes in case somebody wants to go back to it. You know, from from a retroactive perspective. This first one is something that I thought was neat. I don't really have a use for it per se, but these um, these are two reproduction PCBs for um, the Nintendo VS uh, Versus system. Okay, the first one is called the Multi VS Lite, and the second is a Versus Castlevania slash Top Gun reproduction PCB. And this is neat because um, both of these boards are, um, are again are their faithful reproductions, but they've got some improvements made to them. Okay, from uh, you know from this repro. Uh, run versus the original boards, um, and you know, and they they kind of um, they, they kind of I guess kind of correct some of the some of the perceived weaknesses of the original boards. But you know, I mean, I don't really have a need for this. I have a versus. Do you have a versus? By yeah, any chance? there's two of them down uh, here. Okay, okay, yeah. okay, cool. So I've got a versus Unisystem, and um, and yeah, I mean, it's it's neat, it's nice. I don't have a full collection of boards or ROMs for it though, and and that at some point I'll definitely want to do that. But um, again, you know, this this is not like this is not for like the Castlevania Top Gun board, this is neat. You know, all you—I mean, it's—it is a repro of the original board. All you have to do is add your ROMs, your PPUs, and you know, essentially you go. Um, you know, it does have. Now, are you talking about for the Castlevania? 
Top Gun. Board. Top Gun. Okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So add the ROMs, add the PPU, and in a way. I didn't go. know that that was such a problem. Well, I think what's happened is over time, um, as the as the boards are cannibalized, or as they're just deemed as unreliable or unfit. Um, or like in the case of the Castlevania Top Gun board, uh, Castlevania is the is the much much more desirable game that that particular board will run. And so there's there may not be a lot of Castlevanias, uh, and people have like cannibalized all the Top Gun uh, all the Top Gun boards to turn them into Castlevania boards. And there's just well, see, I've got and a, the supplies I've got, I've is got the supplies limited. I might have to make it a Castlevania. Well, I've I've got a Top Gun and a Castlevania at home. So, so. if if people don't understand what this is, Top Gun and Castlevania, there was a handful of boards that were like this: Top Gun, Castlevania, Doctor Mario. Uh, those are the ones that come to mind. On a versus system, you have the processor slot, which the processor stays generally, but you, it's re- everyone I've ever seen it's socketed, and I've yeah. seen some you, that have you been can swap s- them. You can stolen. swap the processor if you need yeah. to. Yeah, there's the PPU, which is basically the color palette yeah. set up for the game, called the picture processing unit. Yep. So yeah, I think it's a, I think it's forty pins. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and and they're specific to certain certain groups of games. Right. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Right, it's not a PPU isn't a PPU isn't a PPU. No, 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 no. It, but within a certain family of games, that PPU might get will, shared. Is shared amongst, let's say, maybe five or maybe six sets of ROMs or whatever it may be. And yeah. there's some that are just like one. Oh, yeah, yeah. You're exactly right. There's some that are one. And I'll, I'll say this: the the best reference for anything Nintendo versus related is uh, Nintendo NintendoVS.com, and that's that's uh, John. Let's say that John. It's John, John Jacobson's yep. site, and it's I mean. There, there just is no better reference yeah. than his site. I think he's got that all even tabled out. <laughs> he does, so, and it's it's perfect. So, so. your typical versus game, you've, you if you're going to swap them, you got when in the kit you got the PPU and you got the EPROMs. Like, yeah, I think it was uh, six six EPROMs. So you'd swap out the PPU, you'd swap out the EPROMs. Bob's your uncle. You got a new game. Yeah. When it came to Castlevania, Top Gun, Doctor Mario, and I know there's a couple others. They were actually a satellite board. That's it, and, and that's and, what and that's what makes them unique. Yeah. is because you didn't swap the PPU and the ROMs on the versus board itself. You had this add-on board. Right. You plugged w- it in the processor or the PPU slot. I can't remember. Uh, I, th- I think it's the processor and the PPU rode rode sidecar because I, if I'm not mistaken. I can't oh, remember. Geez. It's I, been so long. It's been since so long I've, since yeah. I've looked, but I thought the PPU was on this same it card. Is, it as is. It's the on ROMs. the card. Yeah. It's on the card. Yeah. It's what I thought. Regardless, you it you you plug it in. It's a it's a satellite board. Yeah. It so. is. And, and and I'll tell you, man, these are getting harder and harder to come by because if you go and look at the running price on these Castlevania cards or boards on on Clove, they have continually gone up over the past couple of years. Okay, especially if you if you try to get one with the PPU with it. All mm-hmm. right. So anyway, so it, it there's a reproduction on that board, and and it may be worth picking up a blank just to have, you know, in case you could ever you know, or decide to ever repopulate it. I mean, have you ever played Top Gun by any chance? I think I I think I installed the card that I had just to see if it worked, and that was the end of it. Yeah, it's it's not really that great of a game. Castlevania, though, ton of fun. It, it, it's a really good is game. It? Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. It's 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 a good game. Uh, and then the Multi VS uh, Light. This is a 
Uh, th this is interesting because what this board does is it replaces and it plugs onto the 6 EEPROM slots uh, or, or sockets on uh, one or both sides of a versus board, okay? And then from that point, you've got a dip switch uh, or header, either one, depending upon how you configure the board, that allows you to uh, select up to eight different games on that on that one board. So all you have to do power down, you know, swap, move the dip switches, switch the header, depending upon uh, the board that you have, and there you go. Okay, and uh, it says it plays any game that uses the EEPROM spots on a versus board. So I think that's pretty cool because instead of swapping ROMs, you're just power down and you know flip a dip switch and then power back up and then then you're off and running again. That right there would actually interest me. So how do you load the games on it? Does it? You know, I, I don't know. I, I don't know, Brent, yeah. because I, there's there's more that I need to look into this at, uh, look look into this on. I, I will include the links for the yeah, specific. I would be interested in that. Yeah, and, and I'll include the links for the individual um, threads that discuss the multi VS Lite board and the Castlevania board, and then from that we can uh, from that you can look at the information that is you know relative to each individual board. But um, but yeah, so like I say, those pre orders were. Those pre-orders were open, and unfortunately, Brent, they closed on March the 6th while we were at Louisville Arcade Expo, and I missed this completely. Well, if I can see this being popular enough that hopefully they'll make other runs, especially so, if you've got like a versus switcher type of a deal. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it would be nice because then you could load up a couple of different boards with you know with this, and and you could really kind of uh, you could really kind of equip one versus cabinet to do quite a bit. The thing is, these boards were only thirty bucks, man. Mm -hmm. So it's Sweet. it's very affordable for what you're actually going to get out of the board. So I yeah I, I bring it up because I wanted to make sure that that number one, everybody knew about it. Uh, and could find information on it about it if you didn't know that it even existed, like me, uh, you know, before you know, three days ago. <laughs> uh, I had no idea this was even a thing. So, now, have you, speaking of versus and switching, have you, you've ordered from Cambridge, Cambridge Arcade before? Yeah, it's right? Mark Spade. Mark yeah. Spade. Yeah, I've ordered from him several times. So, Mark had, for those that don't have versus, or maybe you do and you don't realize this. Oh, I've, I've got one of his versus switchers. Do you? Okay. Yes, I do. So, yes. you're, an actual dedicated versus from Nintendo was like two cabinets side by side and they were kind of canted at a little bit of an angle yeah uh and also like a red tint that's a versus setup mm -hmm. uh those those two dedicated games actually run one board yeah so there's a right side and a left side to a versus in a red tint you could have two different games you have super mario on one side you could have uh ice climber on the other excite bike on the other yeah whatever and they play independently from a from a user perspective but they were actually ran off the same board there was a handful of games that would actually talk across the board, and you like, could play, tenet, like, like tennis, like tennis, yeah. And you could play four player, yeah. So same thing on those dedicated uh, uh, versus uprights. There was one board that drove both of the what appeared to be two separate cabinets. Now you mentioned Unisystem, yeah. That, versus, that's that's what I've got, right? And that's versus Unisystem. That's what I've got, and yeah. That is the conversion for a single display, like a Donkey Kong style cabinet, Donkey yeah. Kong Popeye. Uh, Donkey Kong Jr. Yeah, um, you know, take your pick. So standard upright Nintendo right, arcade yeah. cabinet. Yeah. So they replaced the wiring harness. They dropped in a control panel, and they used the exact same board, but they just used one side just of one the board side of it. That's right, exactly because right. you only had one, one monitor <laughs> one, and one set of controls. Yeah, that's exactly right. So over at Cambridge Arcade, Mark Spath, he has a versus switcher. So uh -huh. what that does is that plugs in between the board and the wiring harness. And you do a, a button combo, and it 
switches over to the other side of the board so you could load both <laughs> two, sides you can two load games two, yeah you, you essentially get twice right you, you get 2x on, on your on your investment for the for the versus unit system to me it's a necessary mod because why would you want to power that down and, <laughs> and swap the side yeah. you know swap the boards it, it's it, you just you get really tired of that really so like quick. i've got i've got two versus unit system cabinets back uh-huh. there one was a junior and one was a donkey kong and one of them has a ice climber and Super Mario Brothers in it, and the other has Excite Bike and Doctor Mario. Okay, you walk up and you do the key combo, and you're playing the other game. Yeah, exactly. So, it's 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 awesome, and it works well. So something to look out for if you got a versus system and you didn't know that was out there, you didn't know you could do that. Yeah, you know, check out uh, just just Google. We'll we'll throw a link to to the site in uh, uh, in our show notes yeah. for, for Mark's site. Yeah, we will because his, he's he's got good product, man. He's got good product. He does There's a lot no of stuff. He's got MCR cables. He's got Berserk stuff. Um, he, the Berserk uh, Frenzy CPU that's in my Berserk, that's one of his older products. He's just got tons of stuff. Yeah, yeah he's a really, uh, really talented individual, no doubt. Um, okay, so the second thing, uh, Brent, that we're going to spend some money on is um, this is a this is a, I guess a revisit of a project by uh, by the Metal Master Take Man on Clove. He's rerunning or has reran because uh, actually this pre order ended on March the fourteenth, and so again, you know, this kind of happened in between shows. But he is reproducing the pole position marquee topper that is uh, to be installed on the top of a cockpit pole position. Okay, so this is the second run of those. You know, it's black powder coated, uh, die punched, and then it's going to have... it's going to have a solvent inkjet uh, print of the pole position track graphics on the, you know, on, on the uh, powder coated metal. And uh, Rich from this old game is doing that. Okay. So, you know, we're talking about 75 bucks for that plus 17 shipping. And the reason I bring this up is because, um, okay, cool. Thanks for adding that yeah, to the show. Gotcha. Notes, man. Appreciate it. Uh, the reason I bring this up is because Troy, quote, take man, almost always runs extras because there are people, you know, that may, that, may have missed the entire pre you know pre-order and they say oh, oh i still want that and maybe he has like 10 extra i don't know but uh nonetheless you know if you're in the market for that um then you know it's it was an active pre-order running on club within the past month uh the big thing about it is 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 that topper can be installed on an on an upright pole position personally i think it looks a little weird on it it looks a little busy if you ask me but that's kind of like my a, opinion it, it looked like a mappy marquee wouldn't it it, but, it, it does but the cab isn't short to compensate for the height that's that's exactly right and it turns a pole position into a far more ungainly looking uh game you know if if you ask me i could fit that in my in my game room no your ceiling's too low and so uh in relation to that's the slow no one i'm short i know mr (laughs) six foot thank you okay well in relation to the game so but uh i know dude but your money spins so well (laughs) but uh but you know on a on a cockpit machine though this was made for that and it looks so good you know um, anyway, uh, you know, I've been fortunate to find a couple of these over the years, and they're actually pretty hard to come by. Now, I know, Brent, you said that you got one with your cockpit yep, as well, didn't you? Yeah, there's one with the cockpit. Yeah, so, th- I mean, that's a fine, dude. But, you know, it, anyway, they... I know that this run has been requested for a couple of years and it's finally happened. So if you're in the market for it, hop up on Clove. We'll have the link in the show notes and, and go after it. This next one, Brent, I, you know, I don't know if you're a fan of Omega Race. The Nintendo versus Switcher is 
fifty dollars. That is a no brainer yeah, in my by mind. The way. Okay, Omega no race. brainer. So, dude, have you ever had an Omega race? I've got one, and I'm actually mad that I've missed this. Okay, all right. So here's the thing. This, this is, is what I get for not being on clock. Well, this this stuff happens, and a lot of times it happens within a few weeks. And I, yeah, I didn't see this either. Now, this this pre order just ended uh, as of the time that we're recording this show two days ago on April the twenty third. So we're recording on April the twenty fifth. I know it's late in the month for us to record, but you know we we should make it. But nonetheless, Brent, this is a reproduction Omega Race PCB. Okay, and this apparently is run number three, and I had no idea that this was even a thing either. Yeah. Okay. Until I saw this thread. So keep in mind, there's two there's two PCBs in an Omega race, but one of them has a battery on it. Yes. And that's what this was. And, that, and that's yeah. that's one that the, that this pertains to. And apparently, these boards are as bad, if not worse, than a pole than pole position yes. board sets yep. to either get running, keep running, or work on. So, um, I, we'll have links to this. Uh, this this is nice because the the developer of this board has done uh pretty exhaustive documentation on the development of the board the two runs of the board and even a um a bill of material what's called a bomb a bom mm-hmm. okay we'll we'll even link to that but nonetheless uh, you know brent i I think that if you were, you know, if you were a gambling man, I think you could actually still get in on this because you're only two days off. And I cannot believe that he would not have run a few extras because I've got a picture in the show notes and I know it does absolutely no no one listening any good. But if you go on Clov, you'll see this picture in the thread. He's got a stack of these boards, yeah. you know, where he's showing them. And I just, I just find it hard to believe that he would run just if he if he needed 57, he just runs 57. I Well, why don't you run 60 or 75? I, I, mean, it's, I don't there's know. Ob- it's obvious that there's this is the third run yeah so it's it's not i don't know how often the runs happen i need to pull my board back out and see which is the lesser of two evils building the board i mean it's a beautiful looking board it is building the board from bare pcb or fixing the one i've got yeah yeah i think you're going to be better off personally just building starting board. new yeah, yeah starting new now this next thing brent uh you know I'll, i'm not familiar with these monitors but uh, i it, it's in relation to the crafty mech test pattern generator so i wanted to bring it to everybody's attention this is um this is the ex- the cable extension harness okay for what's called a uh, naneo or naneo nano 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 maybe okay it's the nanoa or naneo ms8 monitor now brent have you ever heard of this monitor or worked on this monitor by any chance i have i have heard of it but i've not worked on okay one. all right so this is either a five foot or a ten foot extension harness that is uh, made specifically for allowing you to uh keep the monitor uh in the game itself because apparently this monitor was used in a lot of like racer you know sit down racer games where it may be unwieldy to get the monitor out mm-hmm. just on on a you know on a whim and um, anyway, so these cables, uh, you know, allow you to use the TPG in a, in a much easier fashion with that particular monitor. Uh, 30, oh, yeah, just thirty bucks or thirty-five bucks for either a five or ten-foot uh, cable, respectively. Just looking at it, it looks like instead of using your typical dot one fifty-six Molex type header, like a an inline header, it looks like they take their video signal in with like a um, like an amp header. I, I can't I can't see it. 
It looks more like what I'm used to seeing for a, a various two, power connector. Exactly, you know, like a two-pin Molex or yeah. a three-pin Molex or an amp connector. Yeah, it's a much, it's a, it's a, it's a larger format connector. Just, yeah, with with, uh, with 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 you know the push-pin connectors and yeah. everything like that. So yeah, I would agree with you there. I'd look at that and I'd be, like, oh my gosh, this is going to be a problem. Yes, you know? you it, to, I mean, I'm, I don't think I have a game that has one of those monitors, so I'm not really, I'm not really incented to buy this, but I was interested in it. You know, well so. if you're if if you're if you like the later games, the you know the drivers or the bigger monitor type games, and you know you're working on them or you're supporting them in a facility somewhere, I mean, yeah, you may, it's going to save you a lot. It's going to save hassle. you a lot of hassle. Yep. Now this next thing, Brent, is insanely expensive, but I didn't know if you might uh, be interested in this as well. Uh, Take Man is also running uh, a reproduction uh, metal kit, all you know, all punched, uh, die punched, uh, powder coated, and everything for a dedicated Major Havoc. And this this turns out to be either eleven pieces of metal or thirteen pieces of metal, depending upon whether you order uh, the Amplifone, uh, the nineteen inch Amplifone monitor mounting brackets. But uh, if not, you know, then the thir- the eleven piece kit is the dedicated control panel, upper marquee bracket, you know, cabinet uh, back grills, a pair of those, a lower bezel bracket, and it just it goes on and on. So uh, the only thing that this does not include are the uh, the corrugated speaker grill ears that are on the front of the cabinet, like what you'd see on a Firefox as mm-hmm. well. You know, uh, they're, they're the the real long speaker grills, and so that's the only thing that are that are not. Included included that I know of, but those are even in talks of being reproduced as well by another forum member, uh, Mark Lukasik, I think, at this point in time. But uh, anyway, that that kit, Brent, is 327 bucks or 362 if you do the Amplifone brackets there. Um, that pre-order did end on uh, April the 17th, but Take Man, he, he seems like he always runs extras. And on the money involved in this, I don't know that he would have ran a lot of extra, but... Surely he ran some extra. This but is this is just one of those things. It's not going to appeal to everybody. Yeah. But man, if you're if you're hot on a major havoc, you got to have this. This is this is one of the things that shocks me. I think we've talked about this a couple of times with stuff that Troy does, and you know, and this is not a knock. This is awesome that he's doing this. It just think about the effort that he is putting, and anyone that's assisting <laughs> oh, yeah. him, the effort and the time he's putting into the community because. Think about how small the market is for, for major a, for mag, for a dedicated major havoc. Yes, and from from my side of the house, I mean, what are you doing with this? If I am restoring a major havoc, yeah, chances are I've got all the metal. Yes, and I'm going to take it out and blast it and powder coat it. Yeah, now all that in bulk, it might be just as easy just to just i just give it all to me new i I, I will say this for 11 pieces what i know that we would take up to our powder coater Mm -hmm. and just for just for him to powder to blast and powder coat those 11 pieces uh you're looking at an easy two two hundred two hundred 200 dollars if not more than that Mm -hmm. honestly (laughs) oh no i see oh you know more power to them it just it speaks to the hobby when you've got people that'll offer their time and effort to do something like this it's like 
if if I was faced with this, Troy's a better man than I. Yeah, because he he is. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Well, no, no, That's no, no. no. You're right. He is. <laughs> that did not come out the way that I intended for no, it to come but out. But it came. But what you were thinking came out, Whitney. <laughs> I guess it did. Yeah. No, but he. I go for the bigger fish. Exactly. You go for the bigger yeah. fish. Yeah. He's Troy's done that too. He's helped out all sides of the hobby. But I yeah. go for the I go for the bigger fish. Yeah. I go for the more something more common. But you know something, you, you got to give the old boy credit where credits due. Man, he is taking oh, yeah. ca- he's taking care of the people that want the niche yep. materials. And as we've already established, he's a much better man than I. <laughs> so, <laughs> what's the- <laughs> thank you, Whitney. Yeah, no worries. And for our, the that's, last episode, yeah, that's a thousand miles of content <laughs> right there. Don't, yeah. All right, and what's the what's the last up here, Whitney? Yeah, the last got, one, I got to get my tapper on. Yeah, the last one up is something I thought was pretty interesting. Uh, this is uh, a gentleman by the name of Ken. He's from Golden Age Arcade Parts, and he is reproducing uh, the upright uh, tapper wiring harness. Now, if you look at this, Brent, I mean, this is this is all of the harnesses in a tapper. This is the AC harness, the main wiring harness, control panel, monitor monitor cable, the power supply cable, the speaker wire cable. I mean, this is everything that you'd need to wire a tapper. So, so here's my question for Ken. Yeah. What makes this any different unless they change the colors? Well, no. What then other, any other in, MCR game other than the control panel? Well, now we'll say this. What he has done, and I've, I've read on his other harness threads, is that... Um, a lot of the wire color combinations, whether it be striped or, you know, different, you know, like alternating colors on mm-hmm. a wire, like red, yellow, red, yellow, red, yellow, or something mm-hmm. like that, he can't get anymore due to cost. And so he runs everything with black wire and then he heat shrink labels all of the wire colors accordingly to okay. the, to the okay. original harness. Okay. So he'll put heat shrink at both ends of the wire and then at spaced intervals across the wire. So even though it's not, it, even though the harness doesn't look like the original, Original harness, you could still wire trace it as the original harness okay. easily. Okay, so um, but that gets me back to like if I needed a harness for my Domino Man, it's okay. an MCR two game. Yeah, or I don't know if if that's a good question. If they use the same. The, the, the interconnect should be the same other than yeah. the control panel. See, and that's a good question. I, I mean, I would think that they're probably a lot closer to 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 similar than... Or they're, they're a lot closer to the same than they aren't. But mm-hmm. that being said, I've not delved into the wiring differences between my Satan's Hollow and my Tapper yep. and this and that. I'm just thinking this is a springboard for him. I, mean, I, think, I think so. Yeah. Because once once he makes one MCR game, he's probably got he's probably got 80% of the next MCR game done yep. is, what he's, is what he's done. Remember the gentleman, if you years ago that was doing the williams harnesses yes they started just gangbusters after the first one yeah he had all the equipment and exactly and he was there and he so. was there and in this this guy ken i know that he has done uh the warlords harness for troy's kit the warlords kit and he's also the warlords cocktail harness and he's also done the major havoc harness kit as well so you know i'm it's just one of those things where it's like wow <laughs> they've reproduced a havoc for, i'm sorry they've reproduced a harness for a dedicated major havoc what where else where it's else the, would that ever there's happen? not major havoc Repo, repro CP, uh, PCBs. PCBs, is there? Not yet. Not yet. I, I, the only one I know that was uh, of the vector side that, that was out there was the Quantum. Quantum, and that was done by a gentleman, uh, Luke Dyson. 
And uh, gosh, Brent, we interviewed yep. him way back uh, early, early in the show's uh, show's lifespan. And at that point in time, he had committed or had said that Major Havoc was going to be his next project. But uh, to date, you know, it's it's not been released. So I've got man, I have got so many projects, and I, 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 I I've got you a Major and, Havoc you and me to both. build. Yeah, you and me both. I've got a Major Havoc to build. I've got to build yeah. Star Wars. Yeah, I know, I know, and it's all fun stuff. It's all good stuff. It's just like I kind of wish it were done. You know. Yeah. But uh, anyway, Brent, that's uh, that's the damage for this month. If I were to <laughs> if I were to insert the gratuitous uh, cash register sound here, I would say that your tab comes up to oh about eleven hundred dollars. <laughs> well, when we get into the next segment of the show, it's going to come up to a lot more. Oh yeah, oh <laughs> so. yeah. So Brent, why don't we take this uh, why don't we take this opportunity to take a break real quick, and through the magic of editing, let's roll back and let's uh, get in some into some news uh, and some feedback. All right. Whitney, since we've last recorded, there has been some pretty significant news to cross uh, cross the you know the the sea of the internet in, yeah. in the pinball community. You know, we need the whole Walter Cronkite you know kind of news, kind of rolling news desk sound right about now. You know that would. Uh, that would be well well played right here because you're right. It's we've had some pretty major yep. major things happen in the world of pinball. So the eight hundred thousand pound gorilla <laughs> in the room, <laughs> yeah, is Ghostbusters. What do you think, man? It just give, give me your give me your five minute skinny on it because Brent. Here's the thing: there's no way we could ever hope to recant what the internet has said about Ghostbusters <laughs> leading up to today. And I think a lot of what has uh, been said, most people already know. But I'm just curious on your thoughts on on the theme and uh, you know the game itself. Well, you're right. I don't think that we can absolutely you know cover it all. I mean, we're a little late to the game. Everybody else uh, was able to get shows out and kind of in concert with uh, the release of the the the, the title. Yeah. You know, Stern making the announcement. So I think it's kind of been discussed. You know, as much as we know about it now, because yeah. right at, to, to date, we've seen pictures or, and we've seen video of the, the pros. pros. Mm-hmm. We've seen, unless something's changed in the last couple of days, I've seen close-ups of the the mag the what, the, what are they called magna magna sling magna sling. Yes. So we haven't seen the entire premium Ellie playfield yet. So <laughs> and the magna sling stuff looks pretty crazy, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah. It does. It looks good. So now you asked me my opinion. So let me let's get into the way back machine. Okay. Okay. All right. Let's go way back to twenty fourteen. Okay. I mean I barely remember twenty fourteen. I don't I don't even know how old I was in twenty fourteen. <laughs> it just seems like so long ago. All right. And you and I we were at a panel at SFGE, the very first SFGE, and yeah. it was uh, actually it was the late night panel. It was radio free SFGE. Yeah, and uh, the guys ran it on episode forty three of the the Game Room Junkies podcast. So okay, we were we were on the panel. It was Preston Patrick. It was ourselves. It was Jonathan Leung from yeah. Arcade Repair Tips, and it was Nate from Coast to Coast. Yeah, and amongst other things, we we were talking about as people always do. What's the next title? And at the time, for context, uh, Game of Thrones was it Game of Thrones? It 
had no, 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 no. The Walking Dead. The Walking Dead had not been announced yet. Yes, correct. There were so many leaks; it was pretty much known to be The Walking Dead. Yeah, because so, we, I think we had just just come off of Star Star Trek. I believe, I believe it was Star Trek. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So here we are. We're talking about the next title, which we assume because of all the leaks is The Walking Dead, mm-hmm. and then instantly the question comes up. You know what? What do you what do you think the next title is going to be? So, let me uh, let's just step in the wayback machine. Oh, so you can, sure, you, can you, you do see, the? Can yeah. you do the? See, I do that, and it sounds like Twilight Zone. It still kind of sounded like Twilight Zone. It sounded a lot like less like Twilight Zone than when I do it. Yeah. Okay. So this is from that panel back in 2014. All right. Let's hear Brent predict the future. So I have a question for the panel. Is there one licensed theme that you guys would be really excited about that you would even pre-order if Stern put it out? So real quick, that's Jonathan Lee Young. He's the one that posed the question. So I have a question for the panel. Is there one licensed theme that you guys would be really excited about that you would even pre-order if Stern put it out? I can go first on that. I'm a huge UFC fan. And if they said that they were doing a UFC pin, I would probably pre-order it. So, but is there one that you guys would do, like, be you an know, automatic pre-order for you if they did that particular license theme? So, well, Jonathan was pretty close because they did have WrestleMania, okay? Yep. And even yep. though that's not UFC, uh, he, uh, you know. There, there's WrestleMania, there's uh, UFC people, and there's WWE people right now that are like, I can't believe he could have called them the same thing. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Well, it's a truck. That's true. It's a Ford truck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and I get, I get that, you know, don't, 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 don't hate it. Don't, don't, don't hate on me so bad. But, but the, I guess the, the genre was somewhat represented with WWE. Okay. Mm-hmm. That, that's, that's where I'm going with that. Okay. It's, it's wrestling fighting type of type of theme so I, I well, honestly when i when i reheard this i'm so disconnected from from that i don't follow either that i thought oh jonathan got I. his game you was, see yeah then it hit me and i was like oh no he didn't yeah, yeah. no no he didn't but he, he still did kind of but yeah. he didn't yeah all right so here let me pick her back up all right yeah pink floyd pink floyd let's go in sync with that one Ooh. ghostbusters i'm just kidding a bold choice yes which one I didn't hear you? I was talking over you because I'm a rude jerk. Yes, you are. Well, Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters. Oh, dude, I'm all over Ghostbusters. I would love that. Yeah, that guy one. who did the re-theme of Flash Gordon with the Ghostbusters, that's awesome. And if they actually did that with a modern Stern or something like that, I can't even imagine how cool that would be. So there it is, folks. Yep. I predicted the future. <laughs> Brent called it. <laughs> so next time you want to know what Stern's newest title is, yeah. Give me a shout. I may know something. <laughs> I, might, I may be two years to the two years off of the game. That, but. That's okay. Stern was two years in delivering, you know, from, from a delivery timeline as well. So it all worked out. But uh, so so let me ask you, Brent. I mean, is Ghostbusters going to be from everything you've seen? I mean, is Ghostbusters going to be something that that becomes that becomes that that new inbox buy? Yeah, I think it's going to be really nice. I think it's going to be. Um, we talked about the uh, the Dirty Harry going out, yeah. and the Dirty Harry uh, had to go to make some space and to uh, move some of the arcade capital around, yeah, to get into position for a Ghostbusters. Wow! And uh, I'm I'm lining myself up right now uh, for uh, I'm looking at a premium model. You know, it's it's interesting that you mentioned this because um, I cannot. even begin to count the number of people that have literally said i'm in 
Yeah. I'm buying. Oh, absolutely. I'm I, buying. I've, I've heard more people with Ghostbusters than I've heard on any title since I have been in the hobby. I, I would I would wholeheartedly agree with that. I don't even think that ACDC brought in that much. I'm sure I, I'm sure ACDC brought in a lot of new inboxers, okay, myself included. But when you talk about you know title release and pre-orders and and people just you know like instantaneously committing. Mm-hmm. Ghostbusters nailed it. <laughs> we'll have to we'll have to reach out to Preston and see if he's if he's on board with it. You know, yeah. Or I, I may have to play him that. <laughs> yeah, that you, may, you may have to play him that soundbite and say, "Okay, buck up, Buttercup. Now it's time to write a check." You know. <laughs> so let me ask you, Whitney. You've seen everything that I've seen. I know yeah. you and I've talked quite a bit. Um, I was I was kind of interested to see what the Magnus slings were going to be like. But that kind of goes back to. I don't like to buy the first year of a car, use version one of software. Yeah. But in what I've seen of them, they uh they look interesting with mm-hmm. just basic code and being that you can control the, the pulse width of that magnet. Yeah. You could make that thing do just about anything you want. And in the videos, they do. They do because they I stop mean, they stop the ball mid flight eject it or push it from one side of the play field to the other and then push the ball back up the play field it was i mean it's, it was pretty wild it's pretty wild yeah so, it's pretty wild given what you've seen thus far where are you at on it winning so here here's where i'm at um when i when i initially saw the artwork for the cabinet in the in the play field layout i i thought man that looks that looks pretty good okay but i wasn't committed I wasn't committed to it at that point in time. It, now, I will say that it definitely had my interest, okay? Mm-hmm. But Spider-Man had my interest as well, okay? And I was defininely, definitely interested in Spider-Man, you know, until... You're talking it, about the Vault Edition The Vault Spider-Man. Edition, yes. Uh-huh, thank you. Until the money comes out and then you realize, you know, you realize, okay, it's going to be this much for this amount of gameplay and it's, you know, it's a retheme this, retheme that... I didn't see enough in Spider-Man that would um, that to me would warrant that type of expenditure. Okay, I didn't see enough in Ghostbusters initially that I thought ah, I want to make it my next new inbox pin. But then I saw the gameplay videos, mm-hmm. and I got to hear the sound, and I got to watch the mechanics of the playfield and what was going on. And then my mind started to change quite a bit, Brent. It started I was, to change quite a bit. I, I was just sitting here thinking about the sound, Whitney. Even in that g- gameplay video, my, my feeling is is that was out a little sooner than they wanted because of the leak on the artwork. You're talking about the dead flip, the video. dead flip yeah, video, yeah, with yeah. Jack Danger. Yes, yeah. yeah. My bet is is that was probably a little quicker than they wanted with way early code. Yeah, because they needed to get ahead of it and own. Yes. Own it. Yeah, and they have to own yeah. it because because if they don't own it within a week, then they'll never own it right. because everybody else exposes it. it. And even in what I felt was like double super beta code, yeah. and some of the sound callouts were repetitive, there was stuff in there that... Ghostbusters just makes me smile. Well, and I'll tell you what. I, we, I don't. It, it might it, grate on you, but I love the siren. Oh no, um, I, I loved it. And and, I, and just or the, anybody, you know, the siren yeah. from from Ecto One. Yeah, and it exactly. Just, it could be grating because yeah. it's just. But I, I it's, love it's that, that. It's that whole neener neener yeah. kind of sound, but it works. You know. Oh. 
and and I will say this, Brent. Um, it ultimately it was the sound of the game that won me over, because just the, from the theme song to the way they had it timed to the way that it was integrated into the gameplay, mm-hmm. and then everything that you saw happening on the pro play field. Yep. Because that pro Ghostbusters looks like the most value packed pro that I've seen Stern put out in probably the last five years. From everything that's on the play field, all the toys, all the mechanics, everything that's going on, I think that is the most value... I think that is the most value for the money pro in quite some time. Yeah. I mean, And I know I just repeated myself, but I think it bears repeating, you know? And then when we get into a premium, <laughs> dude, it, it <laughs> then goes off the charts. <laughs> and I, I will say this... For everyone, and I feel this to be true. For everyone that buys a pro, they're getting a heck of a machine. Yep. For everyone that buys a premium, they're getting the machine. So who's buying a premium? I guess we are, Brent. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. <laughs> you heard it here first. Yes, we are. Now the deal I'm becomes. Sorry, I, I know my <laughs> So Brent, you just spent my money. I sure did. Yeah, you did. You, you got. So I you got took, you. Big. Yeah, you got me. So you got me through like a year, uh, a year's worth of episodes. You got me, dude. You got me. And, and I, yeah, I'll say this. I, I was. I was turned on this title after seeing how it unfolded. I, I so, am, I am kudos really, to John Trudeau and kudos to Stern. I, I'm really jazzed about this. Yes, game. me too. And you know, we've had a, a long-standing relationship with John. Um, he's of the designers that we've got to meet. No, John is has kind of has he, he's closer in the circle. We've we've had. Uh, like I said, just I can't say any better. A long-standing, great relationship yeah. with John. Yeah, and. I was just thrilled I am, to see this I game come from John. I, me too, because I think... I like John's games. I do too. And, and I think he's good, but I was so pumped that he get, that he got this. Yes. Which, because, because you know what Ghostbusters is, Brent? It's instant classic. Yeah, it is. I mean, uh, he, he'll tell you like on Mustang. Yeah. I and you everybody knows I like Mustang. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think the it's, commu- it's a good game. I think the community as a whole is coming back around now that they're seeing more Mustangs and playing it, and it's getting it's getting its due. But he, he'll mention with Mustang, and he'll I'm I don't think I'm I've said this several times during the show. This I've used this term. I don't think I'm speaking out of school. I've heard him John say it as much. He uh, he was able to get in with Mustang and WWE. He did some innovative, cool stuff in WWE. He did. Um, he was able to get in and get those games done in a really short time frame. And that's one thing that, that I know John is good at doing. Mm-hmm. And my feeling on this game, not he, he got the he got an instant classic. He did. He got a super theme. Yes. And I really feel that he got run out in terms of time just to really science the game out. Yeah, and and I I'll say that you know, when you look back on the let's say the you know the the high watermark titles that Stern released has released you know over the past ten years, uh, I mean I could I can name my personal favorites. You know, I'll use Tron as one of them. Okay, Tron is pretty much an instant classic. Mm-hmm. All right, um, it, there and there's others. Metallica is probably a good example of that when you just look at you know sheer numbers of units sold and just the the ongoing popularity. ACDC is probably another one as well. Uh, man, dude, Ghostbusters is it, Ghostbusters is going to lap them. I think it's I think it's going to lap them. 
So I think that's go- it's going to be a timeless title. Yeah, I, I think I it men- will be. I mentioned to my niece and my nephew, I said, you know, uh, this is going to come into the game room. That's yeah. the plan. Yeah. You know, and I keep hedging with that because you never know what could happen. Well, but the plan is right now. Well, and that's what I'll they're, say. They're coming to the game yeah, room. Yeah, and that's what I'll say. Right now, the plan is to get one. It, okay, now that may change. A month and a half from now, anything can happen. Yeah. But but the plan is, yeah, we're, the plan is to get. We're, that's the marching orders. Yes. It, but I said to them, I said, I, I want to get Ghostbusters. And they're like, oh, I love Ghostbusters. And yeah. this, and then they start, they start talking about the movie and quoting lines. Yeah, and I know. It's, it's, I, rem- I remember back reading or uh, hearing an interview having to do with like Adam's family. I think it was Lawler. And he said, you know, we did this where we walked up to somebody in the street and we did the da 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 da, and then anybody could <laughs> can do, finish it. Could finish it. Yes, exactly. And to me, that that's you don't get that very often. No, you don't, you don't get that lightning in a bottle. No, but I, I think Ghostbusters is there. And I think Trudeau got lightning in a bottle with this. Now the question is, Brent, do we do a double unboxing day? I don't. I don't know what we're going to do. I don't know what go. we're going to do, man. <laughs> I really at this, don't. At this point, we'll have to. You know what? First world problem, good problem to have. We'll have to sort that out. Yep. But if everything comes to pass, we'll we've got to do a photo op and grab two of these babies sitting side we're by side. Have to, or something. Oh yeah, there's got to be something. Yeah, monumental. Exactly. You, you were talking about the sound. I want to bring this up. Did you happen to catch the? They had the Ghostbusters theme music, but it had. I don't. The best way I could describe it was like a little bit of like a techno twist to it. Yeah, it, it, it seemed like the tempo was just a little faster. Than what Ray I Charles mean, it was cool. Than, than what Ray, Ray Charles, Ray, Charles <laughs> Ray Parker Jr., Ray Charles. Jeez, <laughs> it's a long episode. With it. it is. It is. I, I think that whole better man comment is uh, directed back at me now. <laughs> but um, but yeah, but Ray. I think it feels like it's a little bit higher tempo than what Ray Parker Jr. Mm-hmm. The, the theme song that he did, but it's not so different that it that it's, it's not unrecognizable. That it's not unrecognizable. No. But I, it I is definitely it really different. Cool. Oh, I liked it because it feels a little reimagined i guess mm-hmm. you know yeah it's neat it's neat so yeah i'm i'm hoping here in the next maybe in the next week or so we'll get some uh, um we'll get some gameplay video of like the le slash or yeah the premium slash yeah, le yeah setup um I, recent pinball podcast with don and jeff I haven't had my finger on it this close, but they mentioned that production was slightly behind, a couple weeks behind. So that, that's okay. Take, take take their time. It doesn't bother me. Oh yes, it, it, you yes. know a lot of people will go flip it over. Uh, see what I did there? I snuck that in. A lot of people <laughs> will uh, will just really get up in arms about. Okay, well, I didn't get it in June. I, I'll, I'll be. I'll just be straight up about this, Brent. If 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 I don't get mine until July, I don't yeah, care. I don't, I don't care. care. I don't care. I just want it right. Yeah, that's all, yeah. that's all I care about. You know, so. I'm fine with that. I'm fine with that. So but yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be happy days here at the at the BT Studios, man. <laughs> uh, here here come very soon. Oh, I can't believe I'm gonna. Oh, gonna... it's it, it's easy. it's just like ripping off a bandaid. You'll be okay, dude. <laughs> yeah, you'll be you'll be all right. What I'm afraid of is that it's it, the most expensive bandaid you'll ever yeah, rip. What but I'm it's afraid okay. of is that it becomes easier. <laughs> well, no, it does become easier. But that, that's another that's another title for another show. You know. Oh well, one day I'll have my Mustang. <laughs> I'm sure you'll find one. Did, did I tell you I got a Translite? No, did yeah, you? I've got a Mustang Translite. I actually haven't unrolled it. It came from uh, did a little trading with a with a listener of the podcast. And okay, he picked it up 
uh, at Louisville Arcade Expo. And, oh, nice. So, yeah, I've got a Mustang Translite. Then do, what you need to do for that is get on Pinside and catch the guy who does the uh, the lighted uh, Translite boxes. And well, uh, hang, hang that baby up on the wall. What I'm thinking is, is I'm just going to have a... I'm going to have to get a crate of stuff so that next time I see John, yeah, John, sit down. <laughs> get your, get your I, Sharpie I out. Brought you, I brought you a, uh, a nice lunch Yes, and get in siding position, Ex- sir. Exactly, yeah. because uh, we here are big fans. Yes, so. absolutely. Man, so, so here's one, one interesting thing, Brent, that I want to uh, bring up and just do a shout-out real quick before we uh, move on, because there are a couple of interesting yep. uh, news bites here, and, and, and yep. I didn't know if some of these, if you'd picked up on them I, you know, I on Pinside or not. So but, we covered what I say the eight hundred thousand pound gorilla. So yeah. let's 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 move down to the eight hundred pound gorillas in the room. Yeah. So, so this first couple, one couple surprises. You, two two surprises actually big time. The first one I want to uh want to bring up and we want to give uh, a very heartfelt uh shout out and best wishes best wishes to uh, Mr. Nate Shivers as he has officially wrapped uh, and ended the Coast to Coast uh, Pinball Podcast as we know it. So uh, Yeah, I this, think he's going to start a cooking show. Uh, well, you know something? I'll tell you what. I hear there's money in cooking <laughs> shows. All right? So there's this dude, Ramsey, and, I mean, he yells <laughs> at everybody. A, and start a rumor. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, we've, we've definitely had a good run with Nate's show, and he's provided us with a lot of entertainment, a lot of information. Uh, I mean, he, you know, Nate was literally uh, what I'd consider almost the, the, the voice of modern pinball for, for quite some time. So uh, there's definitely no, um, you know, there's definitely no succeeding uh, in, in replacing Nate. It's more so just about what, what does Nate do next. And so I think we're, we're all very appreciative of his time and looking forward to whatever he has, uh, you know, in the pipeline. So Nate, uh, yeah, congratulations on whatever your next move is, man. And thanks for the shows. Yeah, Nate. Best wishes, man. Uh, great show to listen to, and man, it, it will definitely be missed. It'll it'll be missed. There's yeah. no doubt. There's no doubt. Nate, that Nate Nate show is like the nightly news of the the podcast pinball genre. That's you know, it. That's he, it. He, he was he's quick and the shows are quick and nimble as unlike our titanic lumbering <laughs> yeah. you know take, monolithic yeah yeah it, uh, turning our thing. show is like trying to turn um yeah you just don't. an iceberg yeah you yeah, know exactly a glacier yeah so it, it, if you wanted the latest and the greatest nate had it nate, and nate had it that's right up to date so yeah you, you the the show will be missed nate yeah for sure all right whitney um i, I did catch this and we've met the folks over at Titan Pinball. Yeah, this caught me by surprise, man. Well, it, it, Titan Pinball is up for sale. Yeah, and I, I, I'm talking the company. The company is yeah. up for sale, and yeah. the short of it is, is, and I, I'm I'm completely spacing out on the names right now. But the owner, his wife, has had a, an offer to work in England, and they yeah. decided to give it a try. And yeah, I, I, I can't blame them. So they're looking for somebody to take. You know, cost it's cost prohibitive to take care of the shipping and all that. So they're basically looking for somebody to to pick up a, a turnkey business and, and move on with it. Yeah, that's that's wild, and we certainly wish them the best. They're great people. Uh, what I loved about their business model is, man, they they never they just didn't seem to Matt. say Matt Matt, th- Matt and Eve. Thank yes. you, thank you. Yeah. They didn't seem to say no. I mean, it's like if you wanted a product or if you wanted like a, a kit for a certain game, it's like man, they would do it and they would make it i think i'm gonna have to go buy some uh, buy some rubbers because unfortunately i i had in my mind that i wanted to do some games with uh, i've mentioned this on the show yeah and, and 
time, things being rearranged, stuff coming up. I've just not gotten to that point. And I really wanted to go through the high speed over here and use all of their, their rubbers. Yeah. I've got one set of their silicone flipper rubbers that that we got as a demo from yeah. them at SFG. Uh, yeah, I've still got those. And as I well. love them. Yeah. I love them more than I, than the super bands. Yeah. So I think I'm gonna just gonna have to turn around and just buy, you know, a, a big selection of them in case it gets to the point where no one is able to pick up and continue with the business. I know. And I, and I think at this point, uh, an order to them is actually uh, inbound, you know, yeah. because it's going to be one of those things where if maybe if they don't find a buyer, then then they just shut it down. And once once they shut it down, Brent, there's probably no getting it back. So, well, there is a mention in the in the pin side post that something about if we say if we can't find a buyer, we will be searching for an exclusive U.S. distributor. Oh, so okay. oh, it, it well, sounds good. like that they, they want to go ahead and try to keep, you know, keep, oh, that's keep the wind in the sails. Glad to hear that. So, Glad to hear that. I'm not taking any chances, though. Yeah, no, no, no. Take no chances whatsoever because nothing is written in stone. So, so now, before you drop down to the next thing in the in the in the show notes here, have you heard the the skinny on the Pinball Hall of Fame in Vegas? I have been following that. Yes, I, I most certainly have. Okay, I was actually yeah. looking for a little detail on it real quick. Um, so go go ahead, just off the top of your head, what, what do you know about it? Okay, what I understand is that the owner is... Tim uh, Arnold. Yeah, Tim is... Uh, thank you. The owner, Tim, is considering retiring and essentially passing... He wants to pass the Pinball Hall of Fame on to someone else, or is that the position where it needs to be passed on to someone else? Mm-hmm. Now, I've heard uh, or seen a thread on Pinside, and, it, and, and the thread got pretty deep pretty quick, you know, as far as number of replies and everything. Uh, you know, there were some discussion around Tim, uh, you know, potentially taking somebody on to learn how to do the repairs, and he stay on and act as, you know, I guess kind of like, you know, general counsel. Uh, you know, to to shopping the games and repairing the games and everything, because uh, from what I understand, a lot of the games that he has are very rare, mm-hmm. and uh, and you know, parts for them may be getting harder and harder to find. Uh, but I from what actually I understand, found an article, and I'll put it in the show notes. Okay, from the Guardian. Oh wow. Okay. Yep. Oh, interesting. It made it all the way over there. Yes, huh? it did. So, you know, from what I understand, Tim likes to run his business a certain way and wants to make sure that whoever would kind of follow, I guess, kind of follow behind him would also be running the business in a certain way. And I know that Tim donates, you know, uh, the largest part, if not all the proceeds that the Pinball Hall of Fame brings in to the Red Cross, to the American Red Cross. And so that's, um, it is the American Red Cross, isn't it? Yeah, I'm not sure. But you're I, right. It, no, it's either the Red Cross or the Salvation Army. It's it's one of the two, and I, I feel like I want to make sure that we have that right. But anyway, it's it's the, the proceeds are delivered are, are donated to charity. Salvation Army. The Salvation Army. The proceeds Thank you. from the machines are donated according to uh, the Guardian. The yeah. proceeds from the machines are donated to the Salvation okay, Army. Okay. All right. Thank you. So I do stand corrected. It is the Salvation Army. So Tim does good work, and the Pinball Hall of Fame does good work. There's no doubt. It's just it's still a business, and I'm just I'm just left to wonder you know where where and how is it picked up and and how is it sustained going forward uh, as i'm looking through the story in the guardian i think we've screwed up because we've built these game rooms in our basements we have our friends over and we you know hang out on an evening and enjoy enjoy each other's company apparently in 1972 arnold bought his first game a 1966 gottlob mayfair machine and charge 10 cents a piece for friends to play it in his garage. <laughs> that's how you do that's it, That's how Tim. you do it. That, that's how you make uh, make spending Brent's money money. Yep. That's how you do that. 
So that's that's what I've read, Brent, and I've I've heard that there may be some other plans as well. But I, I'm going to stop because I don't want to butcher it any further because it's it's just I mean I find it interesting, but at the same point, I, it's not really worth speculation until it actually sorts itself out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I mean, it, I, I don't know how old Tim is. If he started, if he bought that machine in '72. And you know that was forty three years ago. Yeah, uh, and it says in seventy six, Arnold and his younger brother opened Pinball Pete's just out of just outside of East Lansing. So, you know, by seventy six, if he's opening a business, you know, assuming licenses and all that, I mean eighteen to twenty twenty two. Yeah, Tim, there's I've seen Tim. Tim's been on some of the Discovery Channel or History Channel shows as like a as a gaming expert. Mm-hmm. I know he's been on the old incarnation of American Restoration. Yeah. Where he's you know worked on EM type machines, um, Tim looks like a young man. I mean, looks uh, he always appears to be in great health. But I honestly, I mean, that's that's a that's a big pill to swallow. And yes, if you're going to do it, I mean, I commend him. He's he's starting before it's too late. Yeah, you know, yeah, before yeah. he gets so far along in age and he just wants to go and do something else yeah. and, and relax. Yeah, so, exactly. I mean, so. it, it could take it could take five years to settle out yeah it may very well but yeah. that, that's what i've read that's what i understand at this point okay so uh man this is all all pinball all the time we're, we're wall-to-wall pinball here <laughs> well the, the, I, I mean news. it's 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 been it has been pretty busy i mean this next one is about uh yep. Ro- robert uh robert gagno and and or gang is it gang gang I think Ga- I'd go with Gagno. I think it's Gagno. Yeah, it, th- this is the person that is historically terrible at pronouncing names. Yeah, so. but I, I believe that we've got that right. Um, but anyway, isn't it, that right, Jared? Exactly, Jared <laughs> Nibel, Nibel, Nibel. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so Robert won Papa, Brent, and this is a fairly recent uh, development. And so, congratulations to Robert and his family. And Brent, I, I don't know if you've had a chance to check out the Wizard Mode uh, documentary on him. And I haven't either, but I have watched the the short uh, ten minute kind of mini doc, and it's just it's neat. I, I think you know from what I understand, you know Robert is a, is is a very good person and just you know very deserving of the win. And so congratulations to Robert and his family because you know winning Papa is not is no small feat, but he obviously has the skills that pays the bills, Brent. So that's it's it's neat, awesome, yeah. So email. So first of all, let me apologize to any listener that has sent me an email within the past month, maybe five weeks. Uh, I have been, as I've mentioned, I have been so tied up with everything. I am farther behind than usual. And then once I finally tried to get into the My Broken Token account, which I, I admittedly don't use as much as I do other accounts, um, I locked myself out. <laughs> so <laughs> we got to fix that. For yeah, you, we got We'll get that fixed. So yeah, yeah if if you've got, emailed me, I'll get in there. Uh, we'll get her all set up here within with you know this week, and I'll get back with you. But if you've sent email into me, I apologize. I am not ignoring you. I'm not. I'm not a bad person. <laughs> I, well, according to Whitney, there's several people who are much better than me. But whatever. Oh yeah. No, it's it's all good, man. We'll get you squared away on that. So, all right, 
uh, looks like Jim Hale's been emailing away. Yeah, yeah, he sent us uh, he sent us a, a, a few links on getting some tokens on some custom show logo tokens made, man. So he said he was listening to one of uh, the live shows from the Louisville Arcade Expo and said, "Hey, I've got some uh, some links on some places where you guys could go get some tokens made." So oh, cool. Was, yeah. So have you uh, looked into any of that yet? Uh, yes, I have. So he sent over three links, and each one of them looks to be uh, you know a pretty viable option. He he gave us some opinions on what he thought was you know what he felt was the best one. So, yeah, take take a look at it. Um, he emailed us, and so I, I replied back to him. So whenever you get in, awesome. take a look at that. Then then you know that info's there. Thankfully, you're here to carry my water. It's it's all good, dude. It's all good. But yeah, Jim, thank you for that, man. And we uh, we maybe will follow up on that. I think that'd be a cool thing to do. So Daniel Brackett emailed in, and uh, by emailed in, I mean emailed to Whitney. Because, of course, we've already discussed my shortcomings. <laughs> well, you know, so in, in all fairness, I was late uh, to finding this. I was going back and sorting through some email today, and I'm like, oh, man, Daniel sent an email, and it, I was weeks in replying to him. So I emailed him back and apologized. He was all good about it. But, yeah, this was cool. He was lying. He, he just was being nice to you. He's a, he's a much better person than you. So <laughs> Daniel sent in links to a four-part series. Oh, touche. <laughs> to the Valley of Space Invaders. <laughs> That's awesome. So it's Atari factory uh, office shots, factory floor scenes, and I saw uh, some of the screen caps that are some of the stills that were up on the Facebook page when you posted it. So yeah. like the centipede and the Tempest cabinets. Um, Lyle Rains, the Asteroids designer. Yeah, I mean, this, this talks thing about was early just, games. It was chock full of stuff, man. It's, it's a four-part series. You know, they, I think they run about 10 to 12 minutes of video. It's it's well worth the time to watch. See, now, stuff like this I really like. Yeah. Um, long ago, in the early days of the podcast, I posted some videos that I had found even longer ago doing some research on an oddball game board that I had from, like, an early um, uh, AMOA-type thing in Vegas. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Yes, and yes. it was one of the games was they were talking about it was in the Astrocade hardware. It wasn't uh, Ro- Robbie Roto. Okay. And they ended up interviewing a guy asking him what he thought about the game and they just they just interviewing him like he was just some dude. It was Eugene Jarvis. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, "Would you play would you play Robbie Roto again?" It was a typical sales thing where every third word was Robbie Roto. And yeah. He's like Maybe <laughs> <laughs> Eugene Jarvis. <laughs> Those and it's like stock footage type stuff. And yeah, I need I need to go back and get back into that series and find some other videos. But stuff like that's just so cool. So it, yeah, it, it I, really I need is. to check these out. It, and it's it, it, this is definitely along in that same vein, and it's definitely worth the time invested because it's like wow, I had. Had no idea that this footage existed, and it's it's amazing to you know hear them talk about the the ICs and how they design the games and how the games are not discrete logic anymore, and they're talking about you know how the transition from something like uh, computer space to asteroids was just going to reshape the industry, and admittedly it did, you mm-hmm. know, but but it's interesting to hear them talk about it from that vantage point versus our vantage point. That's funny because usually whenever somebody comes out with a product that says it's going to reshape the industry, it doesn't. It doesn't. It's, that's, it's, it, that's the death knell for that product. I threw this out to John Trudeau yeah. to circle back around when we interviewed him at Little Arcade Expo a couple years ago. And I said, what do you think the next innovation is going to be? And he, when I asked, when I asked the question, I knew that it was an unanswerable question. Yeah. And he, he knocked it out of the park when he said, you won't see it. Yeah. It will be 
when it arrives, it will just be here. It will yeah. be something. Yeah. Will, you but know, it, but it's nothing. You can't it, plan that. It's nothing we plan. It just happens. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, so that, that's a, that's a really cool video series. Like I say, we posted it up on the Facebook page, but it's, it's, it's something to see. So you've, you've had some texting with Mike Martin. <laughs> yeah. So listener, Mike it, Martin, he's, we have to get, uh, I have to get direct in touch with Mike because Mike has sent me a couple of these pictures of this pickup directly in Facebook. So oh, okay, go gotcha. ahead, go ahead, you cover it. Yeah, this is this is pretty cool because uh, Mike texted me a picture of uh, him scoring a burger time, and the funny thing about it is, is he did it in uh, what we what we now consider the Ken Holcomb effect. Okay, and have you heard about no, this? No, I had no idea. Oh, this what that was. this is hilarious, dude. So this has been a running, uh, I guess, kind of a running joke kind of gag kind of uh you know homage to a gentleman on facebook by the name of ken holcomb and what ken does is every time that he picks up a game he takes a selfie of himself (laughs) you know it's like a half face selfie and half the cabinet with a cabinet laying over the folded down back seats of his vehicle and he's been doing this for like the past eight or nine pickups that he's done the issue is or the great thing about this is is that people start copying it okay (laughs) and so now you see he all is, these this is like what's the what's the next thing in pinball it's when it's there it's there it's, it's there it's ken it's actually has, it's actually ken holcomb ken is the next thing in pinball a genre yeah in in literally this guy named ken holcomb has defined a genre in pickup i'm in so pick-up mad selfies. i may i may stage some of these just so i can do it <laughs> oh it's it's hilarious and dude you and i need to do one like in a truck or something like that but you see you see all these people on facebook that are posting to like the arcade collectors worldwide or the midwest you know the midwest uh you know gaming group and stuff like that and man and they're posting these pictures in this style and i just laugh every time i see one because it's like you know where it comes from and it's like you're waiting for you're waiting for everybody to stop doing it but they don't (laughs) they just continue to do it and so mike's mike texted me this picture and it's all ken holcomb style and it made me laugh when he he sent it to me i just put ken holcomb into google yeah and it come right back and said he's a better man than whitney Swear. Let's, let's put it this way. He certainly takes better selfies than Whitney does. How about that? I got this picture, and the only thing I could think of, because I didn't know that I, I wasn't in, in on the in on it. I didn't know what this was, dude. That's a show title. I'm, He's a better man than you. <laughs> hey, I got to write that down. I'm doing that right, right now. We'll have to we'll have to vote on the because what was the other one? The other one was uh, I'm the little I'm the little rain cloud. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Oh, oh man, that's, I, that's hilarious. When I saw the picture, I was just looking at the top of the burger time. I'm like, man, if the top of this game is that clean, the rest of it is gorgeous. Oh, oh let me tell you what, that, burger, ti- that burger time is pretty. Yeah. So, yeah, Mike did good, but but the, the, the LOL moment was the whole Ken Holcomb style picture. Well, so. I think I've convinced him in our interaction uh, – He's going to go ahead and put a 13 on his control panel. Oh, is he really? Lucky, nice. Lucky 13. Yeah, I need to put a 14 on mine, dude, and we just continue <laughs> the, you know, see how far we can get it. But uh, anyway, that's I just thought that was cool. So, Mike, kudos on the pickup, and uh, special kudos on, on the uh, selfie pick. Mike, that was congr- awesome. congrats on the burger time. If it's got a Zenith monitor in it, destroy it. Destroy it, yeah. Ne- yep. Neck that baby and then punch it with a broomstick. <laughs> yes, so just absolutely. get it done. 
Oh, um, all right. Wait, we, we, <laughs> <laughs> oh, by the that, way, that's a show title too, Brent. I want to write that. By one the way, down Mike well. Martin, he's a better guy than both of us. <laughs> you know something? He is. He is. So yes, he is. Um, gotta, Are these iTunes reviews? Yes, we got an iTunes review. Look at this, dude. This was hilarious. This was by uh, a, a reviewer uh, going by Adalama, and look, it's called <laughs> the Click and Clack of the Arcade World. These two guys are awesome. Reminds me of Car Talk, but with arcades. Don't coin up like my little brother. (laughs) (laughs) That right there is awesome because I didn't get it until I started reading it in Car Talk in like NPR speak. And then it's like, oh, now I get now that. I get it. Now I get it. Okay. Uh, he said, this is, this is really a great podcast. It gives a lot of great tips, trick and information, tips, tricks, and information on all things arcade and pinball. So Adalama, thank you for the review and thank you for the laugh. That was great. Uh, let me go ahead and throw this out here. This yeah. is, this is a shameless plug. If, if you all have iTunes accounts, if anyone out there does, I don't, I'm not an Apple user. Uh, but if you do go out there, please and give us a review. Um, I was just actually li- re- listening to a recent pinball podcast, and Jeff was talking about if you go, good for them. But if you go and search like pinball and iTunes, apparently their show is the show that comes up. Oh, it's probably because of all the rating, all yes, the reviews that yes. they get. Yeah, and I'm like, that's awesome. But it just, I was kind of surprised. I mean. There's not a lot of us that do this. Yeah. I mean, um, this is a terrible comparison, but I'll make it. We are like the fishermen on the deadliest catch, <laughs> but of the niche sitting in um, a secure location and recording podcasting community. There's yeah. just, there's not a lot of us that do it, but the ones that do it, I think we do it well. Well, everyone other than us. <laughs> I was just, I, yes. I was kind of surprised that, given that we're such a dedicated community, that there, all of us didn't pop up, or at least like the pinheads and, um, you know, coast to coast. You know, I, I don't necessarily see us in there because we cover so much other stuff. If you're just doing yeah. pinball, yeah. But um, you know, go out and if you listen to the shows, not just us. If you listen to any of the shows. Go out and give us a review in, in iTunes because that helps bubble all of us up. It, it does. It's much appreciated. And just like Adalama, he did that, and he or she did that, and it's it's greatly appreciated. You don't even so have, thank don't you. even have to be wit- Whitney. You don't even have to be witty. You know, just it, it, it just, does it just, does it does help just, though. I mean, that was pretty good. Just man. just try not to say anything like real bad. <laughs> okay. All right. Facebook. All right. Facebook. So this first one comes from uh, uh, Peter, uh, and I don't want to butcher this name, uh, Peter. Peter Kasimaki, and I think that's correct. And Peter is a a very dedicated listener from Sweden, and we hear from Peter quite a bit on the Facebook page, and we pretty and and we certainly appreciate that because he's pretty active, man. Mm -hmm. And Peter writes in and goes, "Almost four hours of arcade podcast goodness. That that's next week's commute to and from work sorted. (laughs) (laughs) That is that's awesome, Peter. So thank you. And I I think he goes by K Man Sweden on uh, on Twitter, if I'm not." mistaken but uh yeah peter looks like he looks like a a happy jolly guy and and man peter thanks for uh you know thanks for the comments and thanks for uh thanks for listening one of the things that amazes me well there's a lot of things that amaze me um one of the things that really amazes me is is that people listen to us but people across the globe yeah listen to us yeah i know it's it's neat and it's just it's 
it's very it's humbling. Humbling. It is. And yeah. I, I was telling Whitney kind of a related aside here. I know I've had this conversation with several of our listeners and um, uh, Whitney's had this conversation with several listeners and people appreciate the show because I, th- I think they take something from it. Hopefully hope you know, so. we bring things to them, uh, a little fun, a little humor, but above all, it, the family can listen to the show. Yeah. You know, yeah. that's kind of a little, the place that we want to be. That's exactly right. And, um, um, yeah, because when, when my little girl listens to all these one day, <laughs> yeah. she's got to be able to listen to them. That's where I'm going. And yes. My, my sister texted me. And, uh, my niece and my nephew have been on the show. They, yeah. The the family Roberts were at, at Little Arcade Expo this <laughs> you year. A, you did a fine job, too, man. Thank you. Yes. I know Jeff Waldron and Paige, they were on uh-huh. this year. Yes. And Paige was re- really excited. So, yeah. you know, thanks, Paige, for, for being excited oh, to, yeah, to be a it. part of what we we're doing. Yeah. Uh, my my family didn't make it this year, but my sister texted me just this week, and uh, um, my niece was going back listening to our shows. Yeah, see, that's awesome, and dude. That's, that's, that puts and, a smile on my face. It, it does me, too. And, and I'm telling you what, the, the little ears soon become big ears. Yep. And they've got to be able, they, the show's got to be able to stand. they got to be able to listen. So, no, it works out well works out well it's awesome so carrying on with uh i don't i don't you said um little ears become big ears uh how about big names oh yes so what about, what about that facebook uh on facebook we actually had a shout out from steve ritchie the man himself yep and steve said nice to meet you guys at uh little arcade expo and thanks you know we uh, we helped or whitney helped steve out uh at his presentation at his panel discussion and we had a little gift that we passed along to Steve, and <laughs> yeah, some you know, K- some Kentucky, uh, some Kentucky, um, some some Kentucky cheer. You could, there you go, yeah, cheer. Yeah. Thank you. So uh, we also passed a little along to land with uh, Mr. Trudeau. Yes, yes. Have you followed up with John to make sure that it made it to him? He, he said it did. I, I did email with him, and he said he said okay, that it made good. it. So he got it, and he said Great. thank. He said thank you. Awesome. Yeah. Of course, I we've discovered or discussed my inadequacies with email. <laughs> 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 but it well, did, it did go. Why don't you cover Christopher and uh, Jake's uh, wonderful, wonderful? Oh yeah, this this was cool. So listeners, uh, Christopher Payne and Jake Danzig, they both posted on our Facebook page uh, some pictures uh, straight from ZapCon. Okay, and this is yeah, I, I hadn't I didn't know much about ZapCon, but it looks like a tremendous show. It really does. It's out in Arizona, and uh, it, like I said, they both posted some pictures, and Jake even mentioned that uh, there was a cartoon theater booth at ZapCon as well. Yeah, he sent pictures uh, just before we got Christopher's pictures, and uh, I thought, man, we need to have like a, a, a cartoon theater expo. Wouldn't that be awesome? I mean, it would. It, it would be there, a cool thing to go see. I, I think I've told this the story you, you on. Wouldn't, you wouldn't see anybody because they're all sitting in. They're all sitting. <laughs> <laughs> Where's uh, everybody at? There, you know? There's a local collector that that I that I greatly respect, and and he. Uh, he has a similar attitude to mine and, and I'm sure yours, Whitney. And, um, he is happy for somebody that, that can, that can find something that they really like, that can find something unique, that can see a passion and, and enjoying something, you know, and I, I know he works hard and then, so he really enjoys when he gets to play hard and yeah. he enjoys the hobby. He enjoys yeah. his pinballs. He enjoys his videos. And, uh, um, he made a comment to me when he saw that theater, he's like, in a nice way. Yeah. He's like, 
I, I'm ve- I, I never thought I would be this way, but I am unbelievably jealous of that theater. And I, and I felt bad yeah. because uh, I know he's a genuine person. And I just thought, to me, he has a lot of – he's very down to earth. He's yeah. very real. Uh, kind of like you were describing the, the – the, uh, McCullough, Todd McCullough. Oh yeah, Todd. He's a yeah. genuine person. Yes, and he 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 turned himself up a cartoon theater. Now that makes a little work for Brent now because I have to help him yeah. with the, the electronics, yeah. which is I have. I'm excited to do it. Yeah, because that's cool. It puts a smile on his face, and it will his family's yeah. face and his kids' faces. Yeah. And I, I'm I'm just man, it's it's the new thing. Yeah, this, this pinball stuff is going away. It's, gonna <laughs> it's be, the cartoon it's theater. It's gonna be all cartoon theaters. <laughs> you give it another two or three years, and it's just gonna be cartoon theaters mm-hmm. everywhere. Well, we'll have to go back to John Trudeau and say we found the next big thing. I'm a cart CT thon cart theater. I'm gonna have to think con. I'm gonna have to think up something snappy. Anyway, okay. what you need to do is go out to GoDaddy and register that domain. I need to, <laughs> and you need to chop chop get on it and make it make it happen. I need the domain. Name. Yeah. <laughs> uh, All right. So uh, Brian Key. Uh, no, Brian C. C. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Brian C. Uh, posted uh, on our Facebook page as well, and he said, uh, "Best place in Raleigh, North Carolina, for all your odd uh, oddball hardware needs. This place is a gold mine for our hobby, and it's a place that was called." place called town and country hardware all i can all i can say uh, let me get back in front of the mic there i'm sure that's a little better my apologies all i can say is that um it looks like uh heaven from an arcade restoration yep. tool perspective your fastener perspective it, it is just that's crazy it is let's see these are should be 12 inch floor tiles one two three four five six seven eight nine ten it's about 20 feet both sides of the aisle of fasteners of little drawers and boxes of little drawers <laughs> of fasteners and gizmos and gadgets yeah and things like this crazy there's a couple local hardware stores i know there's one on the other side of town where i used to live um and, and I, I don't know who they're affiliated with i can't recall anymore in a larger sense you know like i don't think it's ace there's another i can almost envision the logo and it's this aces like that where it's uh i don't think that those are like factories or chain stores it's you've got a local ace hardware yeah whitney roberts owns ace and you can buy from yeah ace. They're, they're essentially franchise stores yes, yeah. yeah yeah so there's there's a uh it's not an ace but there's there's Is one it of like these a are, do it best or it's something? a do it best yeah do it that's best. it yeah yeah and they've got an aisle like this yeah but see, see and they will okay and yeah. we have we have an ace in uh well i don't i don't i'm not going to say it's an ace it's a it's actually a true value still a true value hardware but um We've got one in in my town as well, and we also have a Lowe's. And I'll tell you, Lowe's can't touch this. No, Lo- it Lowe's cannot. Can't, it can't even come close to this. You Absolutely know? not. Yeah. So you support you can support your local, um, you know, local business, and you can get stuff the day that you need it in most yeah. cases. Yeah, it's it's what, good stuff. I, I think the last time I was in mine, I went through and got fasteners for the for the Gorf. Okay. You know, they they'll have a lot of that oddball stuff. You know, yeah. the black anodized stuff. They'll have they'll have hex head stuff. I mean, yeah. it's just it's 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 crazy. I need to revisit that place next time. I'm yeah, it's there. good stuff. Yeah, Brian, thanks for sending that over. I, we hope that uh, we hope that you frequent that place and, and you're able to find Take everything you need to get them some business, man. And uh, 
you know, get your fastener on, dude, because that's, uh, those places are easier, uh, easier said than found, I guess is the best way to say it. So Whitney, what's happening on Twitter? Dude, it's, it's been rolling. I mean, the, the number of followers continue to go up and, uh, I mean, it's, it's just, you know, Twitter's interesting, Brent, because it goes in bits and spurts and then, you know, it, it just, it, it flutters and, and there's all kinds of stuff going on for a day and then it's, you know, quiet for a bit and you post something and it goes again, but, uh, but it, it just, it continues to roll. So yeah, for everybody, uh, you know, interacting on Twitter and stuff, we thank you for that. But I'm telling you, Brent, that, that's, uh, you know, that, I mean, it's, it's a lot of good feedback from, you know, it's a fad from, it's a fad <laughs> now you see, you're going on Mike McGinnis on us now, it's man. A it's a fad. Well, Brent, with that, uh, I think we're we're at the end of uh, what I consider to be a fairly uh, epic <laughs> episode. Yep. You know, to get to get back. You know, into I the thought studio. we were going to knock this one out pretty quick, honestly. And, and let and me mention something. And never turns out that way, does no, it? We're going to have to hold this one over. I know at one point in time we teased talking about Deadpool. Yeah. And I think I I still want to do that. Oh, I, I do too. Yeah, it's it's not going to make this show, unfortunately, just because of just time constraints. Time, time constraints. Because it's it's getting it's rounding midnight where we're at yes. here, and it's like uh, we both have to work tomorrow. Yes. So yeah. So but yeah, set tight for that. We haven't forgot. Yeah. Forgotten. No, we have not forgot, and uh, I'm looking forward to revisiting that because you know I was walking through the house the other day thinking about this particular topic, and I was like. You know, there's a couple things I want to talk to Brent about about Deadpool. Yeah, so there's some things we, we've in, we've intentionally not started a conversation about yes, it. Definitely, and there's some things that I really liked about the movie, and then there's some things that bother me from a plot hole perspective. But I'll save that okay. for the proper time. You know, it's just one of those. So things. yeah, we'll cover it. Yeah. yeah. I, anyway, all right, it's all good. So, so, Brent, so, Brent, with that... Where can they find us, Whitney? Uh, they can find us everywhere. We're on all kinds of media outlets. The Throwback Network, iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Xbox Music, and now... Also, the Google Play Store uh, for the in the podcast it's the new section. Hotness. It, it must be the new hotness. So, I, I and you know something, I do want to thank a few uh, listeners on Twitter that brought that up and said, "Hey, you know, this is now open. Go and register your podcast." So, guys, for everybody, uh, especially Ty Lori, uh, he's the one who mentioned that straight up. And so, thank you, Ty, for that for that heads up. And we got that done. I'm just waiting. We've been approved. I'm just waiting on the final URL. Okay, yeah. cool. Yeah. So maybe we'll have that by the time the show releases. Very possible, yeah. So social media world, uh, hey, we're actually in a new social media uh, location. Check us out, Yahoo keyword broken token. No way. Yes. Seriously. Yeah, it's still a thing. It is? It's not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sitting over going, what? <laughs> that's that's the third what you've got out of me in this episode, man. Yeah. <laughs> Yahoo keyword? <laughs> <laughs> it was awesome because you were so serious. I was I was expecting a reaction. That was not it. <laughs> it's late. <laughs> All right. Social media. Facebook. Uh, Facebook.com slash Broken Token. Twitter at Broken Token. And, of course, the venerable website, www.brokentoken.com. And with that, Brent, we'll go ahead and bid everyone a fine see you later. We thank you for listening to the show. We hope you've enjoyed it. Look forward to talking with you again next month. And I'll even go so far as to say, keep your quarters clean and game on. Congratulations. You made it to the end of another episode of the Broken Token Podcast. I promise they'll do better next time. Maybe next episode, they'll actually listen to me for a change. 
Just go easy on the guys. They don't have a lot to work with. But I know their moms would be so proud. We want to hear your feedback, comments, rants, raves, and otherwise, both good and bad. Drop us a line via email at podcast at brokentoken.com. You can also call us at 470-2-CALL-BT. That's 470-222-5528. And leave us a voicemail. We'd love to hear from you, and we might play your message on air in the next episode. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Broken Token and like our Facebook page at facebook.com slash Broken Token. Britton and Whitney are always posting content between the official episodes, and it's a great way to stay involved with the show between the shows. You can find our podcast on the iTunes store and on Stitcher Radio. Just search for Broken Token and subscribe to the show. Like what you hear? Please consider leaving us a review on the iTunes store and on our Stitcher Radio page, as the reviews help out the show. Please visit our website at brokentoken.com for articles, reviews, restoration logs, direct show downloads, and expanded show notes for this and every episode. Once again, thanks for listening. The Broken Token Podcast would like to thank the only person on staff who has actual vocal talent, Miss Christy Litzy. And that's me. <laughs> Music for the Broken Token Podcast, graciously provided by Hacy Dixie. Head over to their website at www.hayseed-dixie.com for videos, tour dates, merchandise, and to purchase music. I am, uh, I am here to serve. I serve at the pleasure of the queen. Yep, exactly. Yeah. Yep, exactly. Yeah. Asai Seiko. Chick. Chick. Yeah. <laughs> I've got almost all of their comedy albums, and they're brilliant. All right. Well, that doesn't look too bad after having jocked with it like nine ways from Sunday for th- or Thunder Over Louisville for, <laughs> for S- or crap <laughs> for outtake. Yeah, for what was the show that we did? Yeah. <laughs> Louisville Arcade yeah, Expo. Exactly. That. Yeah, that. <laughs> yeah, a month and a half ago, that. Oh. I'm good if you're good, man. All right, I'm trying to think of a way to start this. <laughs> okay. If you're nice, maybe later I'll pop yours. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how nice do I have to be. <laughs> I mean, is there quality control on this process? <laughs> yeah, don't don't put that in the outtakes because if a chiropractor hears it, they'll have a stroke. Yeah, no doubt. Oh, oh me.